MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Budweiser 500. Sponsored by Pontiac, the official pace car of NASCAR. 22 years running. Pontiac, we are driving excitement by Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush light. By Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76 by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats, flat out better than the rest. And by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Good afternoon once again from Dover Downs International Speedway. The cars pulling out of the track right now, and the indication is they'll take two laps before they put them under green. What a transformation this racetrack has made over the years. It has continued to grow and grow to monumental proportions. As we said when we first signed on the air back in 1969, 25 years ago, the NASCAR Winston Cup Series added four tracks to the schedule. They included Michigan International Speedway, the Talladega Super Speedway, Dover Downs, and Texas World Speedway in College Station, Texas. Of course, now three of those tracks still on the Winston Cup Series, while Texas World hosts the annual Winston West Arca Shootout in its rebirth as a two-mile track down there in mid-Texas. So this racetrack has a very storied history, but from its early days morning when they built it on the site of the old Delaware Police Barracks. It's now a facility that has seating for better than 60,000 fans, and it's as nice a facility as is any on the Winston Cup circuit. Yeah, they have more than doubled their seating capacity in the last five years at this racetrack. Used to, you'd look off in turns one and two, and there was nothing down there but just the racetrack itself, and now they're fans seated all the way almost to the exit of turn number two. One more lap, and we'll be going green here for the field this afternoon on the Budweiser 500. Let's take a quick swing around the racetrack. We're positioned right behind the start-finish line, and they'll sweep off into turn one and two. That's probably the hardest, the speed-wise, the hardest corner that they get into here. They really drop off in there at about 165 miles an hour. And if you have a problem there, you can get wrinkled up in a hurry. Joe Moore is in the back straightaway to cover the action there over in three and four. Thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everyone. This is a tough part of the racetrack here coming off turn two. For those of you who have traveled through a bridge tunnel like the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel, it's almost like going into the tube, but at 150 or 160 miles an hour. The inside retaining wall comes up sharply, and it makes the racetrack look a whole lot more narrow than it is up in the turn. Plus the fact that you're going 165 miles an hour, the car just naturally wants to break loose when you come off the banking of turn number two. We see a lot of pushing and shoving here on this back straightaway. A lot of contact throughout the race. And we'll follow all that for you here this afternoon through turn two on the back straightaway and up into turn three in the Budweiser 500. Very little time for the drivers to relax on this racetrack. The straightaways are only 1,076 feet long on the stopwatch. That's less than four seconds from the end of one turn to the start of the next. As Joe mentioned, the turns are banked 24 degrees, and that tunneling effect he talked about on the straightaways comes from the fact that the turns are 58 feet wide. The straightaway is just 48 feet wide. It narrows up in a hurry. But now we're set to go racing. It's a lengthy race 500 times around this only certified one-mile track on the Winston Cup schedule. Elmo Langley brings the Pontiac safety car out of turn number four. The front row is now Davey Allison and Brett Bodine, Ernie Irvin in a backup car starting from the rear.
here. Here's Barney Hall. They are down to the line. Green flag is in the air, and Davey Allison and Brett Bodine take off for turn number one. See if anybody can get single file and get a little clear sailing before they get through the corner. Davey's going to try it. He's ahead by half a car length when they hit turn two. Davey's got a nose out in front and now swings around to take sole possession of the top spot. Brett Bodine falls into second. Rusty Wallace to third. Rick Wilson fourth, and Kyle Petty is fifth. Ernie Irvin in lap number one picks off just one position at the rear of the field. The man caught out of line is Derek Cope. What a good starting spot for the Bojangles car, being bypassed by three men before he gets back in line at around ninth spot. Allison leads in one. Single file, Allison by a car length over Brett Bodine. Only car now out of line is Morgan Shepard back at about the 15th position. Quickly, he sees cars closing from his rear. He'll drop that in line in front of Jimmy Spencer as they head to turn three. And about half the field right now is strung out single file. They'll kind of feel this racetrack out, and as you heard a couple of drivers tell us, they're not really sure what it's going to do because they had set up for maybe a warm racetrack, and it's real cool right now. Back to turn number one, single file, all the way back through about 20th position. That's where Ricky Rudd goes to the outside of the track. He's been bypassed in the last lap by four cars. Dave Marcus, Morgan Shepard, Jimmy Spencer, and now Lake Speed up alongside the Tide Chevrolet. Ricky Rudd struggling to get back in line. He'll lose yet another spot in turn three. Phil Parsons also working the high side of the racetrack through turns three and four. It will cost him a couple of positions as the lead cars battle back in one. Davey Allison goes to the outside of the track. Brett Bodine dives down low. He'll take the lead now. Rusty Wallace falls in behind him to take second, and Davey Allison has to hold off Rick Wilson trying to battle for the third spot. Brett Bodine got a run on the leader coming out of turn number four and raced him into the corner and just stayed in the throttle and drove right down to the bottom of the racetrack, and he is in front. He's pulled away from Wallace now by a couple of car links. Davey drifted a little bit high. In fact, Davey right now is losing a little ground in the front two. Rick Wilson hangs on to fourth. They're back in turn three. Davey struggling to keep the car down at the bottom line of the racetrack. Each time it drifts up a little bit going into turn one, it opens the inside line for Rick Wilson, but now Wilson has his own problems. Dale Earnhardt pulls up alongside him. Earnhardt made the move midway down the back straightaway and affects the pass going into turn number three. Meanwhile, further back, Bobby Labonte with problems. His car, the Maxwell House machine, climbs the banking high in turns three and four. He'll lose a number of spots and rolls it down just in time to become shy of making contact with the retaining wall. We're working lap number five here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Brett Bodine, the second leader of the day. It's now Rusty Wallace second. Dale Earnhardt, though, the man on the move. He'll tuck underneath Davey Allison through turn four. So Earnhardt now up to third, trying to chase down the leaders in one. Davey Allison now rides along in the fourth position. Fifth will be Mark Martin. Sixth is Rick Wilson. Seventh is Kyle Petty. Eighth is Derek Cope. Running ninth is a Ken Schrader car. Tenth is Jeff Bodine. Eleventh is Harry Gant. Twelfth is Jimmy Hensley. Thirteenth is Phil Parsons. Fourteenth, Dave Marcus. And fifteenth is Morgan Shepard. And keeping tabs on Ernie Irvin, who started at the tail end of the field, he has now picked up six positions as he takes plenty of time working his way up toward the front of the pack here this afternoon. Seven laps are on the board. They're back to turn two. Davey Allison trying to track down the top three cars now as he's fallen back in line by almost a second behind the race leader. Mark Martin begins to close in on Davey Allison now as he hit a turn three, and Kenny Schrader's on the move. He's a tenth spot, making the move inside of Derek Cope, who goes wide in the banking. It also opens the inside for Jeff Bodine. Closer to the front, Mark Martin finds the inside open, and he tries to challenge Davey Allison back in the corner. This is the battle for fourth, and Mark Martin will win it as Davey Allison goes high. Also, Rick Wilson slips the SDP Pontiac down underneath Davey Allison, and now Kyle Petty pulls up alongside the Texaco Ford. And while those guys are racing back there, the front three continue to put a little daylight on the field. Now they get single file again as they cross the line. Brett O'Neill, Rusty Wallace, and Dale Earnhardt. It's about a half a second back to Mark Martin, but Rick Wilson is putting a move on Mark Martin in turn number one, trying to move up another notch to the front. The SDP Pontiac to the inside of the track. Mark Martin gives him plenty of racing room, and Rick Wilson 
Nelson pulls by to take over the third spot. Kyle Petty also gets by. Mark is able to pull his car back down in line just before Davey Allison makes the move. Brett Bodine leads out of turn number four. We are ten laps into the Budweiser 500. This is the first time since the race at North Wilkesboro back in April that Brett Bodine has been leading on the Winston Cup schedule. At Dover Downs International Speedway, Brett Bodine, the second leader of this event, ahead of Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt. Brett's lead is some three car lanes on an Earnhardt-Wallace battle for second. Earnhardt goes to the inside, and Rusty Wallace will quickly pick up a second spot and put a couple of car links on Rusty Wallace, but still there's about three seconds back to the fourth-place car, Kyle Petty. Boy, it doesn't take just a lap or so. If you have the car hooked up, you can really get around this racetrack, but the cars that cannot keep it down to the bottom of the speedway are losing ground in a hurry. We just saw Rusty drift up a little bit and he lost uh, a position there real quick and we're watching several other cars that are having the same problems. Let's check on Pit Road with Dick Brooks. Well, one thing we were talking with down there with Tony Glover, the crew chief for uh, war car, Bernie Irvin. He had to start away in the back. He's coming along pretty good. Is the car working all right for him? Yeah, he said everything's going okay right now. We're just going to take our time and we're going to find our way to the front. We've got all day to get there and uh, we're just going to be patient. All day does mean about a half a day, all right. He's uh, coming along pretty good, I think. I checked with uh, Robert Yates and crew on the 28 car, and that car's a little bit loose, they say. You know, if you remember in the, in the pre-race, all the drivers said that the cars may tighten up on a cool day like today. So if that does happen, that car is going to really dial in as the track comes up because right now it's a little bit loose. I think Jim Trouble in turn three. Two cars spin around up to the outside retaining wall. Greg Sachs is one of those. Bobby Hillen involved and two others up in turn four. Bill Elliott also involved as he spins a couple of times. But the Heilig Myers car had nowhere to go as Bobby Hillen came through that racetrack banking after Greg Sachs and Bill Elliott and others had made contact. Jimmy Means also getting through at the uh, last minute. But were under caution just as Rusty Wallace had made an unscheduled pit stop on lap number 18. It's costly, Jim Phillips. What happened? Yes, it was. A 12.8 second pit stop. He felt a vibration to the right front. He thought it was concerned the right front tire. They checked the tires. The tires look all right. So Rusty Wallace had to pit. Again, it's a fast stop, but not fast enough. It cost him valuable time and a lap on the racetrack. Caution, the first one of the afternoon comes out at lap number 19, and three cars involved up there. Greg Sachs, Bobby Hillen, and Bill Elliott. Let's go back to Joe Moore. It seemed like Greg Sachs and Bill Elliott first made contact, and both cars kind of spun alongside one another, a parallel slide, if you could call it that. And then they collected the Bobby Hillen car as he came along as those two machines of Sachs and Elliott were completely blocking the racetrack. Now, Elliott's car has uh, disappeared from sight here. Greg Sachs' car is still sitting up in the middle of the racetrack. Safety personnel now tending to that machine. And here we are just 20 laps into the event and already we've got some candidates for the Goodies Headache Award. The $1,000 that will be voted on by the members of the news media a bit later on today. Under the first caution flag of this afternoon, Brett Bodine continues to lead, but you see how quickly something can happen here at Dover. The track goes from narrow to wide to narrow to wide. It's a handful. Why don't we let a driver tell you exactly how much of a handful it is as we join Bobby Labonte for a tour around the Dover Down Speedway and today's Maxwell House Hot Lap. Working the first caution flag of the afternoon here at Dover Downs International Speedway as we welcome you back to the capital city of our first state, Dover, Delaware, alongside Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. Brett Bodine is the race leader currently ahead of Dale Earnhardt second. Kyle Petty runs third. Fourth is Mark Martin. 
Rick Wilson is in fifth, Davey Allison sixth, Harry Gant seventh, then Ken Schrader eighth, Jeff Bodine ninth, and Jimmy Hensley now rounding out the top ten. If you're curious about Ernie Irvin, who was the pole sitter, but obviously had to go to a backup car after an accident of late yesterday, and uh, he has now picked up a, a quick look, I would say about 12 to 14 positions here in the early going. They're going to post him in 23rd spot, so officially 15 spots that Ernie has picked up here in the early uh, stages of the event. They've just brought the country time car past us. A tough way for it to go there on the uh, record this early in the afternoon. Yeah, that car pretty heavily damaged in the front. We hope to get a word uh, from Greg Sachs as soon as he is released from the Enfield Care Center. Alan Bestwick will track him down and uh, post, get, keep us posted as to what the situation was or maybe what triggered that accident up there. Joe, you really couldn't tell, could you, going into the corner? I, when we looked up, it, both cars were in trouble. Basically the same thing from here, Barney. Uh, when I glanced over that way, both cars, again, kind of parallel going into the turn. It's as if both were trying to make a real quick dash down the pit road entrance off turn number four. They all got kind of crossed up in the track, and once they went sliding broadside like that, then it collected the uh, the Bobby Hillen card. Again, he was able to glance out of that and, and avoid any more trouble than uh, absolutely necessary. But good possibility when a situation like that happens, either the car on the outside breaks loose and his left front makes contact with the car down on the inside, or if it's a car on the inside, it breaks loose, his right rear will come up and collect the car on the outside. But either way, both did make contact and slid up there in turn four. Pit Road is now open, and here comes the entire front of the field. Brett Bodine will be coming in along with Dale Earnhardt, Kyle Petty, Mark Martin, Rick Wilson, Davey Allison, just about everybody will take advantage of this first caution flag. Uh, just 24 laps are on the scoreboard as they make this first round of pit stops. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Well, they just look at Earnhardt's tires. They go around to both sides. They're just putting in a splash of gasoline. Rick Wilson is getting tires. His car was just a little bit loose, so they want to make a chassis adjustment, which they did. Derek Cope is in for right side. Tires are changing all four. Shirley Barnett in for tires. Jeff Gordon in for tires. Bill Elliott's coming back in. Jimmy Spencer's in. Rick Mass is in. And we expect Rusty Wallace back on the pit lane. Dick Brooks. Jimmy Hensley came in. They uh, didn't change any tires on this car. They only gassed him and sent him out. Ernie Irvin, Kyle Petty, Mark Martin, Jeff Bodine. Uh, Phil Parsons was up there. Uh, Ken Schrader, Davey Allison. They all got four tires. And uh, fill them up with fuel. They are still working on Bill Elliott's car. They have been at the front of the car several times on that right front that you heard Junior Johnson say a moment ago. They may have kicked the toe in out on it. You could see just a little bit of sheet metal damage on it, but nothing of any significance that should hinder them if the, if the undercarriage of the car is in pretty good shape. But apparently it isn't, or they wouldn't be working under it right now. We'll keep you posted there also. We had mentioned Rusty Wallace had made that unscheduled pit stop at lap number 18 just prior to the caution. So Rusty is now a lap down. But obviously at this point now, with most everybody else making a pit stop, Rusty stays out there. He'll be in a keen position to try and get his lap back. Dave Marcus has, as is Dave Marcus's norm, stayed on the racetrack. And as everybody else pitted, Dave has picked up the five bonus points for leading lap number 24. And now he will uh, hang on to the racetrack and retain the lead here as he picks up uh, those first five bonus points. Here comes Rusty Wallace again. The Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac is going to come to the attention of uh, Buddy Parrott and the crew as they have a chance again under caution to repair whatever might be wrong with the uh, Miller machine. And they're going to do a rather extensive chassis adjustment there, Jim. Yes, they are. And they're going to change the left side tires to change the rights. This will match up that set of tires. Rusty, when he came in on the green flag stop, he only took on right side tires. Now they put on the lefts, and that will match up this set of tires. And uh, hopefully uh, Rusty's chassis will be the way they want it. 
Today's broadcast of the Budweiser 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Dover Downs International Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or the use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. Wherever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. You can count on Hercules Tires to have your back when times are tough, all while adding money to your pocket. The purchase of four qualifying Hercules Tires through May 31st, 2020 could get you up to a $70 Visa prepaid card. Visit HerculesTire.com slash spring rebate to learn more. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. We're back under green in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. Dave Marcus, the leader, and as they took the green and went down into turn number one, Rusty Wallace was a lap down to the inside, and he grabs it back in a hurry. He is back on the tail end of the lead lap. Here they come off turn number four as Dave Marcus, still the leader. Ricky Rudd right second. Rudd's got his hands full right now with Mark Martin. Mark drives underneath him down into turn number one, tries to take away second place. Mark grabs the second spot, opens the door for two more machines. Dale Earnhardt comes by to get third. Harry Gant takes the opening. He'll pick up fourth, and Ricky Rudd goes from second back to the fifth position. Dave Marcus, meanwhile, hangs on to the lead here in the Budweiser 500 at a racetrack where he's had some pretty good success over the years. Granted, he has not won here, but he's had some top five finishes. The lead car, Marcus, back in turn one. Now the battle for the second spot goes away quickly. Earnhardt goes to the inside of Mark Martin. He'll grab second. Harry Gant comes by to get third. And now Ricky Rudd tries to turn up the seam once again on Mark Martin. He'll pull the inside of the Valvoline Ford up in turn three. That would have been the best race on the speedway between Ricky Rudd, Brett Bodine, and Mark Martin there for just a moment as they come out of number four corner and back into the straightaway. Rudd gets around both of them. Brett rides right behind him. Then Mark Martin got his hands full now with Sterling Marlin as they all sweep over to turn two. Marlin trying to grab a spot down on the inside of Mark Martin, but Martin realizes now he'd better keep it tucked down low because that's where they make the pass. Martin blocks the move by Sterling Marlin, so Marlin follows his tire tracks back to turns three and four. All the while, Earnhardt and Harry Gant have caught up with Dave Marcus. They come out of turn number four. Marcus has hangs on tenaciously to the lead as he goes back into the corner with Greg Sachs now having just come out of the infield care center. Here's a quick update. We've walked down by where they're making repairs to the country time board. Greg, what happened? Well, I had that in turn three. Bill and I got together going into three. And, you know, you're, there's not much outside groove here early in the race. It's almost slick, and we got together a little bit, and that was all it wrote. They're going to be able to get the car fixed and go back out? I don't know. You know, the country time team has worked real hard up to this point, and uh, I'm sure they're going to work, do their best to get the car back in, but it hit awful hard, and I really think the day's probably over. Pretty big disappointment to me. You know, this is about as close as I get to home up on Long Island here in Dover. And uh, we had a lot of fans down here from the, from the Northeast. And, you know, to be such a short day for the country time team is pretty disappointing. But we'll be back at uh, Pocono next week and look to give him a strong run there. Greg Sachs out of the race today. Close call in turn two. Ken Schrader got turned completely sideways. He's working the outside lane. Has been falling back the last few laps since the restart. He got into Bobby Labonte and both cars turned sideways. Schrader looked like he was gone as he was up on the outside of the racetrack, but both able to hold on to the machines. Schrader did lose about three spots in the process, though. He gets it dialed back in, pins it back to the bottom of the racetrack and continues on around. Dave Marcus held off Earnhardt and a couple other cars. They're real strong for a lap or two, and finally Earnhardt just dogged him about three laps in a row, and Dale gets around him out of turn number two. Marcus, Marcus now holds on to the second spot, then it's Brett Bodine in third. The battle's for the fourth position. Mark Martin down to the inside of Ricky Rudd. Trouble in the back straightaway. Jeff Gordon 
and Harry Gant goes spinning up into turn number three. Gordon spins up the track, comes back down, and almost collects Harry Gant again as they enter turn number three. Gant doesn't seem to have much trouble. He's able to drive away. Gordon's trying to refar his DuPont Chevrolet down on the inside of the racetrack. Second caution of the afternoon comes out at lap number 35 involving the rookie driver Jeff Gordon and Harry Gant over in turn number three. Let's go back to turn three. Here comes Gordon on around the racetrack. Couldn't quite see what happened here, Barney. We were watching the action up in turn three in that battle for a fourth when suddenly we saw the tire smoke here and, and they went sliding down up into turn number three again. Gordon went to the outside of the track, spun about twice, rolled back down and almost collected Harry Gant again as Gant was making an evasive move down to the inside. But they didn't miss and both cars now have refired and driven away. It was an exciting couple of laps for Harry Gant because when Dale Earnhardt made his move around Dave Marcus, Gant's car went all the way high in turn number three and he managed to save it, only to have this incident happen uh, just moments later. This is, however, a big break for Rusty Wallace. Remember, we told you he had gotten back on the tail end of the lead lap, and now with this caution, Rusty is able to come all the way back around. So I guess, Barney, if you're going to lose a lap here at any Winston Cup race, it might as well be on lap 18. You've got all day to get it back, and it's taken Rusty about 18 more laps before he's right back battling with everyone else again. Well, he really worked hard to get himself back on the tail end of the lead lap, and uh, we've seen a lot of guys go down a lap or two here over over the years and the length of time it takes to run this race and come back and win the race from a couple of laps behind. We're under caution for the second time. Only one car out of the event if you joined our broadcast a little bit late and that is Greg Sachs' machine who was crashed up in turn four a little bit earlier. Here's Harry Gann on pit road. He and uh, Jeff Gordon getting together a moment ago. There is some sheet metal damage on Harry's car on the left front. There's also quite a bit of sheet metal damage on Jeff Gordon's car. They're taking it to the garage. Let's go to the pits and find out what they're doing to Harry Gant's car right now. Well, it looks like they're just going to, uh, it doesn't look too awful bad. It looks a little bit in the right front, a little bit of damage there on the left front. I think they'll probably uh, get that pulled away from it, depend on if it did any damage to the suspension at all. Uh, Davey Allison's in. They're doing four tires on his car. His, uh, as we mentioned earlier, his car felt a little bit loose to him. They're having a little bit of trouble tightening it up, so they're doing a little work on the left front. Jim Phillips. Well, this end of the pit lane, Ted Musgrave is in, Terry Labonte in, Bill Elliott is in again. Again, they're working on that right front suspension. Evidently, the A-frame on his car has uh, been damaged or one of the tie rods, but they're still working on the right front of Bill Elliott's car. Another extended stay on the pit lane. The sheet metal damage uh, on the right front is not that severe. The air dam is intact and all that, so the aerodynamics is all right, but they're still working to try to get the alignment of the front end uh, like it should be. We're under caution. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. One half lap away from going back to green here at Dover, Delaware. A quick update from the garage. Jeff Gordon's car up on four jack stands now. Ray Everham and the crew going about trying to fix the suspension on the right front of the car. That's where most of the damage is concentrated. Trying to replace some of the steering mechanism and set the toe in, although it's not that badly damaged. In fact, they probably won't lose that many laps before they're back out on the racetrack. Bill Elliott's car gone to the garage also. They worked on it on pit road three or four different times. Apparently, we're not happy with what was underneath the car. The damage, they have now taken it to the garage. We'll keep you posted there also. Pace car behind the pit wall. Earnhardt brings him down to the line. Green flag goes in the air, and they set sail. He's the leader. Riding second is Dave Marcus. Marcus got his hands full right now as they sweep into turn number one. Brett Bodine trying to take that spot away, and right behind Brett right, rides Mark Martin as they're out of turn two and in the backstretch. Brett tried to make a move to the outside of Dave Marcus. Wasn't quite able to hook it up, so he'll fall back in line in single file. Man on the move, though, is Sterling Marlin. He just swept to the inside of Ricky Rudd and picked up fifth. Hey, Dave Marcus, he almost left that inside groove open for Brett Bodine. Next thing you know, he just shut the door and scoots away. Ernie Irvin's on the move. If you're just joining us late, the pole sitter at 
have to go to a backup car after an accident here yesterday. He's running just outside the top ten. Ernie Irvin leading a pack of traffic coming off turn number two. That includes Darrell Waltrip, Dale Jarrett, and Jimmy Hensley. And that's a good battle. Hensley to the outside of Dick Trickle battling for about the 17th spot. And he gets caught in that high groove, and that's going to cost him some spots as they come through turns three and four. Riding high through either end of this racetrack is not the way to go. If you can't make that car stick at the bottom of the racetrack, you're going to lose some ground. Earnhardt is a leader. He's back to turn two. Got two car lengths on Dave Marcus, who's doing a whale of a job hanging on to the second spot. Brett Bodine goes to work on Marcus again in turn three. Tried to sneak underneath him, but again, Marcus does a good job holding him off. I think Marcus's car is handling well here today. A lot of guys climbing the banking, taking different lines. Dave Marcus is able to maneuver out there now. He very grudgingly yielded the lead to Earnhardt back a short while ago, but he's holding everybody else at bay on the backstretch. Earnhardt leads the way, single file through the top ten cars. Marcus is second, then Brett Bodine and the Mark Martin car. That's the front four. They're followed by Sterling Marlin, the Ricky Rudd machine, then Jeff Bodine and Jimmy Spencer. Some of the best racing is going on back there at about seventh position. Kyle Petty dives to the outside. This time, coming in the straightaway, tries to get around Jimmy Spencer. He picks up that spot as they work over to turn two. He'll try to fall back in line in single file as they come off turn number two as Spencer tries to get himself straightened out. Now Kyle goes to work on the next car in line. That's Jeff Bodine. Kyle tries to pull even with him in turn three. This time in turn three, Dave Marcus running in second, drifts up the banking a little bit. That's the opening. Brett Bodine and Mark Martin are waiting for it. Dave Marcus goes from second to fourth here on lap number 44. And Kyle Petty moves up yet again as he goes to the inside of Jeff Bodine, opening the lane there. Jimmy Spencer also makes the move. Now here is Morgan Shepard trying to get on to Jeff Bodine. Contact here in turn number two. Shepard slows. Ernie Irvin and two other cars get by him. Three wide going into turn number three that time. Rick Wilson dives down to the bottom of the racetrack and comes out ahead of Morgan Shepard. Now Morgan's caught in that outside line. He's going to try to tuck back in. We'll finally be able to ease in behind Dale Jarrett. But he almost lost about four or five spots. Instead of that, Joe, he only loses about three going through three and four. Looked like he might have got some damage in that incident there because he did slow significantly, although now he does seem to be back up at speed. But again, he lost several positions as he falls in line single file just ahead of Lake Speed. I'll tell you, if we had a gutsy move of the race award here in the early going, Rick Wilson for that three-wide maneuver there in turn three moments ago, he just put that STP Pontiac where you wouldn't expect it ought to go, but it went. And he's now running among the lead cars as he has been from the beginning after qualifying. Qualifying in fifth spot here this weekend. 46 laps complete. Dale Earnhardt leads. Brett Bodine second. Mark Martin third. Dave Marcus is fourth. Ahead of fifth place, Sterling Marlin. Sixth now is Ricky Rudd. Kyle Petty seventh. Jimmy Spencer runs in eighth. Ninth, Jeff Bodine. Ernie Irvin up to tenth spot now as they work turn one. Back in the 11th position now is a Rick Wilson car. In the 12th spot right behind him rides the Derek Coke machine. 13th is Darrell Walter. 14th is Dale Jarrett. 15th is where Morgan Shepard sits. In the 16th position, that's Dick Trick. 17th is Rick Mast, 18th is Lake Speed, 19th is Michael Waltrip, and rounding out the top 20 is Phil Parsons. And 48 laps are on the scoreboard here this afternoon in the Budweiser 500. Three cars in the garage area. Greg Sachs went out due to an accident. Jeff Gordon's car also damaged in a wreck a little bit earlier. He's in the garage, and Bill Elliott had some damage to his car. Let's see if we can get a report from Alan Bestrick. Are they continuing to work on Elliott's car? Yes, they are, Barney. They're working on the suspension on the right front of the car. They're going to go and replace a couple of pieces of the steering link, and the crew right now gathering some tools and materials from the truck. Elliot's still sitting in the car with his helmet on and the uh, window net up. The crew right now is trying to replace it. Looks like the hub and part of the steering mechanism on the right front tire on Elliot over Jeff Gordon's car. The crew's still working to align the steering on the front end of that car before he'll come back out onto the racetrack. Boy, it seems like they can't get anything going in Junior Johnson's Budweiser team right now when they get the car good, which they have several times this year. They seem to end up 
uh, having some problems on the racetrack. Meanwhile, Brett Orion works on Dale Earnhardt for the lead. He tried him in the inside a couple of times, and this time, coming down the front straightaway, going into turn number one, he tried to sweep around on the outside, wasn't able to do it. They're back in three. Looked like he would make it stick there, Barney, going into turn one, but now he falls back in line in single file. Earnhardt drifts a little bit high in turn four. Brett looks there for a moment, but once again, falls back in line in single file. Mark Martin running in third. He's closed in a little bit further back. Darrell Waltrip works the low side of the racetrack. Those cars back in around 11th position. Darrell, Dale, Jarrett, Morgan, Shepard all trying to work inside of the Derek Cope automobile. Also a quick look at, at the uh, Hutch Strickland car just going by us. Little wisp of smoke from behind the automobile, whether he might have gotten some contact and as the uh, sheet metal caved in a bit on the right rear, very difficult to tell. Maybe the Big Macs are overdone. I don't know. But in any event, little wisp of smoke from the Hutch Strickland car here in the early stages of the Bud 500. And we're looking at 52 laps complete right now. That battle for the lead stays just about as tight as it was. Earnhardt is pulled away by a couple of car lengths, and all of a sudden, Brett Bodine's got company on his tail over in turn three. Mark Martin is there right behind Brett Bodine, and they've got a three-car breakaway over the rest of the pack. The car that's really come into life here in the last five laps is Kyle Petty. He blew by Ricky Rudd, Ernie Irvin, Jimmy Spencer, has just bypassed the Sterling Marlin machine, and uh, Kyle Petty in his mellow yellow Pontiac now is up to the fifth position. Mark Martin makes the move in and around Brett Bodine going into turn number one on lap 53. Put Mark now up into the second spot ahead of Brett Bodine in third. All the while, Dale Earnhardt continues to lead. It's about a three-quarters of a second, shall we say. Call it a dozen car lanes if you'd like that way. That's the advantage. Still Dave Marcus in the top five. He's running in fourth spot ahead of fifth place Kyle Petty. Sixth is Sterling Marlin in a good tight battle with Jimmy Spencer in seventh. Spencer tries to drive to the inside of Sterling Marlin off turn two. Can't find the opening. He'll settle back in line in single file. Good battle further back also. Jeff Bodine trying to hold off the Rick Wilson car. Rick's got a couple of runs at Jeff, but once again, he'll follow him off turn four and down the front stretch. Here's Kyle Petty. Catches Dave Marcus at the start-finish line. Going to try and get around him on the outside, and he'll make the move as they go into turn number one. So give Kyle Petty another uh, position as he moves a little closer to the front. His car is really on the move. They're back in three. Kyle picks up the fourth position as Dave Marcus still stays up alongside, going to turn three. Finally, Dave gets out of the throttle, falls back in line behind the mellow yellow Pontiac. Isn't it nice, though, to be able to talk about Dave Marcus running in the lead or in the top five? Here's a guy who's out there giving it his all in this business. He does uh, whatever he can to make ends meet. He spends extra time as a tire tester for the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company involved in the IROC series and so on. It's just nice to be able to talk about Dave Marcus having a good run like this. I'll tell you, when old Dave gets his car hooked up, he'll race you as hard as anybody at any speedway around the country. And at a given time, many, many times when the leaders catch him and, the, and they've just made a pit stop with fresh rubber on the car, he'll run you as hard. There, He's probably frustrated more guys over the years and being able to hold them off for 20 or 30 laps until his tires got wore down than any race driver out there. He is tough and he's been here a long time. 57 laps on the scoreboard. Continuing to lead, Dale Earnhardt. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Sixty-two laps complete of the Budweiser 500 here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead, although it's not been without the efforts of Mark Martin trying to bypass him each of the last handful of laps. At the same time, Jeff Gordon has returned to the racetrack. Gordon parked it on lap number 36. He returns at lap 63 to some 27 laps down. Is Jeff Gordon at this stage of the day after repairs following the accident on the uh, 35th lap? Also, that little smoke we saw from Hutch 
Strickland's machine has gone away as quickly as it started, so things going right along for the McDonald's Ford Thunderbird as Hutt Strickland is on the racetrack. The leaders working around some race traffic now here on the main straightaway. They'll bypass Jimmy Beans and try and catch up with the Kenny Wallace car in turn two. Wallace with the Dirt Devil Pontiac holding the inside line. Earnhardt approaches his machine, and Wallace drops down low. Earnhardt flashes by a couple of car lengths between Earnhardt and now the Mark Martin car approaching Kenny Wallace. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Sixty-five laps on the board. It is Dale Earnhardt out front. He is beginning to open up a little daylight on the rest of the field right now. He's about a full second ahead of Mark Martin and Brett Bodine as he sweeps up into turns three and four, closing in on Wally Dollenbach's car, threatening to put him a lap down here in just a moment. Field beginning to string out just a little bit. It's a ways back to Kyle Petty, who was really making up some ground a little bit earlier here this afternoon. Rick Wilson right now is also caught back there in some of that traffic. Joe Mora, he had been making a move to the front a little bit earlier, but right now he's having to thread his way around after that round of pit stops. Wilson is staying right with Jeff Bodine. He was uh, taking a couple of shots at Bodine a little earlier on. Further back, some pretty good racing going on from about 15th on back. Morgan Shepard leads a pack of traffic. Rick Mast is there with him. They're now just bypassing Jeff Gordon's car. Also the Derek Cope machine. That threesome now works off turn four. And Jeff Gordon back on the track we mentioned, but they're still not quite right. The DuPont Chevrolet, we can see from the start-finish line, looking into turn one, how the car is bottoming out going into the banking there, which is not totally unusual at times. And he's really, uh, at least from our vantage point, really scraping the bottom of the racetrack there. So probably some work to be done yet on that DuPont finishes Chevrolet. 68 laps on the board here at Dover Downs International Speedway. If you're just tuning in, the race leader was Davey Allison for the first three laps as Mark Martin now makes a move around Earnhardt. Something happened to Earnhardt up in turn two. Uh, the car went way up the banking. Now he slows and drops down low. Mark Martin has taken the lead, but Earnhardt is coming in. So lap number 68, we will have a pit stop for Dale Earnhardt. Mark Martin takes over the lead on the 68th lap, and here comes Earnhardt. He is very, very, very slow down the pit road. He is even slower than what would be the NASCAR mandated pit road speed. He's really creeping to a halt now as the crew goes to work. Jim? Well, they have a right side tire going down to the Goodrich Chevrolet, an unscheduled stop. And while they're in, they're going to change all four tires on the Goodrich Chevrolet. And David Smith swings her jack around the left side. Andy Peachy and Will Lynn changing the tires. They get the right side tires on. The left side is going on right now. A little swift on the ground. 17.9 seconds on that four-tire stop for Earnhardt. Good fast stop for Dale Earnhardt, but it's really going to hurt him as far as staying up at the front of the pack. Now he's going to have to play catch up along with some of the other drivers that have had problems in the early going this afternoon. Jeff Gordon went back on the racetrack, made a few laps, and here he is back on pit road and may be heading back to the garage here. A lot of damage on that car for Jeff Gordon. 71 laps complete here. Mark Martin is the new leader now when Earnhardt made that pit stop, but he's got his hands full over in turn three. Brett Bodine right up on the rear deck of the Valvoline Ford as they trail off into turn number three. Bodine beats to the outside off turn four. Brett led from laps number four through lap 23, and now he'll co-challenging Mark Martin to the outside and showing some horsepower, gets back into turn one with the lead again. So Brett Bodine reassumes the lead and pulls away on lap 72. He's got five car links over Mark Martin here as they hit the back straight away. No lap traffic to come into play, and Brett stretches it out even more up in turn three. Brett Bodine a couple of times this afternoon has tried to make that pass on the outside of some of the other cars that he was racing with. We haven't seen that too many times. Guys trying 
try to go around on the outside. You don't do that at Dover as you go off into these corners, as I said, about 165 miles an hour, but he pulled it off this time, and now he has pulled ahead of Mark Martin by about 10 or 15 car lengths. In fact, I'm almost about to speculate that Mark may have a problem on the car because he has dropped back considerably. Let's go to the pits. I don't think so, Barney. I think they said it, uh, at this point he's okay. He's just uh, getting outrun. Well, he's getting outrun badly because already Brett Bodine has put a third of a straightaway on him, and that's uh, awfully fast to do in less than three laps here since he got around. 74 laps on the scoreboard as they continue to swing around over this afternoon in the Budweiser 500. The leader's back in three. And Mark Martin may have to worry soon about another car closing in. Kyle Petty is up to the third position. He's starting to shut down the distance between himself and the second-place car. Here comes P.J. Jones onto the pit lane. He was black flagged moments ago as he's coming to the attention of the Melling crew, P.J. Jones, the noted road racer from IMSA competition, who now attends Winston Cup and Bush Series races. It's rather an early stage situation for him. A couple, three races under his belt so far on the roundy round courses of Winston Cup competition. Lap 75 now on the board. We talked about Ernie Irvin earlier. He's running now on the leaderboard in the top five. He is in fifth position after having to start dead last today because he went to a backup car after wrecking the primary car here just yesterday. That shows you the degree of preparedness that the Morgan McClure team has when they can roll a car like this totally brand spanking new off the truck and have it run up from dead last into the top five. Well, as the owner, Larry McClure, told us a few weeks ago, when you come to the track nowadays, you better have everything in a row, including an, a backup race car that's ready to go. And apparently he has because he is coming to the front in a hurry. Let's go to the pits. And I'm with Jeff Gordon, who's pulled his car back behind the wall again. Jeff, what happened? And the crew continues to work to try and get the DuPont Chevrolet back on the racetrack so Jeff can make some more laps and earn some more points. And of course, Jeff Gordon, like most everybody else, not exclusively, but most everyone, he has a full face helmet on. That's why his response, coupled with the car noise, somewhat muffled. Give Jimmy Spencer another position. Jimmy has moved up into the fifth spot now, bypassing Dave Marcus here moments ago, while Ernie Irvin has climbed into fourth. So the top five right now, Brett Bodine, Mark Martin, Kyle Petty, Ernie Irvin, and Jimmy Spencer, though it's still very early, just 79 laps into the 500 here at Dover. Here at Dover Downs International Speedway, 85 laps are complete. 500 laps make up the total distance today. This is an exact one-mile racetrack, the only exact one-mile track on the entire Winston Cup scene. Everything else is a little bit over a mile, a little bit under a mile. This one is exactly a certified mile. Brett Bodine is the race leader. He took the lead most recently at lap number 72. He has led for the last 14 laps after having led early in the day from lap number 4 through lap number 23. We have been slowed twice by cautions, but when all has been sorted out right now, Greg Sachs and Jeff Gordon, the only two men in the garage area. Bill Elliott has just returned as Barney told you before the 
commercial break. He's 40 some odd laps down, but out there nevertheless in the Budweiser Ford. Brett Bodine shows the way. Kyle Petty second. Mark Martin has settled down into the third spot. Fourth is Ernie Irvin. And fifth is Jimmy Spencer, taking a little bit further back. Sixth now is Dave Marcus. Seventh belongs to the uh, Sterling Marlin car. Ricky Rudd is in eighth. Ninth is Jeff Bodine. And tenth, Rick Wilson. Darrell Waltrip is in eleventh. Twelfth, Dale Jarrett. Thirteenth is Morgan Shepard. Rick Mast is fourteenth. Fifteenth is Derek Cope. In sixteenth spot, Rusty Wallace. Lake Speed is seventeenth. Phil Parsons in eighteenth spot. Ahead of Michael Waltrip, nineteenth. Jimmy Hensley wraps up the top 20. 21st is Davey Allison. All of these cars on the lead lap. 22nd, Harry Gant. 23rd is Bobby Labonte. Just ahead of his brother, Terry Labonte. He's in 24th. 25th is Dick Trickle. 26th, Ken Schrader. Bobby Hillen is in 27th spot with Ted Musgrave and Bobby Hamilton also on the lead lap in 28th and 29th position. And Dale Earnhardt has now fallen all the way back to 31st after making that unscheduled pit stop here a few laps ago with a cut tire. But he is beginning to move back up a little bit also. 90 laps on the scoreboard. Kyle Petty's the car on the move right now. Had a little chance to talk with Kyle in the garage area yesterday about what a crazy year. Here's Dave Marcus bringing his car into the pits, and this might or might not be a scheduled pit. Yeah, it would be a scheduled pit stop because he didn't pit but everybody else did a little bit earlier. Let's follow his stop on Dave Marcus. The changing right side tires of this machine. I talked to some of the crew chiefs before the race started. They said that uh, they could go from 90 to maybe 94 laps. 94 laps is And as we well know, this race has come down to gas mileage. The last two times with Harry Gann and also last fall, Ricky Rudd uh, won on gas mileage here too. So it's critical today to get as good as gas mileage as you can. 26.5 on the pit stop for four tires for Dave Marcus. Well, Dave Marcus is down and away, goes back under the Speedway. Jeff Gordon comes back out of the garage and will take his car back out onto the racetrack for a few more laps with still a lot of sheet metal damage to his car in an accident he had a little bit earlier this afternoon. Talking about Kyle Petty and how he's on the move. He started out the season at Daytona, ran as strong as anybody, had three or four races where they ran exceptionally good, then a momentum went away, and we talked a little bit about that. Yeah, we, and that's what we were we were discussing this week, you know, trying to go over stuff. You know, you look at Davey's team, who, who's run really good the first part of the year, went through, won a race, you know, and started doing good. And then the last five or six races, it seems like they're really they're trying to figure out where they're going and what's going on with them. And then there's some other teams that have come from out of nowhere to really run up front and run good and run consistent. So, you know, right now the, the, the two-car and the three-car have been the cars, the consistent cars week in and week out. Ernie's run good in one week, bad the next. You know, and us the same way and a lot of other teams. So, you know, we've, everybody's just looking for that one thing to, to find that consistency. And the consistency today is there for Kyle Petty. He's having a good run. He's beginning to chase down the leader right now. He's within five car lengths of catching Brett Bodine a moment ago. He was better than four seconds behind him. So Kyle may have the fastest car on the racetrack as he tries to reel in Brett down in turn number one. They're both going to be in some traffic before they get out of turn two. They were in traffic about two laps ago, Barney, and Kyle was right up on the bumper of the Quaker State Ford of Brett Bodine, but uh, still working their way through traffic. Allowed Brett to kind of break away a bit. Once again, they're bunched up down in turn four. He's got Bobby Hillen just ahead of him. Hillen trying to stay on the lead lap. He'll also move to the outside of P.J. Jones, putting him yet another lap down. We go to pit road. We well, were talking about Kyle Petty a while ago. His wife, Patty, come up and said she's got a lot of horses or got some horses and stuff, and one of them got her pinned in the ground and tore her arm up real bad. And their son, 12 years old, drove her to the hospital. I said, you sure you want to talk about your son 12 years old driving a car in the state of North Carolina? And she said, well, he was just doing a steering. 
I was doing the gas. So anyway, he got her to the hospital. Whatever works, right? Yeah, whatever worked. By the way, I don't want to uh, short Buddy Job's racetrack out there in Phoenix at all. It, too, is an exact one-mile racetrack. I thought there had been just a, a tick over a mile out there, but Andy Hall was uh, kind enough to point out that, that too, is a one-mile track out at Phoenix International, where, by the way, the ticket office is now open. Actually, it'll be uh, open starting Tuesday of this coming week for the uh, sixth annual Winston Cup uh, event out there, the Slick 5500, scheduled October 28th through October 31st. That weekend, tickets to all of the Phoenix International Raceway events, including the Winston Cup Series uh, race, tickets go on sale Tuesday at the one-mile Phoenix International Raceway. Continuing to lead, Brett Bodine having a great run here this afternoon. That's been a strong team all year long. Their finishes, Brett even said the other day, we were talking in the garage, that our finishes have not been indicative at all of how well we have run this year because just about every race they've been in, they've been at the front of the pack, had a chance to win it at a given time, and then have some kind of misfortune befall them, whether it was getting caught up in an accident or a mechanical failure. Here comes Brett out of turn number four as Morgan Shepard brings the Sitco Ford onto pit road of the Wood Brothers, and Kyle Petty gets a little bit closer to the leader down in turn number one. Let's cover the pit stop on Morgan Shepard. They're going to do uh, all four tires on the car. He's got some uh, pretty big skins and dents on the left side of the car and a little bit of sheet metal damage on the right side. They're going to pull that away from the tires. I'm not for sure this is just a regular routine stop or if he had a problem, but it looks like routine he's changing four tires. 101 laps on the board, so we have knocked out that first 100 laps here this afternoon. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. 106 laps on the board. Caution for the third time today. Phil Parsons had problems in turn two. He was working to the outside of some traffic coming off turn number two. The car slipped. The back end broke loose. Looked like he tried to straighten it out for a few moments, but the back end came on around. He hit the outside wall hard just at the exit of turn two and then rolled down on the inside and went head on into the inside retaining wall. The Mannheim auction, the Chevrolet now up against the inside wall. Safety personnel there talking to Phil. We can see him from here moving around inside the car. That's the one thing about Dover. If you hit the outside wall, nine times out of ten, it's going to bounce you right down that steep banking, particularly in the corners, and send you into the inside wall. So you're going to get damage uh, two shots into the walls here at Dover. Here comes the front of the field into pits right now. Kyle Petty is in. Mark Martin is in. Also, Ernie Irvin. In fact, just about everybody that's on the lead lap. Ricky Rudd, Jeff Bodine is in. Rick Wilson's in. Let's go to the pits. Jim Phillips. Well, Rusty Wallace is in, and this is a team that can get some positions back. For Rusty, had that unfortunate deal. He had to have a green flag stop. They've already got the right sides changed. They're changing left sides. Rick Wilson is in. Bobby Labonte is in. Derek Cope is in. Rick Bass is in. Daryl Walker is peeling out of his pits. He only changed two tires. Down for Rusty Wallace, 18.5 seconds. Dale Jarrett gets his car service. Terry Labonte is in for service. Michael Walker. And they're back on the racetrack. Dick Brooks. Well, Jimmy Hensley came in. He overrun his pits just a little bit. So he had to stop back up and a little trouble getting it in reverse. So it's going to take him a little extra time with Ernie Irvin, Kyle Petty, Mark Martin. They all uh, came in and got four tires. Jeff Bodine, uh, Ken Schrader. They, uh, these guys got about ready to go racing again. So that's the update on Pit Road as we are under caution here at lap number 107. At the uh, moments prior to that caution, remember Brett Bodine came on Pit Road. He had pitted at lap number 103, Lake Speed at lap number 104. And that's one of the things that fate can throw at you in this business. Sometimes you get a break. In the case of Bobby Hillen, moments ago he was able to get his lap back. And in the case of both Brett Bodine and Lake Speed, a little bit too early on the pit stop. That caution can come out 
at any time, and it can always help you. It can always hurt you also. Again, Phil Parsons' car has hit the wall in turn number two, doing considerable damage to it. And uh, let's go back to Joe Moore for an update as to what they're doing over there. Phil just climbed out of the car, Barney, and uh, has walked over to the ambulance under his own power. He waved to the crowd before he climbed up into the ambulance. They've backed the hook up to the Mannheim Auction Chevrolet and are now getting ready to pull him away from the side of the crash. We had mentioned earlier that uh, Hutch Strickland, I thought I saw a little smoke from the right side of the car. We see uh, the front grill on the McDonald's Ford as he comes by now for service, somewhat uh, caved in, so there must have been some contact. Uh, some contact of sorts out there, but uh, that car continues uh, without any apparent problem in service to the McDonald's machine. Next weekend, the Winston Cup Series stays north of the Mason-Dixon line. We'll be in Pocono, Pennsylvania next Sunday for the Champion Spark Plug 500. You'll hear it right here on MRN beginning at 12.15 Eastern Time. Our coverage from Pocono begins on Friday. Bush Pole updates are on the air starting at 3.20 Eastern Time Friday afternoon. Then Saturday, we'll have a pit road preview for you. That's at 11.30 in the morning. And the ticket office is open right now at Pocono International Raceway. You might want to make your plans for the upcoming event there. The week after, again, in the northern part of our country, we'll be up at Brooklyn, Michigan for the Miller 400 at Michigan International Speedway. And our month of coverage here on MRN wraps up in late June, June 26th and 27th, up at uh, John Saunders' beautiful Watkins Glen International Racetrack in the Finger Lakes region of New York. We've got the Phase 150 for the NASCAR Bush Series on Saturday afternoon, and then on Sunday, the Camel Continental, that's the IMSA three-hour event, using that long course, the track on which Watkins Glen built its fame and its name back in the days of the old United States Grand Prix in Watkins Glen. We'll use the long course for the Camel Continental IMSA event. You'll hear it right here on MRN. Looking into the month of July, the Pepsi 400 at Daytona International Speedway. That's July 3rd. July 11th, the first ever visit for the Winston Cup cars to New Hampshire International Speedway. MRN is there July the 11th. July 18th, back to Pocono for the Miller 500. And July 25th will be in Dry Valley, Alabama, Talladega for the Die Hard 500. That's coming up July the 25th. And as we say, ticket offices at all of those tracks in particular Pocono for next weekend. Those ticket offices open right now. The cars that were lapped down have now made most of their pit stops for an update. Jim Phillips. Well, Jimmy Spencer came in. He's one of those guys that came in, Barney, on lap uh, 101. He changed uh, four tires, but he's going to change two tires. And then the official stepped in front of him. It cost him uh, some time, and he wound up 25.9 seconds on the pit lane. And then earlier... Sterling Marlin was a guy that got caught on the pit lane, and he was going to, he did change four tires on his machine. 109 laps on the scoreboard here this afternoon of the Budweiser 500, a full house, even with all the brand-new seats that they have built in the last couple of years. I don't think there was a, a seat left in the house when they dropped the green flag this afternoon. You ever play any of those uh, lotteries, Barn, whenever we travel around, different states have lotteries and so on? Only everywhere we go. <laughs> I know. There was a note here in the uh, Dover Post uh, from this past Wednesday. A guy picked the numbers of his favorite Winston Cup drivers. He had uh, Dale Earnhardt, Ricky Rudd, he had Darrell Waltrip, Dale Jarrett, and Ken Schrader, his particular favorites. And the guy wins $1.45 million. Turned out those are the winning numbers. Uh, he said, I'm a big stock car fan. In fact, he said he was going to the Georgetown Speedway uh, to watch the races uh, later that night. But uh, gentleman from Smyrna, Delaware, who declined to release his name, which under state law it says here in this article, you don't have to disclose your name in Delaware. 
but the guy uh, takes the numbers of his favorite Winston Cup drivers and wins 1.45 mil in the, the Delaware Lotto. I have tried that many, many times I know. in Daytona. We were down there for speed weeks. Uh, maybe how they qualified or, you know, that, how they finished in the race and some of the qualifying races the day before. Didn't quite work out, but we'll keep trying. Let's go to the pits. And Phil Parsons has just come out of the infield care center. Phil, what happened? Well, we uh, I was passing a lap car. We were getting close to a pit stop. The car was coming around. We started out a little bit too tight, and the guys adjusted on it. It's coming around a little bit, but uh, got together with a slow car. Uh, I'm not sure what happened coming off turn two, and the thing got in the wall pretty hard. I just, uh, I hate it. It's the first time we tore a car up this year, but I hate it because this was our best car by far. But, uh, you know, I guess the guys are going to look at it. I'm, I'm sure as hard as it hit, I doubt if we can get back out. But that's the car we wanted to race next week, so we'll have to see what happens. But I'd like to thank my Mannheim crew. They, they put a good car under us, and we had a good car last week, and I think we would have been okay this week. Phil Parsons had a good run yesterday in his Bush Series car, but he'll be out early today. And he had a pretty good run going here this afternoon. Phil Parsons is out of the event. Pontiac Pace Car behind the pit wall. We're set to go back to racing as they come down to the line at the front of the pack, but not the leader is Brett Bodine as he takes him off into the corner. They're posting Mark Martin as a leader. Remember, that caution flag cost Bodine and the other cars that pitted there just a moment ago. They're out of turn two. Sterling Marlin was there trying to get back up the tail end of the lead lap. Brett Bodine has cleared that car, but Mark Martin still has his hands full with Sterling Marlin. Also, Sterling Marlin now making the move inside of Mark Martin. So both of those men are on the tail end of the lead lap at this point. The race leader is Mark Martin with Ernie Irvin now running in the second spot in and around him. Some other cars trying to get themselves back on the lead lap if they can. Dale Earnhardt, one of those, battling, coming off turn number two right behind the Ernie Irvin car. Meanwhile, up front, Sterling Marlin takes a peek down on the inside of Brett Bodine, just ahead of the race leader, entering turn three. And Bodine spins up the banking, tries to gather it back in, but he hits the outside wall. Brett Bodine and trying to hold off Sterling Marlin. Got a little bit high going to the corner. It's oh, going to collect some other machines also. Kyle Petty spins out up there. Let's go over to Joe Moore. He's got a bird's eye view of it. Kyle Petty is up there also. The Dave Marcus car. Dave having such a good run earlier this afternoon. Both hit the outside wall trying to avoid Brett Bodine who spun up there and slammed hard into the wall. Looked like Brett was going to be able to save the car. At the end of the back straightaway, just as they entered turn three, he went up a little bit high in the bank and you could tell he didn't get out of the throttle. He's trying to hold on to it and thought he could turn it back around, but he got up in the loose stuff and the back end did hit the outside retaining wall. Looks like all the cars now have refired and driven away. And that will be the fourth time caution has been on the speedway. It comes out at lap 113. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Today's Budweiser 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by STP Oil Treatment, Gas Treatment, Fuel Injector Cleaner, and Son of a Gun Protectant by Planners Nuts. Eat Planners. Everybody loves a racing nut. By your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. By Heilig Myers Furniture, proud sponsor of the Bobby Hill and Junie Don Levy Thunderbird. And by Wix Filters, you'll find them at professional auto parts stores and on Daytona 500 winner Dale Jarrett's car. Here at Dover Downs International Speedway, seven lead changes among six drivers in an event that has now been slowed four times by caution for a total of 22 laps. Mark Martin currently showing the way ahead of Ernie Irvin in second. Ricky Rudd, then Darrell Waltrip and Jeff Bodine, the top five, as in the garage. Greg Sachs, Phil Parsons, Dave Marcus, and Kyle Petty, the only four men retiring from a starting field of 36 here today. Alongside Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. 
Colton, glad you're with us here at the Monster Mile, Dover Downs. And for some fellas, it has been truly a monster here today. Yeah, it really has. And it's a lot of candidates in the early going here for the Goodies Headache Award this afternoon. Doug Agee of Goodies Manufacturing Company has stepped into the booth with us. I hope you got a whole bag or two down there because they're going to need them. You may need more than a couple of bags the way they're crashing them here this afternoon. You're right, Barney. We've got uh, we've got plenty of goodies down there. The drivers have plenty of them. And we have lots of candidates for the Headache Award to this day. See a lot of the uh, new packaging on the goodies manufacturing products on the shelves now, and uh, it's good to see. Uh, it's a nice, fresh, new look, and it's nice to have those powders back on the shelves now where we live in Alabama. They're starting to pop up again. It's good to see. I tell you, it's nice to have them back. We're back full swing. Uh, production is good. Uh, distribution is improving. So we're back uh, with the multicolor packages. Sales are going well, and we want to see them go better. Never really ask you, maybe Eli has in some of the interviews we've done over the years, uh, do you folks continually work on putting your product in more and more states around the country? Oh, yeah, Barney. We, uh, we are doing that all the time, and our, our distributors have expanded distribution all over, uh, much bigger than they used to have, so we're, we're getting extra distribution through th- their uh, efforts. Do you have a really big tablet for a really big headache like we get sometimes in a race that uh, <laughs> where we kind of see a lot of equipment torn up? We may not have the big tablet, but we have a lot of tablets for you. How about that? Well, we'll work that. <laughs> okay, Doug, Mark. thanks for stopping by. We're about to go back to green here in just one more lap. Thanks so much. You guys have a great day. Thanks. Doug Agee joining us from Goodies Manufacturing. About a half lap away from going green. Let's take a quick check into the garage area. Alan Bestwick is looking at the repairs on the Mellow Yellow Pontiac. Well, a lot of repairs need to be done, Eli. They're going to need to rebuild basically the entire rear end of the car. And it looks like the front suspension is going to need a little bit of work, too. But they're going to have to put new trailing arms under both sides of that car. We're hustling on down now towards Dave Marcus. They've just brought his Chevrolet in. Dave rode back inside the race car. We'll have a word with Dave just in a minute. They brought that car by us a couple of seconds ago and Barney and I both honestly uh, kind of arched our eyebrows because we didn't see all the damage with that accident scene out there between turns three and four. Old Dave's car pretty well used up there on the front. Yeah, the front end was really, really caved in on that car. It looked like uh, about half of it was ripped away. The collision up there didn't look that serious, but as we said, at the speeds they run here at Dover, that boilerplate steel and getting into another car will do a lot of damage to it. Pace car behind the pit wall. Mark Martin punches the button set sail for turn number one. Dale Earnhardt is down on the inside trying to get underneath the leader off in turn number one to get himself back on the tail end of the lead lap as they work over to turn two. Earnhardt got hill up a few moments underneath Ernie Irvin, but now he's broken free of Irvin and fits his sights on Mark Martin. Falls in behind the Valvoline Ford. Headed to turn number three. Those two single file, but further back, Jimmy Spencer and Ernie Irvin have a good battle going on. Dale Earnhardt says, excuse me, I'm coming through as he just blows right past to the inside of Mark Martin. Here comes Jimmy Spencer. Here comes Ernie Irvin. Mark Martin may lose the lead in the skirmish in turn number one. Mark Martin down on the inside of the track trying to hold what he's got. He'll fall in behind the Ernie Irvin car, but Irvin takes the lead. Martin falls back to the second spot. Single file down the back straight away to turn three. 119 laps are on the scoreboard. Back under green, and we've had a little bit of everything in the early going this afternoon of the Budweiser 500. Dale Earnhardt gets himself back on the tail end of the lead lap as they sweep back off into turn number one. Some hard racing going on back in the pack also. Davey Allison trying to scramble to get his way up to the front of the field right now. Dale Jarrett's been in a pretty good tussle also trying to move up to the front. They're all back in turn three. Rusty Wallace goes underneath Jeff Bodine. Those two race side by side. Meanwhile, Davey Allison gets a spot moving to the inside of the lap car to P.J. Jones. He'll also bypass Morgan Shepard and Sterling Marlin. The scenario kind of reminds you of Sears Point a year ago. Although the circumstances were different, that was the day that Ernie Irvin was black. Trouble in turn one. Ricky Rudd hard 
into the outside wall. The Tide Chevrolet made contact with Lake Speed going into turn one. Rudd hit the wall hard. Now rolls down the banking to the apron of the track in turn two. Tell you who did a heck of a piece of driving there, or Ricky could have really took a lick, was Lake Speed who went down to the bottom of the racetrack and almost put it in the wall to keep from running in to Ricky Rudd over in turns one and two. Rudd really took a hard shot. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Rudd's car glanced off, so another car down on the inside of the racetrack and just shot up the banking. Looked like he didn't even have time to think about hitting the brake. It hit hard against the outside wall with the left side of the car, then rolled back down the banking. And again, Lake Speed made that great move down on the inside to avoid the spinning car of Rudd coming back down the banking. Lake was able to drive away. Fifth caution of the day comes out at lap 122. Dale Earnhardt and Jimmy Spencer both getting back the laps that they had lost earlier in the day. So that was a break for those two gentlemen as both the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet and the Meineke Ford make their way around this racetrack to assume their rightful position. I was saying when that accident happened that I remember Ernie Irvin back at Sears Point a year ago, he was black flagged for jumping the start, but he had to go to the back and come all the way to the front. Same thing here, although the circumstance was different. Here he had to go to the back of the field because of a backup car after an accident here late yesterday, but he's again worked his way to the front, and Ernie Irvin takes over the lead at lap number 119. We're now at lap 123. This was to have been the same car. Ernie Irvin's original plant was to use the same car that he ran with at Charlotte and earlier this year at Rockingham, Darlington, and even at Richmond. But that was the car that got uh, used up in the uh, turn three and four wall here yesterday. So this Kodak Chevrolet, literally right out of the box, uh, brand spanking new, and it's running like a champion. Just gives you an idea of the depth of that race team, as you was talking about a little bit earlier this afternoon, when you can wipe out a car that was as good as he qualified for the pole with and then roll another one right off the truck, and it runs almost equally as well. Certainly gives you an idea of how well prepared this race team is when they come to a speedway. 123 laps are on the board. Looks like it's going to be a day of yellow flags here. We've already had five. The latest one coming out again when Ricky Rudd hit the wall down in turn number two. And as soon as we have any report on whether Ricky is out of the car or what the situation is, he did take a very hard shot over there. Let's check in with Alan Bestwick. Barney, his car slid to a halt at the bottom of the racetrack right near where the Winston Cup garage is, right in front of where I happen to be standing talking to Dave Marcus. And Ricky did get out of the car. He walked away, taking off his gloves and the helmet and so on. And he'll take the, the mandatory trip to the care center. But Ricky is out and fine. And while we're here, we'll get a word with Dave Marcus. He was chatting with Kyle Petty about uh, their incident. Dave, what happened out there? Well, I guess Brett got in and got a little high, and that's what started it. And Kyle said, like, you know, he moved up to try and go around it because he figured Brett would be coming down. And I hit Kyle in the back, and I had all four wheels sliding. There's nothing you can do. And this racetrack, as the race goes on, that high groove gets a lot of rubber and things up in it. And when you get up in it, it's just like hitting a patch of ice. And I don't care if you got 20 brakes or whatever. I mean, the car just won't stop. But we had a good run going. I was trying to just take care of my race car. I wasn't driving over my head. My car was comfortable. Uh, on that restart, I didn't try and pass nobody because I knew we got four hours of racing left. So, you know, and then I just want to thank all the people that helped us, Lester Rains and Swanson Frozen Foods and uh, uh, Pronto Auto Parts, you know, and it's just I guess it's racing, they say, but, you know, it's hard for me to, to keep going this way and make ends meet. But I probably could have come here today and run slow and took care of my car and got a finish, but I'm a racer and I come to race. So 
and race he did. He was up front for a while today, but Dave Marcus will not finish this race. On pit road right now, they were doing some work on the fuel cell area of Brett Bodine's Quaker State Ford, and a whole bunch of fuel, it appears, has spewed out onto the racetrack. The NASCAR officials are quickly there. There's no flame at all. That's a lot of fluid on the racetrack. A number of teams came over to help out putting down Speedy Dry, and they've got some cleanup to do on the pit road, but uh, that was a quick attention there to what could have been a severe problem, but it turns out to be not a major problem as the cleanup takes care of the problem there. Under caution at lap 124, Ernie Irvin is the leader from the Overdowns International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Here at Dover Downs International Speedway, we are working the fifth caution flag of the afternoon when Ricky Rudd tagged the wall in turn two. It was the preceding caution that apparently has taken Kyle Petty from the Budweiser 500. Let's go back to the garage. Have they given up uh, the ghost in the car now, Alan, or what? No, there are people crawling all under and around this car, Eli. They're trying to rebuild the back end. I'm going to try and step over a couple of them, see if we can get a word with Kyle. Kyle, what happened? I don't know. You know, my car was a little bit tight on new tires, and I started fourth or fifth in line. The car pushed up, and a bunch of them got up under me and just trying to find a place to get back in line. And uh, somebody ran into Brett. I don't know who it was, but I saw Brett sideways in the racetrack. And when I let off, you know, the guys let off in front of me, and I let off, and some of them behind us let off, some of them didn't. And we just all got together. It's just one of them things. There's not a lot you can do about it. Kyle up there in the Winston Cup points, so he's going to try and get back out and get as many laps in as he can. As he said the other day, it's been kind of a strange and frustrating season in a lot of ways. Later on in today's broadcast, Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, will be selecting the Mechanic of the Race Award. The top NASCAR mechanic receives $1,000 from Western Auto. Current point standings after the Coca-Cola 600 down in Charlotte last week, Andy Petrie is in front. He's the crew chief on Dale Earnhardt Chevrolet. Tony Glover, who is the crew chief of Ernie Irvin Chevrolet, is second. Donnie Wingo on Jeff Bodine's car is third. And uh, we'll keep you posted on that as the afternoon goes by. 126 on the board. Let me take everybody a little bit further back while we have a chance here on the uh, rundown. The leader is Ernie Irvin here as we work this fifth caution of the day. Mark Martin is second, Daryl Waltrip third, Jeff Bodine fourth, and Rusty Wallace is fifth. Sixth now is Rick Mast ahead of Dale Jarrett seventh. Eighth place belongs to Derek Cope. Davey Allison is in ninth, and tenth is Jimmy Hensley. Harry Gant is the 11th place car. 12th belongs to Bobby Hillen. 13th now is Ken Schrader ahead of 14th Michael Waltrip. And the top 15 also includes Terry Labonte. He's in 15th spot. Let's go back to the garage. Ricky Rudd is here. He's walked away from the infield care center. Ricky, you're okay. What happened out there? Well, I'm not really sure, Alan. You know, Lake Speed was on the bottom of the racetrack two or three laps down or ever how many, and we dropped down into turn one on the second lap of the restart. And I guess he couldn't hold his car on the bottom of the racetrack. Darrell got underneath me. We run inside by side, and Lake drove to the bottom. Laps down. I don't know where he's going. I guess he he broke loose. He couldn't hold his car, and he washed up and hit me in the left rear quarter panel, and that was it. Tough day for Ricky Rudd. The Tide Chevrolet is beat in pretty good in the front. It's too bad. He was running well uh, while he was out there. Taking a little further back, we've given you the top 15 in the rundown. Still on the lead lap in 16th spot is Dick Trickle. 17th is Rick Wilson, who just made a pit stop moments ago. 18th is Bobby Labonte. And 19th, Dale Earnhardt. He got his lap back, remember, here a short while ago. In 20th spot, Ted Musgrave. He's the first driver a lap down. 21st is Sterling Marlin. 22nd, Hutt Strickland. 23rd is Lake Speed. His car was on pit road here over the last number of moments with the hood up. 
24th, Bobby Hamilton. 25th is now Jimmy Spencer. He's still a lap down. He was two down. He has now gotten one of those laps back. He's in 25th. 26th place, a couple of laps down, is Kenny Wallace. 27th is uh, Morgan Shepard. 28th is Wally Dolan back. He's a couple of laps down. So is Jimmy Means. He's in 29th spot. In 30th position, that's where Ricky Rudd is, but of course he's done for the day, basically. P.J. Jones is still running. He's in 31st position. Brett Bodine runs in 32nd spot. Bill Elliott now in 33rd. Jeff Gordon in 34th. The other drivers are already in the garage. They include Greg Sachs, Phil Parsons, Dave Marcus, and of course Ricky Rudd and Kyle Petty. The repairs continuing to those cars. Brett Bodine's car is back in the pits again. Let's cover the stop there. Well, they keep working on the, on the rear of the car. A lot of serious damage back there. He, got, he hit, the, hit the wall back there awful hard somewhere. And uh, they got the, all the back pushed in. They're just trying to get it safe. You know, a few years ago, they ran some cars, uh, I think one at Bristol, and, and it had a, had a fuel cell all bent up in it. And there were some leaks there and didn't know it. And the car hit the wall again and exploded and burned up, uh, you know, pretty bad. And so they're just trying to stop all that. The, uh, the fuel uh, filler neck is uh, was loose on the thing. So when they put fuel in it, it wouldn't go in. So they're just trying to get it all fixed up back there. So a lot of work continuing on the Brett Bodine car. Speaking of Brett Bodine, remember this broadcast a year ago? We were talking about a new pet that Brett and his wife Diane had gotten, one of those Vietnamese pot-bellied pigs. I forget how it came up in conversation that day. We were talking about this We were watching pig. you eat barbecue, I believe is how it <laughs> came up. That could have been it. I don't know. But uh, they were bragging on how this is a nice, sweet, cute little pig that wasn't going to get more than 35 or 36 pounds, and Diane wanted it as a pet. Brett said, all right, let's do it. So I asked Brett Bodine yesterday about Felicia the pig. Uh, how big is Felicia today? She's slightly larger than that. <laughs> about 120 now. At last weigh-in. And, uh, you know, I, I keep reminding Diane of the fact that she's uh, well over 100 pounds. And, you know, I heard the same story. This was the selling point I heard. Oh, she won't 40 pounds tops, you know. Well, three times that later, and uh, she's a handful. And as a matter of fact, speaking of a half, I looked down at Brett's hand yesterday, and he had these cuts all over his true story. I'm not making this up. He had cuts all over his hand, and I said, where'd those cuts come from? Well, we had a little battle over an Oreo. It seems that uh, we were going for the same cookie. And uh, she won, needless to say. So that's the uh, latest Felicia the Pig update from the uh, Bodine family. And uh, the way Brett is talking, I think, uh, well, I won't say what I was going to say. But uh, it's, it's a big old pig. Uh, they, they guaranteed him it wouldn't get more than 40 pounds. And here it is, 120 pounds. And obviously a beautiful young sow at this stage. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I really don't. Indication has just been given. One more lap. We'll go back to green flag racing here at Dover. And hopefully we can stay green for a while. Already we've had five caution flags this afternoon. If you joined the broadcast a little bit late, the latest one coming out at lap 22. We're at 129 right now when Ricky Rudd hit the wall over in turn number two that has sent his car to the garage area. Ernie Irvin, who started dead last here this afternoon after having to switch to a backup car, is at the front of the pack. He is the leader. He's worked his way right up there and has one of the strongest cars in the field despite the fact that you've heard us talk about this afternoon. It is a backup machine. Riding right behind him in second place is Mark Martin. Third, Daryl Waltrip. Haven't talked about him in a while. And this is a good track for Daryl over the years. He's had some pretty decent finishes here. Always runs well. Fourth is Jeff Bodine. And fifth right now is Rusty Wallace. Green flag in the air and they get down to it as they head back off into turn number one. 
Double file restart. A lot of lap cars down on the inside. Traffic gets pretty hairy going into the corner, and Mark Martin's going to get shuffled back a little bit. Ernie Irvin's able to clear the lap car of Ted Musgrave. Now Mark Martin gets by Morgan Shepard. He'll fall in line behind Musgrave. Next in line, Jeff Bodine. He makes some contact with Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip goes up the banking. Now Rusty Wallace goes down low. That was the battle for third spot when Jeff Bodine is going to root it Darrell Waltrip out of the way. So give Jeff third. Darrell Waltrip now running in the fourth spot ahead of fifth place runner Rusty Wallace. Those cars are back in one. Darrell still trying to get back down in line. All the cars are passing him down on the inside lane. Hut Strickland, Rick Mast gets by. Also Jimmy Spencer and Dale Jarrett trying to make a move on Darrell Waltrip as he struggles to get back down to the lower line. Darrell Waltrip just cannot get that car down to the bottom of the racetrack. And if you have to stay out in that high groove, as we've said a couple of times today, you're going to lose some positions. Darryl... Something's wrong with Ernie Irvin. Ernie Irvin, the race leader, has slowed here on the main straightaway. Something is wrong with the Kodak Film Chevrolet. Mark Martin takes over the lead at lap number 132. Irvin was just going down the straightaway like every other lap, and all of a sudden the car slowed. Let's go to the pits. Uh, yeah, Tony's standing there. Tony, did you say what's wrong? I think it burned a piston or something. I'm not sure. He said he could smell it when he took off. All right, well, they don't know what's happened, but they know they got a problem. Ernie Irvin way off the pace now, still on the racetrack and just riding along at the bottom of the speedway, but just about everybody that's catching up to him is driving on around, and we'll watch and see if Ernie stays out there. They'll discuss it and see if they can figure out what's wrong and probably will be on pit road here very shortly. 133 laps on the scoreboard in the Budweiser 500. Mark Martin is the leader right now as he sweeps off into turn number one. Boy, he has really pulled away from the rest of the field, at least the cars that are on the lead lap. Joe Moore, he's got a big piece of daylight between himself and second place. And about three lap cars separate him from the second place car, which is now Jeff Bodine. Bodine now clearing himself of some of that traffic, working underneath the Ted Musgrave car, but right with Bodine is Rusty Wallace, the third place car. Then you've got a car length and a half, maybe two, back to Dale Jarrett. He's up in the fourth spot. Darrell Waltrip runs fifth in this problems. P.J. Jones spins off the flat of the racetrack, collects Terry Labonte with him as the Kellogg's Cornflakes machine had nowhere to go. Caution on the speedway as Labonte pulls away with damage to the nose of the Kellogg's car. What happened there was an example of when you get off the banking to the flat of the racetrack. The car was half on the banking, half on the flat for P.J. Jones. It just kind of got away from him. And as he shot up the 24-degree banking, Terry Labonte had nowhere to go. Caution. Lap 136 for the sixth time today. A new Pontiac SSEI. Feel the power and excitement. A supercharged engine makes it fly. This car's got heart, it's got soul. Dual airbags, anti-lock brakes. A look out road, I'm in control. Better believe it's got what it takes. You know that's just no turning back. Covering ground in a Pontiac. SSEI. It's pure driving excitement. Everyone, this is Ned Jerry inviting you to join me for the world of racing every weekday on MRN Radio. Each Monday through Friday, we spend a few minutes with one of the top personalities in NASCAR racing, talking about what's going on both on the track and behind the scenes. From Allison to Wilson, you'll hear from them all on the world of racing every weekday on MRN Radio. Next Sunday, NASCAR Winston Cup Series racing from the Pocono International Raceway. Live coverage of the Champion Sparkplug 500 begins at 12.15 Eastern on MRN Radio. Back at Dover Downs International Speedway, caution is on the racetrack, and pit road is a very busy place. Dick Brooks? Well, Mark Martin's in uh, with the first one to stop. 
They're going to do four tires on his car, Jeff Bodine. They dropped his car down just with the right side tires. They got him back on the racetrack as Davey Allison the same way. Got him moving along. They got uh, uh, Ernie Irvin's in. They got the hood up on the car to see if they can find out what's wrong with it. Mark Martin got his, got his four tires, and he's going away. Jim Phillips. Rusty Wallace is in for four tires. Derek Cope was in. He got two tires. Rick Wilson's in. He's got some damage to the front of his car now. He's getting four tires. Dale Jerry was in for four tires. Darrell Walter was in for four tires and gasoline. He's back on the racetrack, and they're still working on the Terry Labonte car. From the Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Pit stops here at lap number 138 at the Monster Mile Dover Downs International Speedway as we work the sixth caution flag of the day. A little high on the number of cautions at this stage of the day. Last year's race here in June, we had seven for the entire 500 miles. Here in September, we had nine cautions for the entire 500 miles. But that's not really a surprise to see these types of cautions because Jeff Bodine, who has run here forever, as a matter of fact, used to hold the track record here in his old modified car, he knows how how tough Dover Downs is. That's the toughest race we have all year. Uh, and it is very physical. The track is so fast, banked, rough. Uh, just really beats the driver up. It's physically hard on a car, on the equipment, on the engine. It, it just is really, really, uh, like they call a monster mile, it's, it's the toughest monster mile that we have. Of course, if you want to go the other way, Barn, back in 1971, the old Mason-Dixon 500 that Bobby Allison won, it was caution-free here at Dover Downs. We've seen him at both uh, both ends of the spectrum. Kind of hard to believe that you could run a race at Dover Downs and not have a caution, or just the same as it is at Bristol, which we saw a few years ago, and also at North Wilkesboro. But there aren't many caution-free races in Winston Cup competition. 139 laps are on the board. Several cars are still out there running and have uh, some damage to them. Terry Labonte is one of those. Harry Gant got caught up in an accident earlier today. He also has a little damage to his car. Uh, Jeff Gordon's been in and out of the garage several times. Bill Elliott had some damage to the front end of his car, but he is still out there running. And Brett Bodine, uh, you've heard us talk for the last half hour that they had made several pit stops and continue to work on his machine. So this place will eat up some race cars. No question about that. No doubt about it. As we uh, continue to work under caution again, Ernie Irvin is in with the hood up on the car. And Dick Brooks, last time Ernie pulled away, a big plume of white smoke came out of the uh, pipes. What does that normally signify to a, an engine builder? or someone on the team there? Well, it's generally uh, water. Well, it's about all it can be, uh, you know, to kind of designate white smoke as water, or, uh, blue smoke as oil, and black smoke as fuel. So uh, as much as white smoke as there is here, uh, I'd, I'd say it struck water someplace. He's maybe even uh, cracked a cylinder wall or a head or something like that. But they uh, continue to try to figure out what to, what to do to, to uh, at least let him run for a while. Wants to stay out there and collect all the Winston Cup points he can. The indication, one more lap, we'll get ready to go back to green flag racing here in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. And we haven't had uh, all that much green flag racing with six caution flags already up to one lap 140, and we've seen the yellow fly six times this afternoon. Posting Dale Earnhardt as the leader, Bobby Labonte up into the number two spot. Bobby's coming on. That team's beginning to turn around a little bit. They've got him up in second place right now. Uh, Dick Trickle shows up in third as they get ready to go back to green. Jeff Bodine being posted fourth, and Rick Mass round out the top five. Bobby Labonte had a top 20 qualifying spot here this weekend. That's 19th qualifier to be exact, and he's 
qualified in the top 20 for the third time in the last four races. It's going to take you a while. I don't care how good you are in Bush Series competition, I don't care how many championships you win, you come to a new series of racetracks in many instances with a heavier car, different braking strategies and so on. It's just going to take you a while to get adjusted. It'll be interesting to watch that team now as they work towards the start of the second half of the season and tighten up that Max Race Card Rookie of the Year battle a bit. Richard Petty has been in his pit of Rick Wilson this afternoon. He's really been watching that car because they've been having some of their best runs in the last couple of races. All set to go back to green as they come down to the line. The green flag flies. They set sail. Jimmy Spencer leads them off into turn number one. He should be on the tail end of the lead lap as a lead car right behind him. Dale Earnhardt works traffic in turn two. Earnhardt works the outside lane trying to get by Sterling Marlin. Also the Morgan Shepard car directly ahead of him. Bobby Labonte now the second place car. Labonte also working that heavy traffic back up in turn three. Bobby Labonte had situations work well in his favor for much of the day at Charlotte last week, you remember, as he and Dale Jarrett with the two cars on the lead lap for a goodly part of the day. Jimmy Spencer on the tail end of the lead lap trying to pull away and give himself some breathing room. The leader is Earnhardt. Spencer, then it's Morgan Shepard, Sterling Marlin, and Ted Musgrave all directly ahead of Earnhardt, but Dale goes to work on the first of those cars now to the inside, and Ted Musgrave at the end of the back straightaway. And Bobby Labonte would be wise to try and hang with Dale Earnhardt. Whatever line Dale takes, he's not a bad man to follow around the racetrack, that's for sure. Dick Trickle tried to get underneath Bobby Labonte last time around, thought he might catch him asleep, but Bobby saw him coming and shut the door on him down in turns one and two. That's where they are right now. Trickle falls back in line behind Bobby Labonte, actually drops back a couple of car lengths behind him now as they all go single file down this back straightaway up into turn three. Sterling Marlin now around uh, the racetrack has pulled around Dale Earnhardt, so Marlin's on the tail end of the lead lap, just reassigning those positions for you. Earnhardt is the leader, but two of the three cars that are running ahead of him right now are on the tail end of the lead lap. The other car, Morgan Shepard, the tail end of two laps down. They're going to bring Terry Labonte back in. A lot of damage still to the right rear quarter panel of the Kellogg's Cornflakes machine. That car just stabbing that cheap metal flap in the wind rather uh, quickly and easily. NASCAR won't allow that. He's in for more work on that car. The leaders are back in turn number one here at lap 145. Dale Earnhardt still chipping away, trying to get by some of those lap cars. He'll do the job on Sterling Marlin coming off turn number two. Picks up that car. Now just two directly in front of the race leader, Jimmy Spencer and Morgan Shepard. I tell you, you really have to hand it to Dale Earnhardt and that whole team. Earnhardt, of course, is one of the best drivers in Wesley Cup racing. No question about that. Richard Childress and the guys that work on that car give him a great piece of equipment every week. Already here today, he has been a lap down in the early going. And all trouble, trouble in turn, turn two. Sterling Marlin slams the outside retaining wall. The car just broke loose, spun around on the right side, hit hard against the outside wall. Now he rolls down the banking, spins again as everyone makes evasive actions to get by. Dale Jarrett also involved there. Dale Jarrett has slowed on the racetrack, but he will now continue around. I think he was more watching the situation more so than anything else. Well, I'll tell you, we've had a spate of yellow fever here. The yellow caution flag flying for the seventh time. Let's go down to the pitch. P.J. Jones has just come out of his hauler. He was involved in the last caution. P.J., you're okay. What happened? Yeah, I was fine. You know, we didn't have the car working so well, and we're just trying to run as best we could, and I was just down low and uh, trying to... uh, uh, you know, stay up with a pack, and Ernie Irvin, I think, had a motor problem or something right in front of me. He just slowed up abruptly, and I had to slow up, and I guess the cars behind me didn't really realize what was happening. They hit me, and and they uh, and I spun, and I don't I don't know what happened, but it was just one of them uh, unfortunate situations. And the Melling Ford is out for today. And the yellow flags continue to fly the seventh time this afternoon at lap 146. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. 
the remains of the Raybestos Ford of Sterling Marlin now being paraded in front of this massive front grandstand, a rather dismal-looking trophy, if you will, after the impact with the wall moments ago. Sterling Marlin bringing out the seventh caution flag of the day, and predictably this race has been uh, run at virtually a snail's pace if you compare it to a normal Winston Cup high-banked affair. Average speed just 88.417 miles an hour because we really haven't had that much of a consistent green flag run. Cautions at lap 19, 35, 104, then 113, 121, 136, 147. We're going about anywhere from uh, 11 to 15 laps between cautions and it's kept the average speed down. At lap 150, let's pause. 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at Dover Downs International Speedway, you're tuned to live coverage of the Budweiser 500 on MRN Radio. Alongside Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Joe Moore covers the action in the turns today, and there's been plenty of it with Jim Phillips, Dick Brooks, and Alan Bestwick in the pit and garage area. At this stage of the day, Bobby Labonte being shown as the race leader, of course, the situation being brought about because of some teams electing to make pit stops here, others not, and the uh, recircling of positions after this uh, caution of moments ago. They'll get the one-to-go signal as soon as they come by the start-finish line. The race was led by Davey Allison for the first three laps. Then Brett Bodine took the lead for 19 laps, followed by Dave Marcus, who was a very, very strong car early in the afternoon. Dale Earnhardt then led for some 30 laps before Mark Mark and Brett Bodine and Kyle Petty all swapped it around. But as we get set to go back to green flag racing, they'll form up now for the start with Bobby Labonte showing the way. This mid-race update has been brought to you by STP Oil Treatment, Gas Treatment, Fuel Injector Cleaner, and Son of a Gun Protectant as we check into the garage area. Sterling Marlin's just come out of the infield care center and telling me he's okay. Sterling, what happened out there? I don't know. Went off in one and... Uh car just turned around like it cut a tire or something and uh, wasn't no saving it. I don't know what happened. I had not got a chance to, to you know, look at it or nothing yet, but uh, I'm okay. They own not. Sterling Marlin will not finish the Budweiser 500. The garage area beginning to fill up with race cars here. 19 cars are on the lead lap. Those cars led by Bobby Labonte, Rick Mast, Dick Trickle, then Davey Allison and the Jimmy Hensley car. Derek Cope is next in line as we get set to go back to green here at lap number 151. Bobby Labonte having his moment in the sun. The young rookie driver brings him out of turn number four as the Pontiac pace car goes behind the pit wall. Green flag goes in the air and they get down to it one more time. Good start for Bobby Labonte. He doesn't get shuffled around at all going into the corner. Racing with one of the lap cars down to the inside, but he has pulled away from Rick Mass by three or four car lengths already. Ted Busgrave able to get by Bobby Labonte on the start, so he leads the pack. Labonte in line second. He's the race leader. Then Rick Mast runs third. That move by Ted Musgrave will put him back on the tail end of the lead lap. So now 20 cars on the lead lap as at lap 153. They'll all steamroll back into turn number one and climb the 24-degree banking in single file. Single file except for Michael Walter. Protect that Derek Cope going to the outside of one of the lap cars. Wally Dollenbeck as they come off the corner. Dollenbeck holds the inside lane. So Cope's able to make his move further back. Rusty Wallace goes to the outside of Lake Speed and Morgan Shepard will go with him. And Ernie Irvin brings the Kodak film car back onto pit road and apparently might be heading for the 
Raj or maybe back into his pits. We'll kind of watch and see as the leaders sweep back into turn number one. Nope, I think Ernie's going to take it to the garage this time. So Ernie Irvin, who had one of the best cars out there, started dead last on the field and came up to the front and led a great deal of this thing this afternoon. Now with engine problems, has gone to the garage area. 154 laps on the scoreboard. The clouds began to thicken up a little bit here this afternoon at Dover Downs. Over the Budweiser 500, Bobby Labonte really driving a great race. Rick Mass rides in the number two position. Davey Allison beginning to get very strong all of a sudden. Allison is dicing back there in some of that lap traffic, trying to catch the leader out of turn two. Davey's working with Hunt Strickland, whose car has seemingly come to life here in the last couple of laps since his restart. Strickland's trying to get back up on the lead lap. He's bypassed the Rick Mass car, taking Davey with him, and now Hunt's closing in on the race leader, Bobby Labonte. Hunt is running in 21st spot. He is the first of the drivers a lap down. On the move now, Mark Martin. He looks to the inside of Derek Cole trying to make a pass there, grabbing a spot there, battling for sixth. Down to the inside is Mark Martin. Derek Cope has to give way as his car drifts up the banking. A bit he'll try to shut it down again before Rusty Wallace makes a similar move. Wallace now pulls up alongside Derek Cope in turn three. Rusty Wallace has had to play catch up a couple of times also this afternoon, but right now he is one of the strongest cars out there, but he's back in the pack, having to thread his way through some of the traffic that isn't lapped and some that is, but he's having a good strong run at this juncture. 157 on the scoreboard, still chasing Bobby Labonte out of turn two. But Strickland takes a McDonald's four down to the inside of the track. He'll bypass the race leader, Bobby Labonte. So Strickland back on the tail end of the lead lap. He'll take Davey Allison with him. Now Labonte can't get back in line. Rick Mast goes by. He'll take the lead. So as they work themselves out of the corner, Davey Allison being shown as the race leader. Rick Mast now running in the second spot at lap number 158 as we check in on Pit Road. In the garage area, Ernie Irvin has just climbed out of the Kodak Chevrolet. Ernie, you came to the front in a big hurry, but it didn't last. What happened? Well, evidently we burned a piston in the Kodak Film Chevrolet today, and uh, the guys did a great job, you know, with a brand-new motor. And, um, you know, thank everybody that helped us, Delco Remy and Chevrolet. And, you know, like I said, I can't say much. Uh, it was a backup car. and Had the motor in it already, a brand-new motor. Just never got a chance to dial the motor in as far as jet-wise. So we'll have to come bring her back some other time. Ernie Irvin is out of the race today. Terry Labonte has also pulled the Kellogg Chevy into the garage area. He's just climbed out of the car, and he's looking over the damage to the front end. We'll get a word with Terry in just a second. Let's give a call to Dick Trickle this afternoon. He's had a good, solid run all day long. He's been right up in the top ten most of the day. Currently, he's being shown up there in fourth place and is not losing any ground, not gaining any on the leader right now, Davey Allison. But all of a sudden, Davey Allison's car has really come to life as he sweeps down to turn three. Davey's trying to do away with lap traffic in the form of Ted Musgrave going to turn three. He'll sweep down on the inside of the track and pull up alongside Musgrave. As they work into the corner, Davey Allison stays down low, putting Musgrave a lap down. Dick Trickle, you mentioned, having an awfully good run here today. He ran here way back when USAC stock cars used to visit this racetrack back in its infancy some 25 years ago. Dick Trickle said, I remember running this place 69 or 70, he said, and he had a pretty good run in that instance. He's running here again. A lot of folks may not realize that in the 25-year history of this racetrack, they've even had Indy cars run here, and as a matter of fact, Ernie Irvin's pole speed here this weekend, only four miles an hour slower. That's not much than the pole speed for the Indy cars when they ran here at Dover Downs. A little bit different now, though, if they brought him here, that's for sure. But nevertheless, very impressive. 162 laps on the scoreboard. We've had all kinds of yellow flags. Seven, as a matter of fact, if you joined our broadcast late and the attrition rate due to wrecks has eat up a lot of race cars. Ernie Irvin went to the garage a moment ago. We heard from him there with a motor problem. Terry Labonte has got caught up in an accident, finally has parked his car. Sterling Marlin out of the event. P.J. Jones, Ricky Rudd, Kyle Petty, Dave Marcus, 
and Phil Parsons and Greg Sachs, some of the cars that we're showing in the garage right now. And Barney walking alongside Terry Labonte. He's just climbed out of the Kellogg Chevy. Terry, the damage too bad to continue. Well, not really. The thing's just towed way in. They'll probably adjust it, and we'll probably go back out. But uh, I can't drive it like it is, so they got to work on it a little bit. Front end beat in pretty good after that encounter a little bit earlier, so Terry Labonte's going to wait and watch for now. 164 laps on the scoreboard. Davey Allison, Rick Mast, and Dick Trickle, the top three from the Dover Downs International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Probably the largest lead that anybody has enjoyed today is the one that Davey Allison has right now. He's got about 10 or 12 car lanes on Rick Mast, who's running in the second spot. Then a lapped car, Ted Musgrave, before you get back to Mark Martin running in third. Fourth is Rusty Wallace. And what a great run for Jimmy Hensley. He has that car now solidly in the top five. He's running in fifth. If you think we have a great race going here today, and we do, how about the Bush North race, the Grand National North Series event, just wrapping up at Watkins Glen International. Bobby Dragon got the win ahead of Dick McCabe, Curtis Markham, Dave Resendiz, and Ted Christopher. On the last lap, it was Dragon, McCabe, and Markham, three wide, coming through turn number 11. That's the final turn at the Glen that leads you under the bridge back to the start-finish line. Dick McCabe spun on the racetrack. Curtis Markham spun down onto pit road and opened up the middle for Bobby Dragon, who took over the victory right there, just yards from the finish line. So our congratulations to Bobby Dragon and the Watkins Glen 125, presented by Fisher Snowplows this afternoon. And sounds like quite a win there in the Bush North for Bobby Dragon. Sounds like it. We may have a dandy of that kind of finish here before it's all over. Davey Allison right now a moment ago was about eight-tenths of a second ahead of Rick Mast. Mast has cut it down now to about a half a second, Joe Moore, and he's gaining a little bit, but not all that much, not that quick. Rick is starting to smoke the tires a little bit. We can see him coming off turn two here. He really gets into it trying to track down Davey Allison. He shut it down to about seven car lengths. Mark Martin is about ten car lengths behind the Rick Mast car, and Rusty Wallace also closing in from the fourth position. But it's not been a vintage year for Davey Allison. The team had had high, high home going into the season, and it's been kind of slow getting going here in the early part of the year. What's the deal here in 93 for you, Davey? It's a weird season by our statistics. If you look over our statistics from the past, you wouldn't think that our only top five finishes this year would have been on the short tracks, and you wouldn't think that we would only have one other top ten finish that was on the super speedways. You know, we finished seventh at Talladega. The last top five finish on a super speedway we have was here at Dover back in September. We finished, I think, either fourth or fifth. So the way things have gone this year, it's been domination at times on the short tracks, but not the kind of showing they wanted here on the super speedways. Davey hadn't qualified in the top five in a long, long time. Of course, he had himself a good top three here this weekend. But uh, once that team gets on track, they're just all too good not to be... uh, battling for the uh, lead of the Winston Cup points. Just like Kyle Petty said earlier this afternoon, a lot of teams have just uh, had kind of a strange season. Teams that you would normally expect to be up in the top five in the Winston Cup point standings and running up front every week have not done so as of yet, and teams that seem to come from nowhere have had a real good year. Good battle going on a moment ago between Dale Earnhardt and young Bobby Labonte as he finally gets around him, Joe Moore. But uh, Labonte's doing a good job out there. That was the battle for the sixth spot, and Earnhardt had tracked him down and 
followed him for a couple of laps. Finally got ready to make his move, and Bobby, I guess, had held on as long as he could. Earnhardt swept to the inside, picked up the spot, and now Labonte is in danger from a fast-closing Derek Cope. That car's been running well all afternoon long. Also, Derek Cope has rarely been out of the top ten, but here they go back into turn number one. They'll try and make a bypass on Bobby Labonte if Labonte stumbles at all. This is the battle for the seventh spot. Just coming off turn two, Labonte nails it down to the inside of the track. Cope briefly looks to the outside, thinks better of it. He'll fall in line and follow the Maxwell House forward back to turn three. It's been a good racetrack over the years for Derek Cope. He's had some of his best runs and got his second Winston Cup win right here at uh, Dover Downs uh, some years ago with, I think, Buddy Parrott was the crew chief on the car at that time, so Derek knows how to get around here also. But so far, he hasn't been able to do anything with Bobby Labonte. 176 go up on the scoreboard as Davey Allison continues to set sail. Rick Mass was chasing him down a moment ago. It moved up there within about a half a second. Now he's losing some ground to the leader as they work back into the corner. It's almost a full second the separation between Davey Allison and Rick Mast. Mark Martin rides third. He's picking up a little ground right now on the second place runner, Mast. They're over in turn three. They've cleared the lap traffic and now have plenty of room to take the lines they want going through the turns and Mark Martin is shutting down the separation between himself and Rick Mast. Rusty Wallace not really gaining any on Mark Martin. He's some 15 car lengths behind. Then Jimmy Hens and Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt may be the man on the move after passing Bobby Labonte. He's beginning to shut down the distance between himself and Jimmy Hensley. Dale Earnhardt also knows that this is a kind of a stretch of races where you can really make some hay and pull away from the rest of the guys. You've got a tough track here at Dover, a very unusual racetrack at Pocono, shape-wise next week. Then on to Michigan, a two-mile high-speed racetrack. And this is the stretch of races that's very important to try and do something about the Winston Cup title. Well, it is... Uh... You know, Dover, Pocono, and then Michigan, and the stretch there, a little bit tough races. Uh, I think Dover is, you know, the toughest with the, the longevity the car has to run. And, that, you know, that's a race if you don't stay consistent and stay in there and run the top five, it does hurt in points. They start 40 cars there, and, you know, you break early, you're, you're in trouble. But uh, Pocono's the same way. You run a long time there. That's a, good, a pretty long race, uh, you know, 500 miles there and a big racetrack. It takes a long time to run a lap. So it, it, uh, it's a tough race. Uh, Michigan's an easier race, but if you got behind it at Dover and Pocono, it, you know, you try to make it up in Michigan. But, you know, I think we're in good shape. I think our team's uh, really up for it. Uh, I think we'll do good at, at, at all three of those races. And, uh the momentum the team has right now, I, you know, I think it'll carry through the year. Well, right now, he's a strong sixth-place situation for Dale Earnhardt, but the battle on the racetrack, everybody's watching, is for second now, working up into turn number three, Rick Maston, Mark Martin. Mark Martin just about a half a car length behind him. Mark trying to get down underneath Rick Mast as they came into the corner. Wasn't able to do it. Out of turn four, back across the line, and into turn number one. If he gets around him, he's almost going to have to hope that Rick Mast drifts up a little bit, and that's exactly what he's doing, Joe Moore. He's kicking up a little bit, but not quite enough for Rick for Rick Mass to not be able to hold off Mark Martin. They're back in three. Got to get enough space down on the inside of the track to stick the nose of that Ford down there and try to make the move. And so far, Mast hasn't come that far off the bottom line. Here off turn four, maybe the opening is present. Meanwhile, as Ted Musgrave has a flat left rear tire that we can see from the tower, the battle for second spot of Dandy. Rick Mast yielding now to Mark Martin. But they're still a second and a half behind Davey Allison. Davey Allison leads the parade back up into turn number three. Now he'll start tracking down a couple of slower cars as he exits turn four. Ted Musgrave's car is on pit road. They'll change that flat tire, send him back out onto the racetrack. He's having a pretty good solid run here today also. These pit crews... uh, 
long day for them down on pit road. They can't see around this racetrack very much at all other than just in the front straightaway, so they don't really know what's going on in the corners uh, with their drivers other than what the spotters are saying and what they hear on the radio. And uh, about everything that they can see as far as how their car is working is coming off turn four and going down into turn one. 185 laps go up on the scoreboard in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. The clouds continue to kind of come and go right now. The sunshine is splashing down on the racetrack very brightly. We kind of figured a couple of times when it came out that that would really change the handling on the speedway, but I don't think it's been out long enough to make a difference yet. It really hasn't. It's been uh, peeking out from behind the clouds. It's been a fairly uh, cool day. Breeze is blowing. A lot of folks in the grandstands wearing jackets today, so it's been that kind of an afternoon. Let's go down to pit road. We're the Rick Mass pit with Richard Jackson. Richard, you've come a long way today. You started 23rd. You're up to third now. Yes. We didn't change tires last stop. Rich Cassidy to get track position. We're probably going to fade a little bit, but Rick's really getting so close for a good ride today. We hope to uh, have good luck today. Well, they've had some bad luck. They've had some good runs early in these races, like at Charlotte, but they've had bad luck as far as mechanical problems besetting this team. But Rick Mass looks good so far here on lap 187. The team has really turned around in 1993. They've had some awful strong runs, and if they can ever have a little luck to go along with it, they've got a good chance to win a race. 187 laps on the board. Davey Allison is the leader. We'll be back. Closing in on a 50-lap segment of green flag running here at Dover Downs. We have had seven caution periods thus far. Cautions were rather plentiful in the uh, mid-stages of the event thus far. But right now, the average speed climbing up to 94.794 miles an hour. If you're just tuning in, of those seven caution periods, we've had Greg Sachs go to the garage area, Phil Parsons, Dave Marcus, Kyle Petty, and Ricky Rudd. P.J. Jones, Sterling Marlin, the engine failure for Ernie Irvin, and Terry Labonte involved in that accident of a short while ago. Everybody else still out on the racetrack, including Davey Allison, who puts another lap now on Wally Dallenbach Jr., and still holds a two-second advantage on second place Mark Martin and Dick Brooks. I would guess this is going to be a bit of a sigh of relief to the uh, Haviland team, uh, getting a good run like this on a big track here in 93. Well, I think that's very true. Larry McReynolds, the crew team, is standing here. Larry, you guys uh, work, kept working on the car, and you've got to work working pretty good now. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe the track come to us a little bit, but, man, if we ever adjusted on that thing, we bore the air gauge out in the wind. So, you know, we've still got a lot of racing to go, and it's still not Dover's a particular survival deal today, so just keep racing for what happens. I think that's very true. They not only had to uh, do a lot of adjusting on it, they got off the racetrack on one of the cautions a while ago and uh, knocked the uh, air uh, tube or air inlet before uh, the left front brake off, and they had to go back and put it back on, readjust all it, clean up the front end. So uh, they've had a day, and, and uh, they've got it together now. There's a lot of teams that's had to come back from way back toward the tail end of the field and overcome all kinds of problems. Rusty Wallace is another one of those, and Jim Phillips is in his pit. Yes, we are with Buddy Perry, his crew chief. They've had to make a green flag stop. Buddy, you got behind early, but it looks like you've got the car pretty well dialed in now. Well, that's true. You know, we, uh, we had a car to equalize, and it uh, vibrated the wheel loose a little bit up in the right front, but we got it all taken care of. And, uh, Earnhardt got a lap down and got his lap back, so... Uh, we're in the hunt for the championship. Looks like we're going to race that black car right to the end. And uh, I'd like to say hello to Debbie. And uh, please wait till Monday. Right. That's grandpa to be, Buddy Parrish. <laughs> Maybe they will. 
199 laps complete here at Dover in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. Again, Davey Allison is the leader. Mark Martin is second. Rick Mast rides third. Rusty Wallace is fourth. And uh, we've heard that Wallace, again, has come from the tail end of the field. He may have one of the dominant cars out here. Of course, he and Earnhardt have been the two dominant cars in the early going. But they're the only two cars, I believe, that have been further back than 30th position this afternoon, other than Ernie Irvin, who started back there, and have been able to get up and lead some of the race. Exactly right. Rusty Wallace, another thing that uh, Buddy Power didn't mention there. Rusty went up to his doctor there in Indianapolis, Dr. Trammell, earlier this week and got his cast removed. He's no longer driving with that cast or anything, and uh, he says the mobility is back with him in the race car, and that's so very important. I asked him now in retrospect, I said, Rusty, now that you're back in the car, the cast is gone, uh, forget all the, the propaganda-type talk. I said, were you really feeling as well the last few weeks as you said you were? Let's put it this way. I, I wasn't totally disabled, all right? I couldn't hustle the car the way I wanted to hustle. I couldn't take my... Every time I had to make a turn, I had to use my whole left arm. I had to lift it up and down to make the turn. And my shoulders, I couldn't take my wrist and, and turn it like I wanted to. But, it's you know, it's no big deal. I mean, I tore the transmission out at Sears Point. Maybe if I was in better shape, I would have been a little smoother. I would have tore it up. I spun the car out at, at, at Charlotte last week all by myself. You know, I didn't get any assist from anybody. I've never spun a car out in my damn life, you know, ever, all by myself, okay? Now, I've, I've been hit and spun out, but just driving along and spun, I've never done it. And so I was upset with myself, you know, I didn't think I was right. And I've been really concentrating, getting his arm better. Because I want to win the title, and I will win the title, and I can do win the title. But Rusty Wallace right now back and feeling good. Doesn't have the cast to worry about. And he's out there running in fourth spot. Well, here comes uh, the Kellogg's Cornflakes car. I was just looking down at turn number one to follow Davey Allison into the corner. And here comes Terry Labonte out of the garage area. And, Alan, I didn't get a good look at the car. How much did they have to shear away of that race car in the garage? Well, it's out there minus the hoodie lie. They tried to attach a new nose piece to the car. That front air dam, so it helped maybe the aerodynamics, but it's not going to accomplish a lot without that hood being there. Basically, they just had to reset the front end. It had been knocked all out of whack when he got involved in that accident with P.J. Jones. And they had to reset the suspension so the car would track straight so he could get out there and try and make some laps. Turn a 4-1 problem. The car gets up into the outside wall. Derek Cope was racing along with Bobby Labonte from 6th through 9th. It's been a dandy battle last few laps. Cope trying to get back down in line. The car broke loose, and he tacked the outside retaining wall. We're under caution. Caution for the eighth time this afternoon. Comes out at lap 205. Derek Cope slaps the wall up in turn number four, and he's going to put a pretty good wrinkle in his machine. Will get it fired and is able to come on around the racetrack. We'll take a look at it as he passes the start-finish line. A lot of damage to the rear end of that car. It is really caved in and a lot of smoke out of it, but the yellow flag is out for the eighth time this afternoon when Derek Cope hit the wall up in turn four. Wasn't it Derek Cope here a couple years ago really slammed the uh, inside retaining wall here at a couple of car accident coming out of turn number four and went nose first into the inside retaining wall here on the main straightaway. So this uh, not nearly the impact of that particular afternoon. If you remember that day, they had to come out with the welding trucks and so on to repair the uh, the wall here in front of us. But nevertheless, a lot of damage on the Bojangles car. But Derek Cope's been given that machine uh, an awfully good ride here in this afternoon's action. We're not even halfway. Still a lot of racing to go yet. You know, we talk uh, and you get a tendency to talk at a race.
racetrack that you know, this one's doing well now and this, that, and the other. But remember, this is a lengthy, lengthy race. We are 207 laps into a 500-lap affair. It is time for pit stops, though, under caution. These pit stops on lap number 208. That will be the lap count once Davey Allison brings it across the start-finish line there on pit road. He, Mark Martin, Rick Mast, uh, Rusty Wallace, everybody is in. First to Jim Phillips. Well, Rusty Wallace brings his car in. They stop on right on the dime. Dale Earnhardt is always on the dime, and he's in right now getting four tires and gasoline. Rick Wilson having a good run at the top ten today. He's in. They're changing the right side tires with his machine, and they're in with the Derek Cope machine, doing a lot of work on the rear of that car. It was, well, almost like a gremlin, looks like. Rusty Wallace is down in the way, 18.8 seconds on his stop. Jimmy Spencer is in for service. Rick Mass has already left his pit stall. Two tires and gasoline. Have a little bit of trouble on the Rick Wilson car. They get the left side tires on now. He's down and away. Dick Brooks. Well, Jimmy Inslee was in and got uh, two tires on his car. Uh, Mark Martin was in, two tires. Jeff Bodine took four tires on his car. Uh, Ken Schrader was in with two tires. They're back out and going. The way they came off pit road, Davey Allison will come back onto the racetrack first, so he should be the leader. Rusty Wallace comes out right behind him, then Rick Mast. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Getting set to go back to green. We are at Dover Downs International Speedway. A gorgeous day for racing. You could not shoehorn another person into this racetrack, be it the outside grandstands or the enclosed grandstand on the backstretch, which is home to the horse racing track here, which runs on the inside of the super speedway. Everywhere you look, every seat is filled. Here comes Kyle Petty. He's gotten back into the mellow yellow Pontiac. He's returned to the racetrack, albeit many, many laps down. As we get set for green flag racing, Davey Allison continues as the leader. Pontiac pace car behind the pit wall. Doyle Ford puts the green flag in the air, and Davey Allison gets a good jump on the start, takes him off into turn number one. No danger of losing the lead in the corner because he is way ahead of Rusty Wallace by a couple of car lengths out of turn two. Wallace still trying to dig out of the traffic that's held, holding him up a bit here coming off turn two. Wally Dallin back and Hut Strickland there blocking him for a few moments. Finally now, Wallace clears those cars. The third place machine, Rick Mast, now works to the outside lane of those slower cars. Rick Mast working off the high side of the racetrack. He gets around Hut Strickland, tries to go around the lap car of Wally Dallin back. Rick Mast, a strong third, but Mark Martin pressures him in fourth spot. Dick Trickles running in fifth. Here they come off turn number two and Rusty Wallace makes a bid for the lead down oh. on the inside of the track as Mark Martin slips in turn number three. Jimmy Hensley loses control. Ah. He'll spin around here on the back straightaway. It'll collect Bobby Labonte. Lake Speed down on the inside of the track. Looks like Bobby Hillen down there. Two or three other cars. Jimmy Spencer is involved all here on the back straightaway. A lot of cars is setting in all kinds of directions over there. Facing traffic, facing down to the inside. Bobby Labonte, we see his car pulling away now with some damage to it. And caution is on the speedway. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Looks like they're all going to be able to pull away, Barney. Uh, Jimmy Hensley just refired uh, his car. Drops down to the inside of the track. He'll drive away. Lake Speed, who got squeezed in between two cars and rolled down to the inside of the track, has refired his car and driven away as well. It all started coming off turn two as Mark Martin's car broke loose. He gathered it back in, but Jimmy Hensley... Hensley was right behind him. He got on the brakes to try to avoid that car, and Hensley's car got out of shape. Looks like he would bring it back into control also, but Hensley slipped around, and that collected all the other cars here on the back stretch, right at the entrance of turn three. 
212 laps on the scoreboard, and already nine caution flags have been displayed to the field here this afternoon. Again, Bobby Hillen involved in that spin over there, along with Jimmy Spencer, Jimmy Hensley, and Lake Speed. And good piece of driving there by Mark Martin. And we thought everybody was going to get away for just a second, but when Hensley turned around, it bottled up the whole field over there. Jimmy just couldn't save it. They all got the on the binders as best they could, and there was just no way. I guess Rick Wilson was the first one to brush the wall. A host of others. Here comes Bobby Labonte with some damage to the right front, but it's uh, Dick Trickle with a lot of work now being done on his car. Jim Phillips is down there watching. Well, the Bobby Labonte car just passed by, and of course the right front fender is peeled away on that car. He's got the damage to the right front suspension. Jimmy Spencer is in. They're working on the left side of his car, and of course he just got back on the lead lap. They had a pretty good race car today. They're working on the left side of his car. Elliot is in, blocking my view a little bit down on the Bobby Hillen car. They've got the hood up on his car. So a lot of work got on this end of the pit lane, working on cheap metal and suspension. Dick Brooks? Well, I give Kyle Petty a time to run a couple laps so he can find out what was happening with their car. They brought it back in. They're doing an adjustment on it. Jimmy Hensley was in. They didn't uh, appear to be too awful much damage to the car, a little bit to the front, but the chassis itself didn't look all that bad. They changed right side tires on it tried to pull anything from rubbing the tires away and uh, he's back out. Bobby Hillen have been having a pretty good run. His car is on pit road right now. The Heilig Myers Ford as they continue to work on it. He was up in 13th position, I believe, when the problem uh, occurred over there in the corner just a moment ago as they continue to try and get him repaired here and send him back onto the racetrack. Again, Dick Trickle's car has quite a bit of damage to it. He came in in a puff of smoke and sheet metal kind of all pulled away from the car as they continue to work on it. How many of these cars will be able to continue? We'll just have to wait and see because they're working on a lot of them in the pits right now. Barney down in the garage with Derek Cope who's just climbed out of the Bojangles for Derek, what happened? Well, we're, we're a little disappointed. You know, we had a good run going, and uh, unfortunately, I think uh, I, got, I got by with the Bonnie just stuck on traffic on the outside and uh, got by him and tucked back in. He just, you know, he just hit me from behind and got us sideways and uh, just ended our day for the Bojangles Ford. He's having a good run, too, in the top ten at the time he fell out, but Derek Hope's Bojangles Ford is pretty heavily damaged in the back end. I don't believe I've seen the attrition rate quite this high due to accidents. Uh, a couple of times we've had some blown engines up here at Dover, and maybe some sheet metal and whatever else. But today, man, the, the, at least, what, two-thirds of the cars that are in the garage are out due to a wreck. Actually, I guess everybody except Ernie Irvin. Basically, Greg Sachs had the accident early. Phil Parsons had his. Dave Mark is his. Rick. Ricky Rudd and P.J. Jones. Sterling Marlin had his. Terry Labonte was in an accident. Derek Cope had the problem. The only other guy out of the event now is Ernie Irvin with uh, the engine problem. So uh, only one because of uh, engine attrition. Everybody else has found themselves in the wall or something. Check in with Jim Phillips. Well, Dick Trickle sets calmly in his cars. They work on the front of it. He's taking a direct hit right in the middle of the front end on the car. The radiator is leaking water. And looking around the left rear of the machine, Big dent in the left quarter panel. They've completely taken the rear bumper off this machine. So it's going to be a long stop for Dick Trickle. And the Bobby uh, Hillen car still sits on the pit lane. They're working on the right front suspension on his car. Boy, that's a shame because there are so many cars that need to have a good finish and have a good run. And it seems like every time they get it dialed in to where they can do that, they have some kind of a problem. And uh, Dick Trickle is one of those here this afternoon, and Bobby Hillen is another. We are under caution. 215 laps are on the scoreboard. We talked about Bobby Labonte a couple of times this afternoon, what a good run he is having. I asked him yesterday, Tim Brewer is the crew chief on that car. Has Tim been a good uh, coach for you, so to speak? Yeah, he has. You know, he's he's made some awful good calls and just helped me out in a lot of ways. You know, I mean, 
uh, it don't matter how much you think you know about it, you're going to learn something every day, and I think everybody knows that. Tim Brewer, uh, they've had their ups and downs. It's, it's no secret in this business. There are times that a driver will disagree with a crew chief or whatever. But uh, Tim is like Jake Elder and the different guys that have had a lot of the young drivers over the years. If you listen to those guys that have been here for a long time, like Jake or Tim, they're not going to steer you wrong too many times, that's for sure. Exactly right. Right now, we're watching the Dick Trickle car getting pushed up pit road by uh, the Raymock crew. It looks as though the day is done for that machine. And uh, in the case of Dick Trickle, that'll be another car going to the garage area as a result of an accident. The uh, lead currently in the hands of Rusty Wallace. He did come out of that uh, evasive maneuver on the back straightaway there at lap 212 with the lead. Davey Allison led early, then Brett Bodine. Dave Marcus has led here today. Other cars that have led included Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, Brett Bodine again, Kyle Petty, Ernie Irvin, Bobby Labonte, Davey Allison, and now Rusty Wallace as we go back to the pits. Well, we're in uh, Jimmy Hensley's uh, pit with uh, Paul Andrews. How bad did he get hurt? Well, it just looks like a little cosmetic damage. The bumpers kind of shoved back a little bit in the hoods, a little gap in between the hood and the fender, but I think everything's going to be all right. Didn't, did, didn't look like it messed the toe up. We should be all right. Car's running pretty good for you. Yeah, it is running pretty good. You know, it's a shame we got, got back in the back here. Now we'll have to work our way back up. We were in trying to play catch up a little bit here. I think we're I think we got a pretty good car today. We'll see what happens for the end of the day. This team could uh, really come together. It's uh, as Paul Andrews and uh, Jimmy Hensley's driving his heart out. Jimmy Hensley had a good run going. He's been up in the top ten most of the day, and it's unfortunate that the accident occurred over there coming out of the corner just a moment ago. He almost had that car saved, but it's very difficult to do sometimes when it gets about 15 or 20 degrees out of shape. Just got to wonder what it's going to take for Jimmy Hensley to have a full-time ride somewhere forever because that car obviously next year is going to be owned and driven by Jeff Bodine, and that'll be Jimmy Hensley again looking for uh, a full-time ride. But he's, he's too good of a guy to be uh, passed on uh, for a long time. Lap two. 17 on the board, continuing cleanup on the back straightaway after this multi-car tangle, working the ninth caution flag of the day. Field has just been given the indication, one more lap, and they will go back to green. Let's quickly check in the garage. And they've just pushed a very battered Ford Thunderbird back. Dick Trickle behind the wheel, starting to uh, unstrap the helmet. Dick, what happened out there? Well, that was a big skirmish in front of me, and just, uh, just a bunch of cars got together and you know, I missed everything I could miss, but, you know, some of them guys don't let off the gas. They run us over from the back. Uh, you know, I had to let up. It happened maybe five, six cars ahead of me, or at least four, and I just was missing and dodging, and all of a sudden I got drilled from the rear, and I'm in the middle of everything. And all four corners of this Ford are beat up, so they'll have to do a little bit more work. You think you'll be able to get back out? Yeah, well, we'll get back out uh, for the points and all, but the Carolina Ford, you know, I mean, this is the factory stores of America Ford. I tell you, we were in the top ten, and uh, we had a good run. We were real conservative, and, you know, I think we had what it takes to make get a real good top five finish today. They'll try and get this car back out for points if they can. Good save for Dick Trickle there. 219 laps are on the scoreboard. Pace car behind the pit wall. We're set to go back to green flag racing. Rusty Wallace, the leader. Davey Allison came out of the pit second, so that's where he sits right now. Third, Rick Mass. Fourth, Dale Earnhardt. And fifth is Mark Martin. Green goes in the air. They all race back into turn number one. A lap car now between the lead machine and the rest of the field over to turn two. That's Morgan Shepard sitting in between Rusty Wallace and Davey Allison. Then Rick Mass, the third place machine, held up a bit as he tries to get by the Hudson. Strickland machine lined up behind Rick Mast will be the Mark Martin car and Dale Earnhardt now who rides fourth. 
Morgan Shepard is the first car a lap down. He's running in 16th position. Here come the cars out of the corner. Earnhardt tries to make a move. He'll want third spot. He looks to the inside of Rick Mast heading into one. Rick Mast gives way as he goes up the banking a bit. Earnhardt's able to pick up the spot. Further back, Darrell Waltrip dives down to the inside of one of the lap cars. He'll get by that machine cleanly and now go to work on another lap car. Ted Musgrave as they drift off into turn three. Boy, it didn't take the front four very long to string out a little bit after three laps back under green. Rusty Wallace is the leader with Morgan Shepard sandwiched in between himself and Davey Allison, who's about five or six car lengths back. Rick Mast is about an equal distance back behind Davey Allison. As they work out of turn number three, Dale Earnhardt's in that picture also very much out of turn two. Those cars all go single file. The shuffle further back, though, as the lead lap cars try to clear themselves of the lap traffic. Mark Martin has already done that as he's gone by Hut Strickland. Darrell Waltrip next in line trying to get by the McDonald's Ford. Nine cars out of the event. A total of 16 have been bitten by the monster in one way or another here today. The lead cars work back into the corner. Darrell Waltrip trying the outside of Hut Strickland trying to get around that lap car. Looks like he'll finally make the move coming off turn two as Strickland holds the inside line, so Waltrip clears that car. Further back, Harry Gant and Dale Jarrett still to clear that traffic up in turn four. And they're indicating that 15 cars are still on the lead lap. So this has been a very competitive race, and we're yet to make the halfway point. 224 on the board. 250 will make up halfway here in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. Rusty Wallace having a good run. As you heard Eli talk to him a little bit earlier about his problem with that wrist for the last three or four weeks. Feels like he's not quite 100% yet but that he's certainly up to par to win races in that car, and he's showing it here this afternoon. Davey Allison has company right now. Dale Earnhardt is there, and a couple of times, Earnhardt took a look underneath him going through three and four. He's real close out of turn two. Davey drifts high this time, coming into turn number two, and Earnhardt is there, up alongside the Haviland Ford, and they're door-to-door going off to turn three. See, Earnhardt's got some horsepower. He just drew even and then just pulled away, going back into the number three corner, and now he pulls by a car length and a half over Davey Allison. The leader is Rusty Wallace, a big pack of traffic running midway through the field. It includes Jeff Bodine and a host of others. Rick Wilson is there. Jimmy Spencer is there. Those cars battling for 10th spot on back. Shuffling side by side through turn number two while up front, Mark Martin makes a move on Rick Mass to pick up the third position. But further back, Jeff Bodine tries to clear himself of traffic. He's down on the inside of Wally Donovan. Ken Schrader and Hunt Strickland go side by side. That'll hold up Michael Waltrip and Jimmy Hensley. Jeff Bodine thought he would be a big factor in this race, and he may well be before the day is over, but he felt like yesterday in that final practice session that they had got the car working extremely well. That team has been very strong all year long, and uh, so far, though, he's been only able to stay up around the top ten, getting a little bit stronger as the race goes on. That crew continues to make adjustments on the car. 228 go up on the scoreboard. Wallace is the leader. Meanwhile, on pit road, the Heilig Myers crew begins to push Bobby Hillen's Ford Thunderbird towards the garage area. He will join a host of others who have already been retired for the day as we go downstairs for an update. Well, another Bobby had some bad luck. But Bobby Labonte, Bill Davis, you had a great race car today. How much damage do you have right now? It's obviously it's off the pace a little bit. Yeah, it's way off. The training's not, uh, the alignment's way off and it won't drive right. You know, the Mason House Ford had another good day going. You know, we thought we had a top 10 car, and, and that's what we're looking for and what we need right now. But, you know, we'll just ride, get some points, and come back next week and try to do it again. Did Bobby say what happened? No, I don't know. We were, you know, tore up, and the spotter was hollering what to do, and I, I still don't know what happened. 
That's Bill Davis Carter for Bobby Labonte as he lifts around the racetrack trying to get a finish out of it today. You're right, Bobby's been running well. He led seven laps earlier today, laps 150 through 157, and the Maxwell House team also was running with the leaders there at Charlotte a week ago in the Coca-Cola 600. That brings a smile to the face of George Morris, who is watching this race now from the booth here. He's the executive vice president for the Maxwell House Coffee Company, and tell you something, it's nice to see a program beginning to grow. No, it's not going to be a great finish today necessarily for Bobby, but he has led. They had the good race last week. You've got to be awfully pleased. Well, we really are, Eli. I, I can't tell you how pleased I am with what we've accomplished today. We had a good qualifying. We, we were running right up there with everybody. Led the race briefly. Our strategy was good. If we hadn't gotten tangled up at uh, Sears Point, we would have had two top ten finishes in a row, and we're in the hunt for one of those today as well. We're in the hunt, guys. Exactly. That car is really coming on. We talked about it earlier in reference, not only to Bobby, but the other rookies on the circuit. It's just going to take a while. I don't care how good you are in the Bush Series, as Bobby was, championships and what have you. It's just going to take a while for you to adjust to a Winston Cup car. Well, I think that's right. And, of course, Bill Davis is bringing uh, his program up to Winston Cup at the same time. Tim Brewer's been a tremendous help. You know, he's one of the absolute top crew chiefs on the team, uh, on the circuit, rather. And uh, so we're making progress. I'm kind of measuring the season in thirds. We're uh, off to one heck of a start in the second third. George Morris with us from Maxwell House. You were confiding in uh, me in the garage area this morning that you have some plans coming out with some new uh, commemorative coffee cans and so on on a national basis. We've seen it regionally so far in uh, the southeastern quadrant of the company of the uh, country, but now going national with a Richard Petty uh, commemorative, I understand. Well, you know, we... We, uh, we really are excited about being at, at a race uh, on a day like this and reaching 60, 70, 80,000 fans. But Maxwell has, likes to reach the millions of race fans out there. And our commemorative coffee cans, our collective co- coffee cans, allow us to do that. We're really excited about the one we're doing with Richard now. Well, we look forward to seeing that. We certainly appreciate your involvement and Bobby's involvement with us here on MRN as part of the hot lap that we bring the race fans each and every week. It's uh, good to have you folks aboard and as part of the NASCAR family. Well, we sure feel like part of the family. And, uh, you know, I was reflecting the other day as Bobby chases uh, Jeff here for the Rookie of the Year. It wasn't all that long ago that his brother Terry was uh, chasing Dale Earnhardt for the uh, Rookie of the Year. I think there's some interesting comparisons there, not just between the brothers, but between Jeff and Dale as well. That's a good point. George, great to see you. Come by any time. Thanks very much, Eli. George Morris, Executive Vice President of the Maxwell House Coffee Company, the official coffee of NASCAR. 236 laps go up on the scoreboard. Been some pretty close races going on on the speedway here. Dale Earnhardt was really working on Rusty Wallace there a moment ago. In fact, they had three cars locked up. Uh, Joe Moore for the battle, they're just about inches apart. Davey Allison was the other machine. Now they break it up just a little bit as they head back to turn three. A couple of car lengths between all three of those machines now as they kind of settle down. They've cleared themselves in some of the lap traffic. That was allowing them to really close in on one another. But Rusty Wallace's lead is about two car lengths over Earnhardt. It's about two more car lengths back to where Davey Allison sits in third. 238 laps complete from the Dover Downs International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. On the racetrack here at Dover Downs International, the Budweiser 500 now veering halfway. We're nine laps shy of the crossed flags. The battle for second spot's been a dandy Joe Moore behind Rusty Wallace, the leader. Dale Earnhardt working on Davey Allison for several laps. Finally was able to make his move as he drove down to the inside of the Haviland Ford going off into turn number one. 
Earnhardt was able to get by, but Davies not letting him get too far away. Still maintaining only about a three-car length lead. It's a pretty good racing at the front of the pack all day long. Rick Mass is now trying to track down the fourth-place car, which is Mark Martin. He's getting a little bit closer also as they work around the speedway. Lake Speed's car being pushed down toward the garage area. And speaking of the garage, let's check in right now to the garage area with Alan Bestwick. Well, Bobby Hillen has just climbed out of the Heilig Myers Ford as Junie Donnelly and his crew and Doug Williams trying to go underneath the front of the car. They're going to try and replace the entire front suspension on the car and get it set back straight so they can get it back out onto the racetrack. Bobby is talking with Dick Trickle, who he got involved with on the racetrack that caused this damage. Bobby, you said the odds just caught up with you out there. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, I hate it for Heilig Myers. You know, we, we seem to be getting better and better, and we're doing, trying to do a good job for him. And we had another good run going today on the lead lap. And, I mean, we were fortunate. We, we missed Rex all day long, and it finally caught up with us. I came off of turn two. And I don't know what happened, man. They just were all stopped. And I drove up under the back of, uh, the back of uh, Dick Trickle and uh, just kind of pile drove him over there. And that's about all we could do. Bobby, and he's going to try and get back out, get some more points in the Heilig Myers Ford. We're going to have a battle for the lead here very, very shortly. Dale Earnhardt, after having gotten around Davey Allison, is now chasing down the race leader, Rusty Wallace. It was five car lengths, then three, now two, maybe a car length and a half on the back stretch. Rusty Wallace closing in on lap traffic. His younger brother, Kenny Wallace, directly ahead. Kenny drops down to the inside of the track in turn three. The front two go by in the outside lane. Dale Earnhardt got the pedal down right now, trying to chase down the leader, Rusty Wallace. And it's always interesting when these two start battling, whether it's for the lead or fourth or eighth or whatever, because there's probably... Probably only a few guys that drive as hard as these two do and race each other the way these two do. Rusty Wallace right now out of turn number two. He looks back and there is Earnhardt. He is four car lengths back trying to catch him in turn three. They've cleared the lap traffic they were dealing with on the last lap, although they are approaching some more. Meanwhile, Davey Allison from the third spot drops back a little bit. He's about seven car lengths behind Earnhardt. The lead cars closing in on Jimmy Means now. They'll also go by the Je- Jeff Gordon car. Likewise, Wally Dallin back junior. Still some four or five car lanes from first to second. Rusty Wallace takes an outside lane, dragging around Jimmy Means here on the back straightaway. Earnhardt just sits tight for the time being, not really closing in that much on Earnhardt. Here's Rusty now taking the outside lane to get by Means off turn four. And this is going to be a chance for Dale to gain some ground on Rusty Wallace because Means drops down to the inside of the racetrack, but Rusty had to get out of the throttle for just a split second, and Earnhardt is there as they go into turn two. Earnhardt closes in as he gets around Jimmy Means. Meanwhile, Rusty Wallace approaches more slower traffic. Jeff Gordon's damage DuPont Chevrolet directly ahead and here goes Rusty going to work on Gordon. Rusty will go high around the Jeff Gordon automobile. Gordon stays on the low groove giving all the race cars in the lead lap as much room as they need. Earnhardt's on the charge. He's back to within a car length and a half in the corner. Earnhardt's there closing in on the rear deck now as they come into turn number two. Rusty Wallace tacks it down on the inside line of the racetrack. There is one slower car directly ahead. They close in on him. That's Wally Dallenbeck up in turn number three. Earnhardt within a car length and a half of the race leader. And Dale Earnhardt about to chase him down one more time. He'll do it at the halfway point. Cross flags, 250 laps in the record book in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. As they take it back into turns one and two, Dale Earnhardt still one car length back to the leader, Rusty Wallace. Here's Rusty coming up off turn number two, hitting the back straightaway, taking it way out against the outside retaining wall. Earnhardt there peeking to the outside, closing it even more as both cars go right down on the white line in turn four. 
Here's a come out of the corner now. Everybody holding their position. The front two cars have managed to pull away from Davy Allison by eight tenths of a second. That's about a dozen car lengths or so, maybe a bit more. They'll hold those positions as the battle for the lead comes to turn two. Rusty again holds that inside line, keeping Earnhardt from going down low to make his pass. If he makes the move, it'll have to be to the outside. He won't try for it this time in turn three. They're still single file. Got a feeling Earnhardt right now for the moment says, well, let's just kind of keep what we've got. Two of us are running about as well as anybody out here. They're pulling away from Davey Allison, the third-place car, and they've opened up a lot of daylight on Mark Martin and Rick Mast. So for the moment, i got a feeling those two will just kind of run nose to tail. They're back in three. They'll have to work some more lap traffic here on the back straightaway, getting by the Maxwell House Ford of Bobby Labonte, swinging wide. Both cars still maintaining about a two-car length separation. Here they come out of turn number four, back to the stripe. The race fans on their feet, then they sit down, then they jump up again. Great crowd on hand. Dover Downs est- officials estimating 86,000 in attendance here. Tough to argue with that, like we were saying before. There is not a seat to be had anywhere. The infield is as jam packed full as ever you could see. Probably some folks out there on the roof of the stables out on the back straightaway trying to get a look at the racetrack as well. They're seeing a dandy race. We've had the lead swap around many a time here this afternoon. Right now it's Rusty Wallace by a car length and a half on Dale Earnhardt working traffic in turn one. Swinging high to get by the Brett Bodine car. Also closing in on the McDonald's Ford of Hut Strickland off turn number two. Hut drops down to the inside. Here goes Rusty taking the outside lane. He'll get by that car. Separation between Rusty and Earnhardt not not much different, but now Earnhardt begins to close. Dale thought for a moment he might be able to get underneath Rusty Wallace as he drifted up, moving around Hut Strickland's car, but he'll just tuck back in single file. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Well, with the Richard Kane, the kit, with his crew chief, uh, Robbie Lewis and uh, Rick Wilson. Robbie, you made a lot of pit stops today, but you've kept Rick up in the top ten. Yeah, I tell you, Rick's doing a super job in the car. We've been dodging a lot of bullets out there today. We're just trying to keep it around the end. I'd like to say hello to Wade Thornburg back home, too. The front of the car got a little bit of damage. How did you do that? I, di- I didn't hear the question. I said, how did you get the damage to the front end? Well, some of them lap cars there were getting made one of the pit stops got caught back there in the back, and we got caught up with that lap traffic. Still hanging in the top ten. Rick Wilson having a good run. The STP contract. And down in the garage area, Lake Speed sitting in the Purex Ford as the crew continues to make repairs on that car. Lake, what happened? The guys just found a broken rocker arm in there. You know, the Purex Safeway Ford got off to a little bit of a slow start, but we're really coming on strong there. I thought we'd, on that last get-go there, I said to myself, hey, you know, if we keep this up, we get our lap back, we'll be right back in thick. This thing didn't look like it was about six or seven cars left really, really running good right now. So I said, hey, we're not even halfway yet. We can still do good in this race. So guys will fix the rocker arm. We're going to get back out there and see if we can terrorize them a little more. Lake's buckling the seatbelts back up. He just popped them loose when the crew told him they found the problem, so he's going to get set to go back out onto the racetrack. I've seen a lot of cars spend a great deal of time in the garage and then come back onto the speedway. Dick Crickle is the latest one to do that, and Dick will be coming back out on the racetrack in just a moment. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Sunshine began to come out in full bore here again this afternoon. It's been a very pleasant day. been kind of comfortable and usually at Dover sometimes when we come here in June it can be extremely warm as it is in September but today is just about right and uh, most of the drivers were kind of hoping it would stay rather cool during the day and the pit crews down on pit road so so far the weather picture has worked out for them real well. Take a look at how they're running right now. Rusty Wallace is the leader. Dale Earnhardt rides second. Third is Davey Allison. Fourth is Mark Martin. Rick Mast is fifth. In six is Darrell Waltrip. He hasn't made a lot of noise today, but he never does until about the last 100 miles or so. And then you can kind of see Darrell if he's on that lead lap. 
uh, make a pretty good move here. Dale Jarrett's had a good solid run. He currently is being shown up in about eighth position. Back in ninth right now, they're posting Rick Wilson a moment ago. Now Rick has dropped back to tenth, and Kenny Schrader has moved ahead of him into ninth, so Rick Wilson round out the top ten. That's the way they're running here at the end of, what, 260 laps. Right. In the 11th spot, they'll show Jimmy Spencer. 12th is Jeff Bodine. 13th is Michael Waltrip. 14th, Jimmy Hensley. All of those cars, those top 14 machines, are on the lead lap. In 15th, one lap down is Morgan Shepard. 16th is Bobby Hamilton. 17th, now a couple of laps down, is Ted Musgrave. Three laps down in 18th is Hutch Strickland, also three laps down. In 19th, that is the uh, Kenny Wallace car. In 20th spot, four laps down is Jimmy Means, along with Wally Dallin back in 21st. Running eight laps down and further behind at this point will be Bobby Labonte. Lake Speed, who has just gone to the garage area but is about to return, as Alan Bestwick told you. Dick Trickle is in 25th. He's just come back onto the racetrack. Bill Elliott, the Heilig Myers Ford for Bobby Hillen just returning in 27th spot. Jeff Gordon running in the 28th position. 29th is going to be the uh, Terry Labonte car. And then 30th on the racetrack, but many, many laps down, is Kyle Petty. Everybody else in the garage area, including Greg Sachs, Phil Parsons, Dave Marcus, Ricky Rudd, P.J. Jones, Sterling Marlin, Derek Cope. All of those cars were in accidents earlier today, and Ernie Irvin had engine failure. He, too, in the garage. 270 laps on the board. We are at the Monster Mile, Dover Downs International Speedway on a glorious day for racing. Beautiful sunshine here on the Delmarva Peninsula, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, making up this peninsula area here. And it's really turned out to be an interesting day. We've seen Rusty Wallace come battling back. He currently has the lead at lap number 271. We've seen a host of guys lead throughout the course of the day. Ernie Irvin, who started at the back of the field because of a backup car, came on to lead the event before dropping out. The battle for the lead, though, nose to tail here at this stage. Lap 271 through traffic in turn four. Earnhardt is close right up on the rear deck of Rusty Wallace as they have put Jimmy Hensley a lap down going back into turn one. Leader swing up wide the outside of turn number one to get by Brett Bodine. Bobby uh, Labonte holds the inside lane. And Kenny Wallace now directly ahead of the race leaders as they're nose to tail up in turn number three. Rusty now separates himself from Earnhardt by the lap car of Kenny Wallace. Now Earnhardt clears that machine, but it's about a five-car length drop back. And as he has to move around the lap traffic of Kenny Wallace, he's also going to lose a little ground to the leader, Rusty Wallace. A moment ago, he was right within a foot or so of his rear deck lid, and now he's about four-car lengths back. But if Dale looks back in his rearview mirror, a moment ago, Davey Allison was almost a full second behind those two. He's catching both first and second place, Joe Moore, over in turn three. Yeah, Davey's chopping down the distance as well. And, of course, what comes into play here is all the lap traffic they're having to deal with. You, it's kind of like an accordion. This kind of keeps growing and shrinking again. As they close in on the lap traffic, the uh, front three distance uh, shrinks a bit. As they get back out of the clear running room, seems like Rusty's able to move away at will. Here's Rusty off turn number two. He's approaching the Bobby Hamilton car. Earnhardt about five car lengths behind. He's just clearing Jimmy Means as Davey Allison, another five-car lengths back, approaches the means car up in turn four. What well, was a good battle on the racetrack a short while ago has now evaporated. Dale Jarrett had a nose-to-tail battle going with Darrell Waltrip. Jarrett now running in the sixth spot, DW back in the seventh position, and they're separated by about eight or ten car lanes now and a couple of lapped cars to boot. 275 laps on the board. Willie Lanier has just joined us here in the booth. One of the NFL all-time greats. Remember him with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's here as a guest of Planners Peanuts. I know this is not your first race, Willie, but uh, 
This has turned out to be as much of a collision sport as the NFL has been here today. Good to see you. Good seeing you. You're right about that. With, I think, about nine cautions today and a number of cars that slammed all over this track, it did seem more like football than (laughs) auto racing this afternoon. We have tied a track record, as uh, Willie was pointing out, nine cautions. That ties the number of cautions we've ever had here in a single race. It happened in 1980, 83, and again in 1987. We saw you in Richmond, Virginia, I guess it was, earlier this year. Was that that right or somewhere down the road? I was down in Richmond. I lived down in Richmond, and I had a chance to get out to Richmond National Speedway probably the last two years after Joe Gibbs got involved with uh, NASCAR racing. So it's given me a chance to really now get up here to Dover, Delaware, and really see a great race after we got those cautions out of the way. Do you think it surprised a lot of folks in the NFL when Joe Gibbs bought a race team and got into this business? I think it might have surprised them. If you look at the history of most of those who coach or play, that's something that he did before that, and that was something that he enjoyed in his youth, and once he was in coaching, he had the income to do it. And no doubt with the breadth of the NFL, you've noticed that many current and former individuals around sport, as really Lech Richter, who runs uh, the administration for NASCAR, you'll see many more of us involved with this also. We've seen Walter Payton as we, uh, we'll get back to you in a second, Willie. Here comes Dale Earnhardt peeling off the racetrack in turn number four, lap number 279. Dale Earnhardt will come down the pit lane for service. Quickly looking back on our numbers, he last pitted at lap 148, so, uh, to me, lap 208. So this is an 80-lap break, Jim Phillips, between pit stops. It really is. Regular stop. David Smith working to the jack. Aaron Peyton will in, facing the tires. It's going to be a four-tire stop for this team. They're getting the left side tires on right now. Not either. 19.2 for the Earnhardt team. Another good stop for the Flying Aces. Dale Hart, Earnhardt down and away, goes back onto the racetrack. We'll see some more cars on pit road here because routine pit stops or scheduled pit stops should be coming up here very shortly. Willie Lanier is with us, the uh, longtime Kansas City Chiefs great. You ever have uh, the notion, kind of like old Sweetness did, Walter Payton, to climb into a race car and, and try to make that a second career? No, after having gone to a race at Richmond International up here today and seeing the power and speed that it takes, as I was saying, to Les Richter earlier today, uh, they have a lot more courage than I think most of us who played that other game did. Exactly. I see Charlie Harris is with us, the division manager for Planners. Good to see you here. And uh, Willie, come by any time. We'll uh, get a little closer to the start of uh, football camps. We'll uh, talk a little uh, pigskin with you. I look forward to doing that. Take care of yourself. Okay. Willie Lanier, one of the guests of Planners, joining us here and one of the all-time greats that the National Football League has ever had. You know, it's amazing uh, a lot of the guys in the NFL keep up with what goes on in racing. And a lot of times, you and I are in the garage, we're talking the guy, the drivers and the crews and stuff, they follow football as close as they do racing a lot exactly. of times. Football, or in the case of Barry Dotson, a big fan of the Wake Forest Stephen Deacons basketball team. It's not unusual during the offseason to see a game televised from Winston-Salem, and there's Barry and a couple of the crew members sitting right in behind the uh, Demon Deacons bench. So you're right, a lot of sports fans in the garage, but as you can tell, good respect from the other side of the ledger as well. Kyle Petty has been in and out of the garage at least three or four times in the last 15 or 20 laps. They've continued to work on that car and send him back out just a lap or two at a time. Let's go to the pits. Well, we were talking a while ago about Jeff Bodine. He, uh, they've had a pretty good run today. The car stayed in pretty good shape. Donnie Wingo, the crew chief, is here. Donnie, you guys have been doing pretty good. You kept the car in pretty good shape, but it's slipping back some. You got a problem? Yeah, the car was a little bit tight when we started out, so we put a rubber in it. It's getting a little bit better. We just... We ain't quite found it yet. We're trying to dodge all these wrecks. <laughs> I tell you, if you can dodge the wrecks, you're doing pretty good. It's, uh, and they've been they've been able to stay out of them today. They've been back in a lot of them. They've been back in the pack. Some when the stuff would happen, 
but they've managed to slip through it. So uh, anybody who survives today is going to be a challenge. Jeff Bodine's got his hands full right now. Rusty Wallace threatening to put him a lap down. Jeff pinches him real hard coming through turn number four to make sure that Rusty doesn't get underneath him. And in doing so, here comes Davey Allison trying to take the lead away from Wallace in turn two. Davey's got the inside line. That's the favorite way to make it through turns one and two. And he will come off turn two as the new leader of the Budweiser 500. Davey picks the spot off from Rusty Wallace. Now he'll try to go to work on putting Jeff Bodine a lap down. Davey Allison had led for the first three laps. And again from laps 150. The eight to two eleven. Here they come. Rick Wilson making a pit stop right now in the STP Pontiac. Let's cover it. Well, it's a regular stop for him. He pins on lap two eight. Also, it's lap uh, two eighty eight. About an eighty lap stretch. That's what's been the, the key today. Has been eighty laps for most of these cars that have been uh, running the not involved in wrecks, I should say. They're putting on all four tires. The Robbie Lewis led team. Second kit of gasoline goes in. Down and away. Twenty one point six seconds for the Rick Wilson team. So the first of the scheduled pit stops being made by Dale Earnhardt a moment ago, and now Rick Wilson. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. How nice to have three of our heroes advertising on the broadcast. Mo, Larry, and Curly in the Three Stooges. 292 laps on the board right now. You can vote for the McDonald's All-Star Race Team by calling 1-900-454-1994 and vote for NASCAR's best. The call costs 95 cents per minute. And the average call, as we've told you earlier today, is about three minutes in length. you got to be 18 years of age or over. Touchtone phones only, please. Vote for the McDonald's All-Star Race Team, one 900 293 laps complete in the Budweiser 500. It is still Davey Allison, Rusty Wallace, and Rick Mast. But over Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. On pit road here at Dover Downs International Speedway, scheduled stops for Hutch Strickland and the McDonald's team. Likewise, Ted Musgrave and the U.S. Air Jasper car. These are green flag pit stops. We've had nine caution periods today, but the last one came back at lap 212, so we're closing in, as we've already seen, on green flag stops for most of the teams. One man who won't be making a green flag pit stop is Bobby Labonte. The reason, he's now in the garage after a rather frustrating day. Let's get his, his thoughts here. Well, Bobby, it was good for a while, but then things started going downhill. What happened? Well, we just, uh, right before that, I, I kind of got up in a derrick there a little bit. You know, he tried to pass me three wide down the back straightaway. I was trying to pass Jimmy Hensley, and uh, I really ran out of room, but uh, that's the way it goes on that. And then we pitted on that stop, and uh, the Maxwell's Ford was running pretty good. We come out a little further behind than when we went in. And uh, somebody got loose up there and a slow down got hit from behind. But uh, wasn't nothing nobody could do. It was just one of them deals. That's racing. We'll, we'll uh, learn what we learned today and go to Pocono next oh, week. Oh, trouble on pit road. Davey Allison comes off the banking. He is going too quickly. He locks up the tires. He spins his car on pit road. He is nose first towards the inside. He'll now jam on the gas, spin the rear tires, get the car righted. And he's now going to continue down pit road where the Ted Musgrave crew is pushing his car, trying to get it fired again. It's going to be a lengthy pit stop, Dick Brooks. Well, it sure is. Uh, I don't see any damage at all there. I just seen him set sideways, but it doesn't look like he hit anything. They uh, immediately go to work on it. They got the right side done. Left side is loose uh, and jacked up now. They're putting in a full can of Unical gasoline in the grill. Well, 
They got a pretty good stop in about uh, 19 seconds. There. All the time was lost when he spun the car trying to get onto pit road there just a moment ago, so it's going to be a long one for Davey Allison. Meanwhile, Ted Musgrave's car trying to get it fired. The crew has pushed it all the way down, almost to the end of pit road in turn number one. It's moving a little bit, but we can't really tell if it's fired. And apparently it may be going into the garage area. The crew is still with the car. And I guess that's exactly what they're going to do. It is stopped just to the entrance of the garage. Here are some other cars pitting now. Dale Jarrett is in. Jimmy Spencer is on pit road. Rick Mast is on pit road. Let's cover some of those stops. We're getting four tires and gasoline. All three of these cars, four tires and gasoline. The last car, one of the cars was running on the lead lap. He gets uh, his service, and he's down on the way. The pit board is out for Darrell Waltrip as the Rusty Wallace team gets the pit board ready to bring in Rusty Wallace as they're having a lot of trouble coming down the pit lane because of a lot of speedy dry at the entrance of pit road. And I think that's what happened to Davey Allison. He swung off the pit lane normally, but there's an awful lot of speedy drive where some oil has gotten down on the entrance of the pit lane that they put the speedy drive down and he spun out. Good observation from Jim Phillips working on the pit lane. The lead cars now, Rusty Wallace at lap number 303. Mark Martin is in for service. Dick Brooks. Well, he's coming down pit road, coming very, very slow. Doesn't want to take a chance on uh, getting a penalty. They, uh, I'll tell you from experience here an awful lot. These guys have been out here and they haven't got to run, but just a little bit at a time. 10, 12, 15 laps. They haven't had any green flag stops or very few. And uh, they're out there running, just going and going and going. And all of a sudden they got to come off of that big bank onto a flat piece of flat uh, flat surface. And it it does have some, uh, some oil and some speedy dry and stuff down there. And if you think about riding down a road at, uh, I don't know, 70 miles an hour, and you do it for a full tank of gas, all of a sudden you decide you're going to get some gas, you turn off right quick, and uh, you about have to spin out yourself. Well, that's what's happening to these guys, I think, as Jeff Bodine comes in for his service also. Rusty Wallace is on pit road. Let's cover his stop. Another good stop for the Wallace team. The left rear power goes down 19.1 seconds for Rusty Wallace as he peels off the pit lane. Now, these are green flag stops. They haven't made that many of those today unless they've had a problem on the car. We've had so many caution flags. As a matter of fact, we've had nine that uh, quite a few of the cars have not made green flag stops at all. Right now, Kenny Schrader is the race leader. The Kodiak Chevrolet is not yet pitted, nor is Michael Waltrip. So Michael would now be shown in the second spot. Kenny Wallace is on pit road. The Dirt Devil Pontiac will make his stop at lap number 306. Jeff Hammond and the crew taking care of things there. Here comes Schrader now. Kenny will pit on uh, this lap. So at this moment, Michael Waltrip will take the lead if he does not pit, and he will not. Here comes the Pennzoil Pontiac out of turn four. So Michael Waltrip leads, and Dale Earnhardt is then next in line among those who have made uh, pit stops at this point. Working green flag stops at lap number 307. 307 laps are on the scoreboard at the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon in a race that has seen a little bit of everything. The story of this race has been the wrecks today. More cars, I think, we have seen hit the wall and go to the garage area than we having a long, long time at any racetrack around the country. Bobby Labonte is out. Dick Trickle has gone to the garage. Lake Speed's been in and out. Bobby Hillen Jr. is out. Dick Trickle, as we said, has uh, been back on the racetrack a couple of times. Derek Cope is out due to an accident. Ernie Irvin had an engine problem and has parked his car uh, for the day. Terry Labonte has been in and out of the garage due to some damage in an accident. Sterling Marlin, P.J. Jones, Ricky Rudd, Kyle Petty spent a lot of laps behind the wall and may have uh, 
go back in there again. Dave Marcus out of the race. Phil Parsons. Jeff Gordon spent a lot of time in the garage area getting repairs made to his car. And uh, pretty much the story of the race, the guys that aren't up in the top 10 or 15 this afternoon have sustained quite a bit of damage to the cars. I guess there's at least seven or eight cars still out there running, including Brett Bonite, who's just making a pit stop with a lot of sheet metal damage and different aspects of the car kind of torn up, so to speak. Exactly right. Right now, Michael Waltrip leads, then Dale Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, Davey Allison, and Rick Mash. That is the running order at this moment. Lap 3-10. Once all of these green flag pit stops complete, even for those fellas who are a lap or more down, we'll give you a full rundown with your top five right now. Michael Waltrip, then Dale Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, Davey Allison, and Rick Mast. We go to pit road. Well, one thing I think that's going to be a factor here, it would be uh, maybe not too sensible to start thinking that this thing could finish under green. But stranger things have happened. The cars that have already pitted are going to have to stop at least twice more. They're going to have to stop for one regular stop, then they're going to have to stop for a little gas at the end. Now, Darrell Waldrop, uh, I don't know, there's a couple, three other cars out there that have not stopped yet. If they can run another eight or ten laps, there's a possibility they can stretch this into one more stop after they make that one. So they're going to pick up one full stop on these guys. Be interesting to see if they can do it. Now, gas mileage has been a factor in the in the, uh, two of the last three races. If memory serves me right here, I believe Harry Gant won this race last year when he made one less fuel stop than everybody else. Dale Earnhardt ran out of gas, I, if I remember correctly, exactly. with a few laps to go in the thing, and he was leading at the time. So fuel can play a big factor here at Dover, much as it can at Pocono, where it will be next weekend. 313 laps on the scoreboard. More pit stops will be coming up here shortly, but for the moment, Michael Waltrip is the leader. Well, it's all been sorted out now after these green flag pit stops. Dale Earnhardt has a lead of better than 10 seconds, nearly 11 seconds of an advantage. On second place, Rusty Wallace, Davey Allison third, Mark Martin fourth, and Rick Masters fifth. Let's take you further back so you know how your favorite driver is running. On the lead lap in sixth is Dale Jarrett. Seventh is Ken Schrader. Those seven cars are the only seven cars on the lead lap. Trouble in turn two. Hutt Strickland goes spinning around down the back straightaway. Backs into the outside wall. The car now turns around. Nose first into the back straightaway wall. It's about halfway down this back stretch. He was racing along with Harry Gant. Gant was trying to make a pass. May have made some contact. And again, the McDonald's Ford crashes here on the back straightaway. Caution on the speedway. Lap 319 is when the yellow flag will come out. That's been the trouble spot over there today is turn number two, and that will be the ninth one of the afternoon. Uh, The tenth one, that's a brand-new track record. That's our tenth caution, and the old record was nine. Uh, Yeah, our tenth caution, and the old record was nine. So uh, I don't know if that's a dubious mark or what. But it's a brand-new track record here at Dover Downs for the most caution flags. Well, we've seen the yellow quite a few times this afternoon, and I kind of hope we can race this thing out under green, but i got a feeling we won't be able to. So we may see some cars ducking in on a pit road here in a moment, even though quite a few of them were in earlier on their pit stops that were scheduled stops. Most of them have been made under the caution this afternoon. I think I said a moment ago that uh, Dale Earnhardt ran out of gas last year, and Jim Phillips corrected me, and it it was uh, Darrell Waltrip who ran out of gas Uh, in those final laps, but gas has been a factor here several times. Here's the McDonald's car on the pit road, and there is quite a bit of sheet metal damage to it as the crew comes over the wall. Mike Hill and the rest of the McDonald's team to take a look at it. Let's cover his stop. Well, he can still race, I think. He's still hobbled around. He's uh, more fortunate than some because uh, the deck lid, a lot of it is still intact. Uh, They're going to have trouble getting the fuel in the car. They're changing the right side tires right now. 
But uh, he's, he's grazed the back of the car pretty good, so it's, go, it's going to be kind of like the Bobby Labonte was a while ago, just uh, try to ride around and make some laps. And uh, looks like uh, Dale Earnhardt, uh, the leader, is going to pit. Rusty Wallace is pit board out. Uh, Rusty had made only 15 laps on his tires. The Earnhardt car pitted on lap 279, so he needs to pit right now. So he comes into the pit, says uh, Wallace peels in right behind him, and Davey Allison is coming down the pit lane. And Wallace makes his stop, and they're going to change all four tires again after only 15 laps. The Earnhardt crew working on the right side. They're around the left side right now. The Strickland car is directly in front of Earnhardt. Could pose a little bit of problem, but they get those left side tires. A second can of gasoline goes in for Chocolate Myers. He is down and away. Rusty Wallace is down and away. 17 seconds on the Wallace stop. Dick Brooks. Davey Allison is uh, just about to finish up with his four-tire chain. As Mark Martin, they're both going to be dropped to go. Ken Schrader's in. They changed, uh, They got the right side done. They got the left side up on his car, and they'll have it changed. Sure going to change a lot of strategy on these guys, what they were doing a while ago. A lot of folks were asking and kind of curious as to why Davey Allison might not have been penalized for spinning out on pit road just a moment ago. We have been informed by an, uh, the NASCAR booth over there that Davey's spin started long before he got onto pit road, coming out of turn number four, where that speedy dry has been spread up there, where we've had a few accidents this afternoon, and that is the reason that he apparently he was not penalized. The spin started just as they came down on the apron of the racetrack and hit the speedy dry that had been dispersed up there throughout the afternoon. 321 laps are on the board here in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. A few more cars coming into the pits right now. Here is Jimmy Spencer back in. Morgan Shepard will bring his car in. Jimmy Hensley, Harry Gant. Brett Bodine, who's been out there with that damaged car all day long. Jeff Bodine, his brother, right behind him. And Rick Wilson, also in the pits. Let's go back to Jim Phillips. Well, Rick Wilson is in. They're getting all four tires on his machine. We talked a little bit earlier about the guy uh, that uh, figured uh, the gas mileage with Harry Gantt. That's Terry Satchel, was the man that figured the gas mileage. Brian Buckhauer just handed that note to me. Bill Elliott got service. Darrell Waltrip's got his service. He's on the way. Kenny Wallace has got service. He's on the way. They're still working on the front of Jimmy Spencer's machine. He evidently got a piece of that action on the back straightaway. Terry Satchel, an engineer for General Motors, who had been hired away by Penske South Racing and has been a major contributor to the success that Rusty Wallace and the Miller Genuine Draft Team has had here in 1993. Don't forget, next weekend we'll be in the beautiful Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania for the running of the Champion Spark Plug 500. This is the part of the schedule where we stay north for a while. 12.15 Eastern Time next Sunday, you'll hear the Champion Spark Plug 500 right here on MRN Radio. I come Coverage from the Poconos begins Friday. The Bush Pole update started 3.20 Eastern Time Friday afternoon. Saturday morning, we'll have a pit road preview for you at 11.30 Eastern Time. And again, Sunday, the Champion 500 ticket office open right now at the Poconos. The Mattioli family will be happy to make you uh, very comfortable up there. And uh, come on by and join us next weekend. Don't forget other events on the Winston Cup scene. June the 20th, the Miller 400 at Michigan International Speedway. July 3rd, the Pepsi 400 at Daytona. International Speedway. July 11th will be at New Hampshire International Speedway for their 300-miler in Loudoun, New Hampshire. July 18th, the Miller 500. Again, we go back to Pocono. And July 25th, the Die Hard 500 at Talladega. And don't forget the next road racing event, August the 8th, the Budweiser at the Glen at Watkins Glen International, where they've got some 1,100 acres of camping available to you. That's the Winston Cup schedule upcoming for the next month or so. Remember, too, that on the Winston Cup off week in 
late June. MRN will carry our microphones to Watkins Glen for the Bush Series and the IMSA weekend, the Phase 150 for the NASCAR Bush Series on Saturday, June the 26th. And then the very next day, the Camel Continental IMSA event, the three-hour event there for the sleek and exotic sports cars of the International Motorsports Association. That's coming up on June the 27th. You'll hear it right here on your local MRN station. We are still under that caution a moment ago. 324 laps around the board. We're just looking at some of the cars as they cross underneath us here while we're running under caution. How many cars are out there with damage? Uh, Harry Gantz still on the racetrack with damage on the car. Jeff Gordon, Bill Elliott, Brett Bonine, Bobby Labonte, Dick Trickle, Bobby Hillen, and Hut Strickland. Some of the cars that uh, have anything from some serious sheet metal damage to some bent suspension parts on the car and a little bit of everything else so it's been quite an unusual day here as we said if you joined our broadcast late wrecks have been the story of this race today it has eliminated an awful lot of good cars even though some of them are still out there running they're certainly not in contention to win uh, some of the drivers that we mentioned a moment ago that were still running with suspension damage and whatever are a number of laps down 324 on the board dale earnhardt being posted as a leader Rusty Wallace is second, Mark Martin being shown in third right now. Fourth would be Davey Allison. Fifth, Rick Mast. Sixth, Dale Jarrett. He's had a good solid run all day long. Seventh is Kenny Schrader. The car for Schrader has uh, been up to par, so to speak, but he hasn't been able to get up in the top three or four yet, uh, but they continue to adjust on his cars, getting a little bit stronger as the day goes by. Michael Waltrip's having a good solid run. He currently is showing in eighth position. In ninth right now, Daryl Waltrip, the driver that we told you about a moment ago. Don't hear a lot about Darrell in the early going at a race that uh, at, like Dover and Rockingham, some of the longer races, he just kind of stays on the lead lap and uh, makes adjustments on the car, tries to figure out who's good and who's bad and whatever. And if he's got anything left at the end, he can be a factor real easy. And one of the best runs of the year for Rick Wilson in Richard Petty's car. He is currently shown in 10th position in that STP Pontiac. 11th is Jeff Bodine. 12th is Harry Gant. 13th is Jimmy Spencer. 14th is Jimmy Hensley. And rounding out the top 15 is driver Morgan Shepard. And that's the way they're running here under caution for the moment. Lap 325, Steve Tucker has joined us here in the booth from the sports marketing arm of the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. And Steve always seems to show up just as the ice cream does. Uh, Good to see you, Steve. Actually, he was carrying ice cream, so you're always welcome in the booth. I'll tell you, you guys had a great month of May. Uh, Folks at uh, RJR, the running of the Winston was another one of those weekends that everybody's going to be talking about until the next running of the Winston comes around. Yeah, May was a, a, just a great month for us, Eli, starting with the Winston 500 down in Talladega. But uh, certainly the thing that has everybody talking is uh, the activities in Charlotte and the outcome of the Winston. People say to us each week, uh, what are you guys going to do next year to make the Winston more exciting? And uh, somehow that, that race is, is the fans' race. The fans uh, dictate uh, what, what they want to see in that race, and we try to give them what they want in 144,000 people to watch the second running of the Winston is just phenomenal. They've given the indication one more lap, and we will go back to green flag racing here this afternoon. That format has been very successful, Steve, uh, down there, and I think going under the lights, everybody says that certainly was the right way to go. Well, the the format has been the same for the last two or three years, and uh, when that race went under the lights at Charlotte, of course, the first year, nobody knew what to expect, and then for this year's the Winston... uh, Nobody wanted to get shut out. It was a, a full house, and there have already been calls this year uh, uh, 
about next year's D. Winston, of course, which we are, are still uh, making arrangements for. About the only thing you got to do down there is post the kind of purse you guys do and throw the green flag, and the excitement is there. You don't have to create a whole lot. They'll do it for you, won't they? Yeah, when you put out $200,000 to uh, to win a, a race in a, a race in a, that kind of format, uh, it brings out the best in these Winston Cup competitors, and they're uh, fire, firing these guys' eyes, and they're, they're going to do what they have to to win a race, and it looks like they're going to get back to work here. Steve, we'll let you go back down to the lounge and enjoy the finish on this thing as they get ready to drop the green flag on the Budweiser 500 one more time. 327 laps on the board to make it 328 when they come to the line. We're back to green flag conditions. Earnhardt is the leader. Wallace is second. Mark Martin is third. As those three go at it for the lead over in turn two. All three cars taking a high lane, getting by the lapped cars down on the inside. Mike Waltrip leads that parade of lap cars down low. So the front three break away. They'll trap Davey Allison and Darrell Waltrip behind the lap traffic up in turn three. Seven cars are on the lead lap. Michael Waltrip was the first man a lap down, trying to stay with the race leaders. He'll settle back around fifth in line. The leader is Dale Earnhardt. He had a great month of May, trying to start off June the same way. He's at a car length and a half on Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace follows Earnhardt off turn two. The driver who really got shuffled back there was Rick Mast. He was fifth on the restart. He's lost several positions as Jeff Bodine and Davey Allison have gone by him. Mast now trying to get back down to the inside lane up in turn four. And with a full tank of Unical fuel in the cars and a full set of those Goodyear double eagles on the machines, they're set to race a while. Let's hope this one can stay green and kind of see what everybody's got because we've had so many caution flags this afternoon haven't really had that long a run to find out what you can do. Earnhardt is the leader. Wallace second. Three car links back. Mark Martin's working on him for second place in turn three. Here they go in turn number three. Martin looks down to the inside of Rusty Wallace. He'll grab the spot, nailing it down to the inside of the track. Martin takes second. Wallace back to third. So Mark Martin with a power move as he grabs the spot away and now has a shot to again close in on the race leader Dale Earnhardt. Martin's been so close a number of times today. Hasn't been able to get to the point except for three laps at lap 68 through 71 and for seven laps from 111 through 118. Right now Mark Martin is second place. Dale Earnhardt showing the way and he's trying to hold everybody at bay here at lap number 331. Today's Budweiser 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Maxwell House Coffee, the official coffee of NASCAR, by Gatorade Sports Strength for that deep down body thirst, by Performax from Pennzoil, the new synthetic motor oil that works like liquid ball bearings, protects your engine to the max, by Dirt Devil Vacuum Cleaners from Royal, the power of an upright in the palm of your hand. And by Gumout, quality automotive products providing solutions to engine problems. Mark Martin has just taken the lead away from Dale Earnhardt here in the running of the Budweiser 500 at Dover Downs International Speedway. They've had 19 lead changes among 10 drivers, 10 caution periods for 75 laps in a race that has an average speed of 101.379 miles an hour. Along with Barney Hall and the entire MRN crew, Eli Gold with you. We welcome you back to Dover Downs Speedway in Delaware where 339 of the 500 laps are complete. Pretty good run right there for Mark Martin. 
Yeah, Mark made a real good move on Dale Earnhardt and pinched him off going over to turn number two, but Earnhardt is still with him, and while they were getting at it, Rusty Wallace closed right back up, so we've got three cars in contention to grab the lead if either one of the front two slip as they come out of the corner. Here's Dale. He can't wait any longer. Earnhardt stacks them three deep in the front straightaway, goes after the lead back in turn one. Martin has to get out of the throttle as he does. Rusty comes by him, so Rusty takes second as Dale Earnhardt retakes the lead. Martin now will have to fend off a couple of lap cars behind him. Darrell Waltrip and Morgan Shepard follow Martin up into turn three. We have caution on the speedway. Caution here at Dover Downs because of a medical emergency that has taken place in the infield involving one of the race fans, and they need to open up the crossover gate and get an ambulance out of the track. They do not have a tunnel here at this racetrack as you do at many speedways, so the only way to get into and out of the infield is uh, across the racetrack, both front stretch and back stretch, when obviously the cars are not running. So right now they have an ambulance working its way around the horse racing track. As we mentioned earlier, there's a horse track that rims the inside of the super speedway. The ambulance now come into the crossover gate area, and they'll have to let uh, that uh, ambulance leave to head to a uh, local hospital with what we understand is a heart attack victim among one of the fans here at the Speedway. So caution for a medical emergency for the 11th time this afternoon. It comes out at lap number 341. Alan Bestwick has been in the garage most of the afternoon, and Alan, it's been a strange day in there to see that many cars damage come in and stay 10 laps, 20 laps, whatever, go back on the racetrack, run 10 or 12 laps, come back in the garage area. It's been that kind of day all day long. Barney, you know, I just got a chuckle, and a couple of minutes ago, I walked by one of the garbage cans in the middle of the, the garage area. There's enough parts and pieces in that garbage can. If they were whole, you could probably build about half a race car. We've got a couple trailing arms in there. We've got some brake rotors. We've got some brake ducts. We've got some sheet metal. We've got a radiator hose or two. All kind of stuff in here. Awful lot of damaged, beaten, and bruised cars out there. But it just goes to tell you how crucial Winston Cup points are that these guys, like Kyle Petty, for example, went in there and spent, what, maybe 150 laps or so completely rebuilding the rear end of his Pontiac. They had to weld new brackets and supports for the fuel cell into the car, yet he's back out onto the racetrack making as many laps as he can and doing that by the time his finishing position comes out, he's probably going to pick himself up another maybe 20 points by the end of the day than he would have had if they just quit when the car first was damaged. And there are a lot of drivers that have the same idea on their mind to get as many extra laps as they can because even if you pick up five points, it can make a big difference. While we're talking about Kyle Petty, he had a big Harley-Davidson parked behind his rig in the garage area the other day. And he had about as many spectators watching that as they did the other things. And I said, you ride that thing up here? What's the big story for the next week or so? Well, Robin and I started talking about it uh, back in December when we found out that we were going to test at New Hampshire uh, in between Dover and Pocono. So we got to joking about it and said, hey, let's ride to Dover because I rode up here last year to, uh, from home. And I said, let's ride to Dover, and then we'll ride up to New Hampshire, and we'll test, and then we'll ride from New Hampshire back to, uh, back to Pocono and race. And it's turned into a major trip. Eddie Gossage is with, with us and one of his friends, Michael Dranus. And we left yesterday and we came to Dover. And we're going to New Hampshire, going up to Portland, Maine to see some of Robin's family, going up to Robin's hometown, Albany, to see some of his old Kim people over there. Then going back down to, to Pocono to race. And then uh, I don't know if we're going to ride home from Pocono. We might, might check it out and pack them in a truck somewhere, but we'll get them home somehow. Kyle Petty talking about riding the motorcycle up here. That's a lot of riding in the next really few weeks. Is. And I imagine we'll see him at Pocono walking around bow-legged. <laughs> Could be. All of the uh, pit road uh, stalls are busy now with cars on the lead lap. Dick Brooks, are you uh, going to join that convoy with your uh, motorcycle? 
We haven't uh, got to do that yet. I, I know what uh, Kyle did it last year, rode up there like that. This year he put a windshield on, though. I think he had too many bugs in his teeth. So he got it kind of <laughs> fixed up. But they are going to do a bunch of riding and, and uh, was kind of invited along to do it. But we've been riding our some this year and I really enjoy it. But we didn't get to make it. They had uh, Davey Allison was just back in. They, they put on four tires on his car, and uh, as they did with Mark Martin and uh, Ken Schrader. So these guys are uh, really going to go after Dale, uh, after Dale if they can. They're going to do everything they can to get those cars right and get them back up in there. Actually, it's a pretty good race for everybody being tore up as much as it is. It's like a modified race in the back and a good uh, Winston Cup race to front. There's an awful lot of torn up sheet metal here today. And Jim Phillips, usually when you see the leader peel off and come in, even though they've only run eight or ten laps on a set of tires, if the leader comes in to put on fresh rubber, everybody else is going to do the same thing. You've got to if you're going to stay in the race. Uh, Dover's one of those tracks that's critical on tires. You can't give up uh, 20 laps on the tires. We had something unusual happen this time around, Barney. Dale Earnhardt came in. They did their normal 19-second stop. But uh, Rusty Wallace's crew had an air wrench malfunction on their team. Took 29.9 seconds for them to do their four-tire change. Sometimes, you know, you have equipment failures, so they had one this time that cost them 10 seconds. That'll happen every now and then. An air wrench or something will go haywire on pit road and cost you uh, quite a bit of time. They've made outstanding stops all day long. In fact, the 18-second pit stop anymore, 19-second deal, if you're not in that range, you're just out to lunch. Right now, the Meineke crew still buttoning up the uh, Jimmy Spencer car, checking over the front end of that automobile. Rick Mass getting great service from uh, the Richard Jackson crew as he has the Skull Classic car right now showing the lead as a uh, parade behind the safety car here at uh, Dover Downs International Speedway. If you're just joining us, we'll bring you up to speed on what might have happened to your favorite driver. Greg Sachs was involved in an accident early in the day on the 19th lap, and he parked the car at that point. Phil Parsons hit the turn two wall at lap number 104. He's gone for the day. Dave Marcus, after leading for a good bit of the afternoon, was involved in a spin in turn four on lap 113, put him out for the afternoon. Ricky Rudd on lap 121 found the... uh, Wall in turn number two. P.J. Jones in turn four, lap 136. Sterling Marlin is parked it after an accident on lap 147. Ernie Irvin, an engine failure. He's in the garage. Derek Cope, Lake Speed, Bobby Hillen, they're all gone for the day. Others have been on and off pit road and have since returned. Bobby Hillen back on the racetrack in the Heilig Myers Ford. So it's been one of those days, kind of a revolving door there in the garage area. But we get set to go back to green. Rick Mast is the leader. He's got Dale Earnhardt right behind him in second. Third is Mark Martin, then Davey Allison, Dale Jarrett, Ken Schrader, and Rusty Wallace in seventh spot. Those seven cars on the lead lap. And Davey Allison ducked in for just a splash of fuel a moment ago, just before they uh, give him the indication one more lap and we'd go back to green. That's the situation we're in right now. 345 miles are in the book this afternoon at the Budweiser 500. Here's the Pontiac pace car behind the pit wall. It's going to be a mad scramble, not only to grab the lead away from Rick Mass, but for the cars down on the inside trying to get their lap back. Darrell Waltrip takes off. He is a lap down as he scrambles to get back on the tail end of the lead lap in turn number one, and he's going to do it. Waltrip's down on the inside side of the racetrack, leading the pack. Morgan Shepard next in line. Then comes Dale Earnhardt taking the lead from Rick Mast. Mast holds the outside line. Mark Martin drops it down low. He'll pass Mast and Jeff Bodine will as well. Wasn't the kind of start Rick Mast wanted. Kind of reminds you of that third segment of the Winston at Charlotte a few weeks ago when Rick was up front. Didn't quite get off the mark the way he would have liked. Here he goes from the front spot back to fifth or sixth as Ken Schrader tries to pass him. And now two rusty Wallace attempts the same in turn two. Mast trying to get back down in line. Can't quite make it 
move as that inside line is completely filled up. Rusty Wallace and Michael Waltrip set right there. But up front, it's Darrell Waltrip leading the way. Morgan Shepard next in line, then the leader, Dale Earnhardt. Rick Mass got kicked up in that high groove, and if you get caught out there, it's much like the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega. If you're in that outside lane and they won't give you a hole to get in down there, you're going to lose a lot of spots, and that's what's happened to Rick Mast. He just He's still trying to find a place to get tucked back in, Joe Moore. A little contact here as he tries to get by the Jimmy Spencer car. Spencer rubs him, drops down low, and now opens up the lane. Davey Allison goes by. Finally, Mast able to get back down in the lower lane. Closer to the front, the lead cars now sort themselves out in and around Morgan Shepard, who is a lap down. Morgan being shown on the racetrack in 14th spot, actually two laps down. The leaders pick their way around him and work off turn two. Here's Dale Earnhardt now trying to clear himself with the Darrell Waltrip cars on the tail end of the lead lap up in turn number three. Earnhardt there bearing down, looking to the inside. Now he'll slip up and look to the outside of Waltrip. Won't be able to do anything with him as they come out of turn number four. Darrell has really worked at getting himself back on the tail end of the lead lap. Now he needs a caution. 350 laps complete. We'll be right back. Caution for the 12th time here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Joe Moore, she's a big old piece of debris in front of him there. Yeah, it looks like a piece came off of Bobby Labonte's car as he came by. They've got bungee cords and tape all trying to hold that car together after a crash earlier this afternoon, and a piece of metal came off just here at the exit of turn two and on to the back straightaway. That has brought out the caution for the 12th time this afternoon. 356 laps are on the scoreboard right now as the caution car picks up the field. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead. Darrell Waltrip, who had worked and worked and worked to get himself back on the tail end of the lead lap, now finds himself riding right behind Earnhardt as he has gone a lap down one more time. Again, we'll give the running order. It is Earnhardt in front, Mark Martin is second, Dale Jarrett, one of the strongest runs they have had other than Daytona here this afternoon. They've been right up front all day long. They are third, fourth place, Rusty Wallace. Boy, he's given it a shot here today also. I can't believe how he continues to just, well, I can too, knowing Rusty. Yeah. I was about to say I couldn't believe how he's just absolutely saying, man, we're going to win the championship. He's dead serious about that. He firmly believes that he is going to win the championship, and there's no doubt in his mind in the way the team has been working. They keep going like they are. They probably will. I was interviewing Rusty Wallace, uh, I guess it was yesterday morning. Some guy came along, maybe it was Friday morning, and a fella came along and said, well, Rusty, you've lost 235 points now to Dale Earnhardt in the last three weeks. Earnhardt's in front by nearly 130 He's pulling away, and this guy said, uh, this, this deal's all over now. You're not going to get back and win the championship. And I said, wait a second. Then Rusty jumped in. <laughs> that's, that's pretty stout words you just said. Well, they better get your damn record book out and look, because I had a 120-point lead going on this on this three-car going into Talladega, okay? And I, 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 beat up, I beat up on it pretty hard, you know. I won three in a row and four total and led to most laps and all that stuff. And so if they want to do it, get their money out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win all their cash from them. And that's what Rusty Wallace firmly believes. That's what he told me. He said, if you want to make a bundle of money, bet on me to win the Winston Cup championship. And he is just absolutely certain that they're going to do it. And the way that team has really been coming together uh, with four wins already this season and the determination that he has shown with the, the broken wrist and everything in the last few weeks, you really can't take anything away from him because they are giving it 150%, that's for sure. Not just him, but the whole team. That's true. Uh, Buddy Parrott is uh, really like uh, a father figure there, and you know, you've know you got everybody watching their pit stops and all the other teams are giving them these accolades. It, it's really been a good operation and a good situation. But you mentioned also, Barney, uh, he's in a mouthful there. It's not been easy for Rusty. Sears Point, the road course, can't be any place tougher when you've got a, a broken wrist, and you got 600 miles at Dover. you got a, a four-and-a-half-hour event here today. Rusty, it's not, it is never a good time to break your wrist, but particularly not in this last stretch. No, it's not an easy racetrack, and uh, 
it was unfortunate on my part that uh, the two toughest racetracks, or the three toughest, as far as what I had to do, were back-to-back. -back. You know, you had Sears Point, which I got it there pretty good, you know, didn't have a problem like I thought it would, and Charlotte and Dover, which are four-and-a-half, five-hour races. So Rusty Wallace uh, puts all of that mental stuff behind him, and right now he is battling with everybody else for the lead here. Dale Earnhardt leads, Mark Martin is second, Dale Jarrett third, Rusty Wallace fourth, Kenny Schrader fifth, Davey Allison sixth, and seventh is Rick Mast. Those seven cars on the lead lap. In eighth place, one lap down is Darrell Waltrip, his brother Michael Waltrip is ninth, also a lap down. Tenth is Jeff Bodine, eleventh Rick Wilson, twelfth is Jimmy Spencer, Harry Gant is thirteenth, those cars all one lap down. Pontiac pace car behind the pit wall, we're back under green flag conditions. Earnhardt comes up through the gearbox, takes it off into turn number one. Mark Martin will try to hang right with him. Won't be quite as close while Darrell Waltrip is also in the picture trying to get back on the tail end of the lead lap. Waltrip has to fall in line behind Dale Earnhardt as a good wrench. Chevrolet again blast away from the rest of the field picking up three, five car lengths now over Mark Martin who's struggling to get by Darrell Waltrip. Darrell Waltrip who is the first car a lap down has the inside groove occupied. Martin has to try and steam past him to the outside. He does it a couple of times earlier earlier today and tries to do it again. I think it's going to work. Mark Martin tries still holds him off there as they come off turn number two. They'll fall single file off the corner. Meanwhile, a change for the third spot as Rusty Wallace goes to the inside of Dale Jarrett. He'll pick up that spot. They'll all go single file back to turn three. And while all that's going on back there, Dale Earnhardt has already opened up a big margin on the rest of the field as he crosses the start-finish line. He is about seven-tenths of a second already within three laps ahead of everyone else. He takes them back to turn two. Let's go to pit road. Well, we're talking about Jeff Bodine while I go out good. He was doing the car running along pretty good. They've just busted something in the power steering, and it's uh, got fluid running out. They're going to have to change. We're going to find the lake and change it. Uh, NASCAR is not going to let them run that way. Jeff Bodine is on pit road. The hood is up on the car, and he's been in there a couple of laps now. So a tough break for Jeff after having a fairly decent run here this afternoon. We'll take a break from the Dover Downs International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Dale Earnhardt leads the Budweiser 500. 365 laps are complete here at Dover Downs. Mark Martin is in second spot, and Jim Phillips down there on pit road. You have your stopwatch working, I'm sure, like everybody else. Mark Martin losing a little bit, a very little bit, but a bit nevertheless each and every lap to Dale Earnhardt. It really is. Let's ask Richard Jones what they did to the car. What did you do to the car last time, Richard? You're picking up a little bit. Well, you know, we had him just, he was kind of taking easier those couple of runs before. And this time we took a little wedge out of it and tried to cool the right front off. Uh, so we'll see what happens now. So they're pretty confident right now. They've made a slight chassis adjustment. Try to take a little pressure off the right front, make it a little bit looser. So that's a car that Dale Earnhardt likes to race with. It's kind of like taking the bridle off the horse and say, okay, buddy, head for the barn. And that's what Earnhardt's doing right now. Plus the fact this is the time of year where you can try and stomp out some of the other fellows' hopes for a championship. Not that he can put it away necessarily in the 12th, the 13th, the 14th race of the year. But if he can kind of deflate the other fellows for a while, that'll uh, really go a long way to helping you down the stretch. Further back among those on the lead lap, Mark Martin, we told you he's trying to stay with Earnhardt and now has caught him again. Is this a car lane different between the two? Rusty 
Wallace has a car length and a half, maybe two on Dale, on Dale Jarrett. Jarrett has a car length on Davey Allison. So that battle from third, fourth, and fifth spot, a tight one coming out of turn two. All three cars, though, stay in single file. They've passed all the lap traffic they were having to deal with after the restart. Rusty Wallace leads that threesome back up into turn three, and there's a couple of car lengths separating each of those as they exit forward and hit the front stretch. Rusty's trying to reel in the front two. He is two and six-tenths seconds behind back there in third place, while Mark Martin is really keeping the pressure on Dale Earnhardt. He's running about as aggressive as we have seen Mark do in a long, long time. He's uh, bumped Dale a couple of times in the corner when they were racing hard here this afternoon. Earnhardt's bumped him back, but it's been a real battle between these two. Obviously, two of the stronger cars here at Dover this afternoon. Here's Dale out of turn number four. Mark hangs right with him. He falls back this time, a couple of car lengths back. Not gaining any ground on those front two, though, is Rusty Wallace. They're all back to turn two. Mark tries to close in again on Dale Earnhardt. Seems to have a pretty good shot at doing that each time Earnhardt catches some of the slower traffic. This time they go around the Dick Trickle car. The gap between the two of them does not shrink at all. Still in about two or three car lengths. Meanwhile, Rusty Wallace has picked up another car length on the Dale Jarrett car, and they're beginning to lose Davey Allison. He falls back about five car lengths behind 371 laps on the board as Dale Earnhardt continues to show the way. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. At Dover Downs International Speedway, working the 372nd lap of the 500 laps that make up the total distance today. Dale Earnhardt shows the way on pit road now. The 12th place runner, Michael Waltrip, has the hood up on the Pennzoil Pontiac. Tough break there as that crew goes to work to try and find exactly what's a miss there. But Michael has been running well throughout the day. He was a lap down, but nevertheless a top 12. But this is an extended stay for him on pit road as they now begin to button up the Pennzoil Pontiac. 373 laps to complete. The lead car, Dale Earnhardt, on the back stretch. Swinging to the outside of Hunt Strickland now, bypassing that car. Getting some clear sailing directly ahead as now Mark Martin also bypasses the lapped traffic. Now it's about four car lengths between Martin and Dale Earnhardt. Tell you what, Dale Earnhardt has got a strong race car. A couple of times a day, he's been all the way back toward the tail end of the field. Every time, he's been able to work his way back to the front of the pack and has led a great deal of this thing. Mark Martin has put a lot of challenge on him. So has Rusty Wallace and a few other cars, but nobody has been able to put him back there from second on and keep him back there. Every time he's been able to come right back to the front. We talked a little bit about when we first came on the air about the momentum was certainly in his corner for the last few weeks. For the beginning of the season, it was Rusty Wallace. Everybody said he's almost unbeatable. But for the last few races, it has been Dale Earnhardt. Mark Martin chases him again out of turn number two, just a couple of car lengths back. And meanwhile, Rusty Wallace, Joe Moore, not gaining any ground at all on the front two. As a matter of fact, it seems like he may be falling back a little bit. We checked a little while ago. It's about a second and a half, almost two seconds. It's extended to about three seconds between the front duo of Earnhardt and Mark Martin all the way back to Rusty Wallace. And still some lap traffic in between those in the form of Darrell Waltrip. Now behind Rusty Wallace, you still got Dale Jarrett. He's dropped back a little bit in his pursuit of uh, Rusty Wallace. And Davey Allison drops back even more as well. We're watching Mark Martin seemingly at will closing in on Earnhardt. Earnhardt's not really pushing the issue right now, but seems like every time Martin gets up there, suddenly Earnhardt drives away. So maybe he's not showing everything that he's got. Might be saving a little bit here for the final 100 laps. Yeah, we've still got a way to go. We've got uh, 123 laps remaining in this event. Still a, a lot of racing yet to unfold here at Dover. 
Cooper Downs International Speedway as Dale Earnhardt's lead is about a car length and a half, maybe two car lengths on Mark Martin. Looks as though the day is done for the Pennzoil Pontiac. Tough way for it to end after a top 12 run was uh, in the making. The uh, crew now pushing Michael Waltrip in that car towards the garage area. Alan Bestwick will be there. He'll give us an update in just a short while. Telling you how your favorite drivers are doing. We've talked so much about the cars on the lead lap, the top seven. Let's take it a little bit further back. In eighth place now, Daryl Waltrip. Ninth is Rick Wilson. Tenth, Harry Gant. And eleventh is Jimmy Spencer. All of those cars are running one lap down. Others on the racetrack, two laps down. 13th place now is the uh, Jimmy Hensley car. 14th, Bobby Hamilton. 15th is Wally Dallenbach. 16th is Kenny Wallace. 17th was Michael Waltrip at this point. Of course, the computer shows him as he stands at the very moment, and Michael's car being pushed to the garage, so he's going to fall a ways back before the final totals are in. 18th position belongs to Jeff Bodine after his extended stay on pit road. 19th spot is Ted Musgrave. Jimmy Means next ahead of Brett Bodine in 22nd. 23rd, Bill Elliott. 24th, Jeff Gordon. Bobby Labonte, 25th. Dick Trickle, 26th. 27th is Terry Labonte. 28th place now is the Heilig Myers car for Bobby Hillen. Also running on the racetrack in 30th position will be Kyle Petty. Everybody else is in the garage area done for the day. 381 miles completing the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon as Dale Earnhardt continues to set a blistering pace. A couple of weeks ago when we were down in Charlotte, we had a uh, time down there to talk to Daryl Waltrip and some of the guys about uh, some things that might have been going on this year on the Winston Cup circuit. Every year it kind of pops up. Uh, a driver will say that the guys are driving too rough. They're not using respect for each other or the other cars or whatever. I talked to Daryl Waltrip uh, about that down there. Are they racing too hard, showing no respect? What's the situation? How do you feel? Well, I don't, I don't like a lot of things I see happening out there. I don't like people wrecking each other. I don't like people running over each other. I don't like that style of racing. And uh, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to get myself up in a mess like that. Uh, I'm going to have a car that's good enough to outrun those other guys, or I'm going to have a car that's not very good, and I'm not going to sit there in the middle of it and get caught up in it. I'm going to try to be in the front or the back. I'm not going to be in the middle. Talladega was not my kind of race. My car was not very good, but even if it had been, I wouldn't have been much of a factor in a race like that unless I could have got out front and just run away from everybody or at least led everybody. So, you know, you can call it what you want to. I, I take risks. I'm as brave as anybody and bold as anybody, but I ain't going to do something uh, dumb, and I, all the risks I'm going to take are going to be very calculated. That's the thoughts of Darrell Waltrip. Now, Jimmy Spencer had uh, kind of an opposite deal about that. I asked Jimmy Spencer about it, about the heat getting turned up sometimes at the front of the pack. No, Barney, you know, my dad always said to me, uh, you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. So uh, I don't think that there's anybody driving recklessly. Uh, I don't think anybody's doing anything dumb. I just think that there's so many good race teams so many good race car drivers. Years in the past, you know, you had four or five that stood out, Bobby Allison and Buddy Baker and Richard Petty, Kale. You know, so I think there's a big emphasis difference. There was four or five back then. Now there's 20. So it takes everything you've got to maintain that top five or top ten position. And I think Darrell was one of those guys that in the 70s, he was the elite, you know. And, uh, you know, he's done it all. Thoughts of Jimmy Spencer about uh, it can get a little hairy sometimes up front because the guys 
Well, it's just competitive out there. That's about all you can say. How about the situation, so when you're the guy that people are pointing their fingers at? I talked to Dale Earnhardt on Friday morning about the uh, situation with Greg Sachs in the uh, Coke 600 last Sunday. Did Dale hit him and spin him out? Dale says they never touched him. He reiterated that on NASCAR Live Tuesday. Greg Sachs has said publicly, I'm not sure if he ever made contact with me. The fans, though, keep pointing their fingers at Dale Earnhardt. Uh, what about that? Does that bother you, Dale, when the folks just keep pointing their finger at you? It does in a way, but, you know, but, you know, the camera never got a clear side view of it, whether I did hit him or didn't. And it's hard to see. I mean, I watched the tape afterwards, and uh, I didn't hit him. You know, I was close to him. Air got off of him or whatever, but I never hit him. What did you say? Go up there and knock the heck out of him and spit him out or anything. And uh, going to make a call off of those kind of, uh, you know, viewing of that kind of tape, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard for me to look at it and say, well, who hit who? But, uh, you know, that's here and there now. It's over with. Uh, uh, we'll just, you know, take the heat from here on until it, you know, until it gets over with and go on and race. And I'm sure right now that's nothing that Dale Earnhardt's worrying about. All he's concerned about is keeping everybody else behind him for the next 111 laps here in Delaware. Dale Earnhardt continuing to lead the Budweiser 500 here at Dover Downs. He took the lead most recently on lap number 340 and has led from that point forward. We've had 12 caution flags today. The average speed of this event, 103.042 miles an hour. This mid-race update has been brought to you by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats. Flat out better than the rest. Ten men in the garage area. Most recently added to the attrition list, Michael Waltrip. Let's get his story. Michael standing here watching the cars come through turns one and two. Michael, what put it out for the day? Well, evidently something broke inside the engine. Uh, you know, uh, just one of them deals. Things things happen every now and then. But uh, we were able to avoid all the wrecks and had a pretty decent run going. We were a little bit off, but uh, felt like we could get a good finish out of the deal and uh, wind up breaking. But... Uh, you know, my hat's off to uh, the whole team. They did a good job with the car. We started way back when we got to the front. I'd like to say hello to uh, Chuck and Pat back in North Carolina. Pat, Pat wasn't feeling real good, so they didn't make the trip, and I just want to tell them hello, and uh, we'll be thinking about them. And all the people across the country at Pennzoil, we're working real hard to, to do good for you, and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully can sell more oil before the year's over. Michael Walter is out of the Budweiser 500. Boy, the attrition rate's been a high one here today. If, if uh, we're looking back through the record book this morning, I think there were only 24 cars running at the finish of this race last year. But today, the story has been accidents. Uh, last year, I think we had a, a few of those, but nothing like we've had today to take out the great number of cars. If you joined our broadcast late, Greg Sachs is out of the event. Jeff Gordon got his car torn up pretty badly at about lap 35. Now, they worked on it several times. He's been in and out of the garage continues to run some laps, go back into the garage. Bill Elliott had some damage to the front end of his car and has been knocked out of contention to win here this afternoon, although he has still been out there running several laps also. Phil Parsons out of the event due to an accident. Dave Marcus out due to an accident. Kyle Petty got his car crunched up pretty badly. He has been back on the racetrack on numerous occasions to pile up a few more laps, but no threat to win here. Ricky Rudd went out with an accident also. P.J. Jones involved in an accident along with Sterling Marlin and Terry Labonte. I think 
what you said a little bit earlier is still true. Ernie Irvin is the only car that has gone out with an engine problem or something other than being involved in an accident. Probably until uh, Michael Waltrip, and uh, that's been uh, the way this day has gone. A lot of accidents throughout the course of the 401 miles that have been completed thus far. Interesting in comparison to last weekend's accident, Charlotte, where we saw Chevrolet sweep the top five positions. First time in Charlotte Motor Speedway history that's happened. Today we've got a Chevy leading, a Ford in second, a Pontiac in third. To everybody uh, being represented there. We were looking back in the book. You realize the last time a, a single nameplate of car had swept the top five positions anywhere was Buick back at Atlanta in 1982 until 1993, May, a decade before you saw the next top five sweep has happened last week at Charlotte. And today, you got uh, one of each make at the top of the leaderboard. Maybe a decade before you see it again. Might well be. That's, that's unusual to really uh, see that happen. We've got cars on the pit lane. Uh, Rick Wilson was on pit road moments ago. Other cars also making their way down the pit road. Others to the garage area. Alan Bestwick It's starting to fill up in there even more now. Yeah, Jimmy Means just coasted by us on his way to his truck in the Hurley limo. Ford will catch up with Jimmy in just a minute. You know, I was just thinking as Jimmy came by, do you remember right at the very top of our show, just a couple of minutes after noon Eastern time, Brett Bodine told us that the cars are running so fast here at Dover, so fast every lap around the racetrack consistently, that he thought it was going to be a tough day on equipment. And as we got into the later stages of the race, we might start to see a lot of pieces and engines and so on begin to break. And I think we're starting to see that unfold right now. I've been timing the race leader periodically throughout the race. Dale Earnhardt is running as fast right now as they were in the first 10 laps of the race. In fact, he's about a tenth of a second faster than they were on lap number 10. Everybody that we talked to yesterday after that final practice session could not believe the speeds they were turning. I mean, they'd go out and make 20 and 30 lap runs and not fall off even a tenth of a second. And that's the first time that's happened here at Dover Downs ever. But the speed all day long, if, it, if we hadn't had a caution, all the cautions that we've had, they, they would have probably averaged well over 140 miles an hour, which would have been way above anything that's a record here, like 125-something, I think, is the average speed for, one, the, for a record. These 150-mile-an-hour-plus laps mean you just drive it way deeper into the turn than ever before and you've got yourself uh, a handful of race cars you come out of the turn with even more speed good fourth place battle now coming out of turn number four ken schrader and dale jarrett they've been running in that position now for the last short while with schrader just ahead of dale jarrett on the racetrack in that particular battle for fourth and fifth spot they've swapped it around a couple of times and right now schrader makes the move and starts to pull away let's go to pit road jimmy means has just climbed out of the hurley limo for jimmy what's uh, the problem well, uh, something happened to the carburetor. I think the, uh, the nut that holds the nail of seat backed off, and it caught on fire under there. And at the same time, it backfired, broke a rotor button, and it must have messed the timing up or something because the oil's pegged out and the water's pegged out. It's a shame. We just have started to get some good scuffed tires, and the car's really running decent. So, But that's the way it goes. Jimmy Means will be back next week at Pocono. 409 miles complete in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. Continuing to lead, Dale Earnhardt, nobody's been able to head him off at the pass, so to speak, in the last hour or so. Let's go back to pit road. Well, we're in Mark Martin's pit. He's uh, been hanging on all the time, but he just can't seem to get anything done. Mark pulls up, and then he slips back, and he pulls up and slips back. Steve Mill, the crew chief here. You guys doing that intentionally, or are you getting that run? No, we like to pull up and go all by. But when we get our tires out, we're not as good as we were, so we're just kind of buying our time. Earnhardt is just real good. Uh, we're watching Rusty real close. We're going to pit about 25 laps and maybe loosen him up a little bit. Right now, Earnhardt looks like he's pretty tough. 
that's uh, what kind of strategy they got here. We don't know for sure, but they've been measuring uh, tires, looking things over, and uh, checking the computer quite a bit. So they got some kind of a plan. We'll see if it works. And we've got some time for it to unfold. Yet 89 miles, 89 laps remaining here at this uh, Budweiser 500 at Dover Downs International Speedway. We'll get the interval for you again from first place to second as Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin continue to circulate around this racetrack. Earnhardt, another key to his car right now. He's handling so well through turns three and four. The car's still on the bottom of the racetrack running as well as he has been all afternoon long. Two and seven-tenths seconds. That's up from the advantage of two and six-tenths of a short while ago. So for the time being, Earnhardt continues to pull away, but Joe Moore, even you're able to see it there on the back straightaway and into the corners. The handling is such a story here at Dover as it always is. Well, at this stage of the race, the only thing Earnhardt has to worry about is lapped cars, and as he approaches each one, it's no struggle whatsoever for him to make the move to the outside, going way up high on the track when need be, or diving down low to make the move there to bypass some of these slower cars. And we can see it uh, coming out of turn number two. We're looking right down on the racetrack, and actually you can almost see into the cockpit pit is he just effortlessly seems to drive the car up to the outside when need be or to the inside and bypasses these cars and the car is sticking as well now as it has all day. Bill Elliott's in for a pit stop. Now Elliott is being shown back in about 23rd position. He is 364 laps complete while everybody else is completing 413 so that'll just tell you the kind of problems they have had here today. We'll take a break and we'll be back. At Dover Downs International Speedway, Darrell Waltrip walking into the ambulance, and he is now being taken to the infield care center for the uh, once-over from the physicians here. But uh, a lot of work's going to have to be done to get that Western Auto Chevy back in racing trim. On pit road, pit stops for all the race leaders, first to Dick Brooks. Well, Mark Martin, Ken Schrader, and Davey Allison all come in, got their tires, and got them all the gas they could get in the thing. It's going to be a critical thing again on gas mileage, I guess. Some of these guys will probably try to make it. Well, they should be able to go at this point uh, 72 miles the rest of the way. Excuse me, uh, 82 miles the rest of the way. And we've seen 80-mile runs pretty much as a regular thing, Jim Phillips. Well, we sure have. And Rusty Wallace went almost uh, 90 laps uh, a while ago. He went uh, 87 laps. So I don't think there's any problem with the fuel. The race on this end of pit road was won by Dale Earnhardt's team. Then Rusty Wallace came out. Rick Mast, he got service, and he's on his way. Dale Jarrett with the same four tires and gasoline, and they're on their way. Now the cars are lapped down. They're peeling in. Rick Wilson's coming on the pit lane. Jeff Gordon is on the pit lane. Jimmy Spencer, who we just mentioned, is one lap down, is coming in the pit lane. Hut Strickland is in, and Morgan Shepard in him to get tires and gasoline. There'll be 80 miles to go when they come back around this time. 419 are on the scoreboard here at Dover this afternoon. And uh, some of the favorites have really had their share of problems here. As we look down, it looks like almost a short track race, as much damage there is on about eight or nine cars that are still out there running anywhere from the hood gone to the fenders beat off the car to the rear end caved in and everything else. So it's been a strange race, but it's been a good one. There's been three to four cars up there battling for the lead off and on all day long. Exactly. It's been a good battle all day long from Davey Allison leading the first three laps to Brett Bodine to Dave Marcus leading for a good bit early in the day. All sorts of drivers have had their moment in the spotlight. Unfortunately, old DW had his moment right there, crunching his Western Auto Chevy up against the outside wall, and he might be a good candidate for the Goodies Headache Award. We had mentioned that earlier in the day when we had some of the early caution periods, and now DW might warrant consideration running as well as he was only to come up uh, short and there's a thousand dollars on the line to be voted on by the members of the news media here at Dover Downs a bit later on this afternoon. 
Well, let's check in with Alan Bestwick and uh, see if Daryl is still in the infield care center. Yeah, he sure is, Barney. He just uh, came in here a minute ago and walked inside to get the, the mandatory once over, and we'll get a word with him in just a minute. But he really took a hard shot up there. Here's his car being towed behind the wrecker across the start-finish line, and uh, just to look at it, at the front it isn't all that bad, but the rear, everybody's hit the wall with the rear end of the car today. About every car we've seen come by here has really been shoved in in the rear. He hit it on the driver's side. It went up the banking and uh, probably running well over 100 miles an hour and slammed into that boilerplate steel that coats the concrete wall here, and that's a hard lick. As Kyle Petty told me yesterday, he said, if you hit the wall here at Dover, there ain't no such thing as an easy, easy lick. It's a hard one. It's a hard lick, and that's what I was in a rookie meeting this morning with Kenny Strader, and you know that's why I told those guys. I said, you know, everywhere you go, they tell you to turn left and slam on brakes. And I said, let me tell you something. If you turn left and slam on brakes, it's not going to help you here. You're going to hit. You're going to hit the outside wall hard. If you spin coming out of two or coming out of four, you're going to hit the inside wall hard. And and you know that's why I told them. I said, I've hit the inside wall harder here than I've ever hit the outside wall. And you know that's just the nature of the racetrack here with the. The corners banked as much as they are with the straightaways banked. You're just going to go to the inside on the straightaways, and you're going to go to the outside in the corners, and you're going to hit. It's a, you're a lucky, lucky person if, if you spin or get in trouble here and don't hit anything. And that's very true. Dick Brooks, did you ever have a hard crash here? I can't remember if you did or not. Well, Barney, I don't know uh, whether I've really hit real hard here. I've hit here a couple times, but we generally ran good here. We ran, run good, had some good finishes. Uh, I know some guys that's hit hard, and if you do hit here, like they were talking about, the outside wall is backed up with concrete, and then uh, and then it got that boilerplate on it, and it doesn't move at all. So whatever crash you hit, the only thing that absorbs anything is you and the car. Another racetrack that's had uh, its share of uh, mean licks handed out is the Pocono International Raceway. That's coming up next week. I was talking, it's funny, we don't often talk about accidents with these fellas because they say, well, it's not going to happen to me, and they forget about it. But we were sitting around shooting the breeze about tough racetracks, and it's interesting how many fellas had what they consider their, their worst mishap at Pocono International Raceway because of the unique shape of that track. If you can go in with that long main straightaway, what we're getting at is that's where we're going to be next week, the champion spark plug 500 at Pocono it's on the air right here on MRN at 12:15 eastern time next Sunday one week from today there are tickets remaining so come on out and join us there at the Mattioli's racing facility in the beautiful Poconos of Pennsylvania well let's see if we can run the last 78 miles and stay under green green flag goes in the air Dale Earnhardt's leader Rusty Wallace is second Mark Martin is third and Dale Jarrett is fourth as they race for the lead over to turn two Rusty tries to stay right with Earnhardt as they enter turn number two and now swing up wide against the outside retaining wall Mark Martin also clears the lap traffic. He'll try to chase him down. A three-car breakaway as they head back up to turn three. But still seven cars are on the lead lap. The last one on the lead lap caught up in traffic is Rick Mass. But the front three have broken away by a goodly margin. We'll get the differential from third place back to the rest of the pack. 99-100. That's a, th- a second, basically, the difference from first and second and third back to the fourth-place car. Let's go to the garage. Darrell Walter walking back towards his hauler having come out of the infield care center. Darrell, we're glad to see you're okay. What happened out there? Uh, Jeff Gordon raced me in the corner and uh, didn't give me any room, and he slid up and hit me and spun me out. Tough day for Darrell Waltrip, who had a great run going in the Western Auto Chevrolet. Waltrip out of it here this afternoon. He's usually one of the top finishers, but will not be the case here this afternoon. Getting warm up front right now. Earnhardt's a leader by two car lengths. The battle for second in turn two. Mark Martin trying to get underneath Rusty Wallace. He made a shot at it up in turn number two. Wasn't able to do it. He'll try it again in four. 
Here they come through the corner. Mark Martin inside. He and Rusty Wallace get together. They both slide away. Rusty spins. Mark Martin pulls away. Rusty Wallace spins. Oh, and here comes Jimmy Hensley. He'll back into the car. Here comes Jeff Bodine, and he will slide hard into Rusty Wallace in the driver's side of the automobile. Caution on the speedway. A major mishap out of turn number four as Martin and Wallace side by side first got together. Rusty then spun and hit the inside retaining wall. Along came Jimmy Hensley and he backed into the Wallace car and then along came the sliding motorcraft Ford of Jeff Bodine and he broad slid right into the driver's side door again. Rusty Wallace we see the uh, steering wheel having just been thrown onto the dashboard so Rusty is moving around in his car. We'll have to wait for further word on both uh, Jimmy Hensley and Jeff Bodine but a very very scary moment there for Rusty Wallace as he was getting banged around like the pinball machine. Go ahead. I can see uh, right into Rusty's car. He's moving around. He has his helmet off. He's uh, working his neck back and forth. It looks to me like he's all right. uh, And the safety personnel look in on him, and uh, he's going to be all right. And it looks like Jeff. Getting his steering wheel off. Uh, Jimmy Hensley's out of his car as Rusty Wallace climbs out of his car after a hard hit. Boy, that's a scary crash there for all three of those drivers. We could see Jeff waving off the safety personnel that he was okay when they first came over to the car. But Rusty took a hard shot a couple of times into the wall, took a hard shot from two other cars, Jimmy Hensley and Jeff Bodine, as they crunched into him as he slid along the front straightaway. And that was just exactly what we were talking about with Kyle Petty there, about bouncing off the outside wall and Dick Brooks. You don't just hit the outside wall nine times. Times out of 10, particularly coming off the corner in turn number four, it'll shoot you right down to that inside wall also. Well, Kyle said it earlier. If you spin off a three, if you spin off a four, you spin off a one, uh, two, either one of the ends of the racetrack, you're going to hit the inside wall, and that's exactly what happened to him. So a scary moment there. We told you earlier in the broadcast that we had broken the event caution flag record when we had our 10th one. We have now tied the all-time caution flag record in the history of Dover Downs International Speedway. We've had 14 caution periods here today, and that matches the most cautions ever in a race here at Dover Downs. It's just been one of those afternoons today. And all of a sudden, three cars that were in contention here to have a good fit, two of them in contention to win, along with Jeff Bodine, all out of the event. That's just how quick things happen at Dover Downs. So... If you're a fan of Jimmy Hensley's and Rusty Wallace and Jeff Bodine, there's three cars I'm sure are through for the day, particularly Wallace's car. It's badly crunched. So is Jimmy Hensley's on the tail end of the machine and both ends of Jeff's car. Go ahead, Dick. Jimmy's standing here. uh, Jimmy, it's a tough day for you. We've been watching it. The car's been running good. We've been standing down here watching it go, and then all of a sudden it happened. Well, that's a shame. You know, uh, I don't know what happened up there. Rusty, uh, somebody got into him, maybe he lost it or whatever, but... Then we got the kind of chain reaction deal there, you know, got everybody spinning. And uh, shame, oh, you know, the White Rose Collectibles, uh, Pill Later Thunderbirds running pretty good today. You know, it was a few laps down, but, you know, we'd run hard all day. So we're going to have us a good, good top 10 finish. You look like you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, it didn't hurt me. I'm, hey, I just like to tell the kids, hi, Karen, Amy, and Mel, I'm okay. Okay. That's uh, Jimmy Hensley. I know we were talking earlier, you know, he's got a get him a steady ride someplace next year and you talk about Bodine that's uh he got his car plus he got the car that he bought so uh it's a bad day for him it's a tough day for you we've been watching it the car's been running good been standing down here watching it go and then all of a sudden it happened well that's a shame you know uh, I don't know what happened up there Rusty uh, got somebody got into him maybe he lost it or whatever but then we got the kind of chain reaction deal there you know got everybody spinning and uh, shame oh you know the White Rose Collectibles uh, Pill Later 
Thunderbirds running pretty good today. You know, it was a few laps down, but, you know, we'd run hard all day. So, we're going to have us a good, good top ten finish. You look like you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, it didn't hurt me. I'm, hey, I just like to tell the kids, huh? Karen, Amy, and Mel, I'm okay. Okay. That's uh, Jimmy Hensley. I know we were talking earlier. You know, he's got to get him a steady ride someplace next year. And you talk about Bodine, that's, uh, he got his car, plus he got the car that he bought. So, uh, it was a bad day for him. Three cars that badly damaged here in the front straightaway. We're under caution. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Friday, Bush Bowl updates from the Pocono International Raceway. Hear all the results of qualifying for the champion Sparkplug 500 beginning at 3.20 Eastern on MRN Radio. Some of those drivers that went to the care center, let's see if Alan Bestwick has caught up with any of them. Well, Jeff Bodine has just stepped into his hauler to change his clothes for just a second. Rusty Wallace is inside the infield care center. We'll have a word with both of them in just a minute. So the activity in and around the care center. Adam will update us in a moment. We're showing five cars, rather six cars now on the lead lap. Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, Dale Jarrett now third. Davey Allison fourth. Kenny Schrader runs fifth. And sixth is Rick Mast. One lap down. Only two guys are one lap down. Harry Gant is in seventh spot. Jimmy Spencer is in eighth. Those are the only two men. One lap down. Two laps down is only one car. That's Morgan Shepard. He's now in a lap of his own in ninth place. Two laps down. Three laps down in 10th was Rusty Wallace. And, of course, at, well, at this moment, that's where he's being scored. That's all going to change. You've got 11th place running Bobby Hamilton. Also on the racetrack, Wally Dallenbach. He'll move up the 13th spot. Kenny Wallace, 14th, 15th place. They will uh, post Hutch Strickland, 16th to Ted Musgrave. 17th will be the... Brett Bodine machine. That's where he's being posted with his 394 laps of racing complete. It's an unusual looking scoreboard right now because a lot of fellas are still running, but there's so many laps down that by staying out on the on the track, going, doing their repairs and coming back, they're still picking up 7, 8, and 10 positions. Go ahead, Dick. No, Steve Meal, uh, Mark say anything about the car being okay? Yeah, he said he's fine. He said he hated it. He got up under Rusty and got sideways and you know they just got in a wreck and he just hates that, but he says his car's in pretty good shape. Okay, he didn't hit anything hard enough to bend anything, then. No, he's got a tire mark on the right side. The spotter said he thinks he's okay. All right. Well, that's the that's the word from here. Uh, some pretty hot tempers down here, but other than that, that's racing. So Mark Martin is saying that he slipped up into Rusty a little bit coming out of turn number four as they were battling coming through there a few minutes ago. From Dover Downs International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Four hundred thirty-one miles, four hundred thirty-one laps are complete of the five hundred here today. As we work the fourteenth caution period at Dover Downs International Speedway, down at the infield care center, Jeff Bodine has just come walking out. Alan Bestwick is there. Well, actually, he's just gone running away, Eli. He wants to try and get across the racetrack before they go back to green, so he can start the trip home. Jeff said, "Just one of those things, a victim of circumstances." I got bad news for Jeff. I don't believe he's going to make it, but uh, he's about to get the one-to-go signal here very, very shortly. But at least he was running away, and that means uh, he must be feeling okay in the uh, aftermath of that accident. The one-to-go signal is being given now by uh, Doyle Ford atop the flag stand. 432 laps are complete here of the total of 500. If you're wondering, uh, Greg Sachs was out early. Phil Parsons, Dave Marcus, Ricky Rudd, P.J. Jones, Sterling Marlin, Ernie Irvin, all of those drivers done for the day. Dick Brooks? Yeah, Eli, uh, Jeff's standing here. Jeff, you're not going to get across the racetrack this time, but uh, maybe in a few minutes. I tried, Dick. Well, I changed as quick as I could. Kathy, Matt Bear, I'm okay. Uh, they're back home listening. Uh, just a wreck. You know, I'd slowed up. Preston told me there was a wreck. Just slowed up. I guess uh, Wally Dallenbach running to me. Apparently, the spotter didn't 
flew him in in time about the wreck or, or whatever, but <laughs> out of breath. You know, that's just bad racing, bad luck. Uh, we had broke a power steering pump, a fitting, and so I was riding around with no power steering and getting some blisters. You can see them, but, you know, we we're going to ride it out and have a decent Phoenix even at that. It just, uh, we didn't need, we didn't need that wreck. Well, they were running pretty good, and he does have some blisters. Looks like he'd been farming. That'd be easy to do here at Dover Downs because you have to really wrestle a race car. Pace car behind a pit wall, green flags in the air, and let's hope one more time we can get uh, the rest of the distance in under green flag conditions as they take it back to turn number one with Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin going at it for the lead in turn two. Mark Martin right up on the bumper of the Goodrich Chevrolet, peaking down low off turn number two, tried to make a shot there, decides better though, and falls back in line in single file. That's the way they race down the back straight away and up into turn three. Through turn three and four, single file all the way back through the field right now. Dale Earnhardt by about a half car length, now a full car length on Mark Martin. The next man in line, Dale Jarrett, running third in the standings, works inside and around Jimmy Spencer as we check back into the garage. Rusty Wallace walking away from the infield care center. Rusty, we're glad you're okay. What happened? I guess Mark got I, I rolled out of gas, let Mark get along underneath me because McCarver was pushing a little bit. He got underneath me and just drove right up and got in a, just <laughs> wrecked me. I don't know what caused it. I mean, his car might have got loose or pushed or something, but something weird happened. And uh, Mark's not that type of guy, so it must have something happened with the car. Tough break for Rusty. He's out of the race. Rusty Wallace out of it. 435 miles complete. Mark Martin still out there trying to chase down Dale Earnhardt. Hasn't been able to do anything with him thus far. He's just one car length back. Car continues to work good, so apparently getting together with Rusty Wallace did not damage Mark Martin's car. Meanwhile, a little further back in the pack, Dale Jarrett trying to move up some, but the front two began to pull away a little bit on him while Davey Allison tries to chase in Dale Jarrett out of turn two. Well, Jarrett's finally got by some of the slower traffic as up front Mark Martin now is going for the lead to the inside of Dale Earnhardt in turn three. Martin takes a top spot. Lap 436, Dale Earnhardt right there trying to get the spot back. Mark Martin holds the position. Martin leads at lap 437. So they swap things around. Earnhardt led for 97 laps if the battle continues in two. Valentine Ford goes up a little high in turn two. Here's Earnhardt driving down to the inside of the track up alongside Mark Martin. Earnhardt retakes the lead at the same spot where Martin took it on the last lap. And these fans, as we said a little bit earlier, jumping up, jumping down, sitting down, jumping back up when the lead swaps every time around. Quite a battle going on between Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin. And while that went on, it's going to allow Dale Jarrett to get up in the thick of things. He's in striking distance, and Davey Allison isn't that far behind either. They're in the back straightaway. Just a couple of car links separating the front three machines at about five Five car links back to Davey Allison. Up front, it's Earnhardt still trying to hold off Mark Martin. Dale Jarrett right there with him as he exit four. Jim Phillips is watching from the Dale Jarrett pit area. Yes, we are. Dale Jarrett had another bad qualifying run this week. Started out 32nd, but he kept back up in the thick of things. Jimmy, you worked on that car all day, and you've got it up there where you have a chance to take the try for the lead anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long day for sure. We've been having a little problems in the pits and th- dodging things on the racetrack, but the car's working pretty good. We're fighting a little bit of push all day. I think we've got most of that out of it now, but I don't know if we're strong enough for, for Earnhardt or Mark, but we're going to give it all we got right now and see what it takes us. Well, you sure have come a long way. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be what we do every week now. That's Jimmy Maycar's crew chief, and the last couple of weeks, that's been the story for Dale Jarrett front three are real close together. The fourth place car, Davey Allison, is about a full second behind the third place running car now, Dale Jarrett, but there are three cars. 
still within striking distance of winning this race and a good shot for Davey Allison if he can get up there and get in the thick of things. Fifth continues to be Kenny Schrader. Rick Mast is being posted six, and all those cars are on the lead lap. They're back in turn three. Down to the inside of the track is Dale Earnhardt just moving down into turn number three, now flashing up off turn four. Martin is not letting the good red Chevrolet get too far away. Martin staying without a car length of the race leader. It's about two car lengths, maybe three now. Back to Dale Jarrett. He drops off the pace just a tad, and Davey Allison maintains his distance about five car lengths back. Off turn two, Earnhardt swings wide. Martin gets a chance to peek down low, but again, no chance to make the move. Dale Jarrett still there, running a tight third. Davey Allison about six or seven car lengths further back. He's in fourth. Then it's a second back, actually longer than that, closer to two seconds, back to the... Ken Schrader car, then sixth place Rick Mast. Those six cars on the lead lap. One lap down, Harry Ganth and Jimmy Spencer. Those are the only two fellas who are a lap down. Then on his own lap, two laps down, is Morgan Shepard running ninth. And on his own lap, in tenth spot, is Rick Wilson. He is running some uh, four laps behind. That's how it stands here at lap 444. Bernhardt takes him back to turn number one. Again, Mark Martin hangs with him. And Mark has driven one of the best races we've seen him run in a long, long time. I mean, he has really mixed it up here this afternoon with everybody at the front of the pack. And again, it's far from being over. 444 laps are on the scoreboard. The front three, about a car length apart as they head up into turns three and four. A little bit earlier, some of this crowd was up stretching like they might be going to leave. But when all that accidents happened here in the middle of the straightaway a moment ago, everybody has come right back to their seats. They want to see the conclusion of this one, that's for sure. The front three continue to go at it out of turn two. Martin still holds on to the second spot. He's got a pretty good handling car, but not handling well enough to make the move to the outside. And that's the only way that Earnhardt would allow something to happen. He's certainly keeping that inside line closed off as they still go single file down the front straightaway. We have seen Mark Martin pass some fellas to the outside here today. It's not necessarily been Dale Earnhardt, but nevertheless, Mark Martin has tried to make that move, and it has paid off a few times. You know, I was just sitting here thinking, it's strange how some drivers just can't win or don't win at a certain racetrack. We know the old story how Bobby Allison never won a Winston Cup race at uh, Martinsville. This is one of only five tracks on which Rusty Wallace has never won. Daytona, Talladega. I had it written down here. Uh, Daytona, Talladega, Darlington, Phoenix, and Dover, Delaware, the only tracks in which Rusty Wallace has never won. It is uh, indeed like, and it's just on the opposite side of the coin, there are tracks that some drivers just continue to win everything, like David Pearson won all those races at Michigan, Richard Petty won all the races at Daytona over the years and things like that, and then there are other tracks you just can't seem to get it together. 448 miles go on the scoreboard, as many of the drivers have told us all day long. We've talked with them about how physical this racetrack is and how hard you go off into the corners and the G-forces and everything else. I talked to Davey Allison the other day about what hurts the most here when you get, say, three or 400 miles on the, on the well, car. Well, really, I think for myself, the thing that I've had the most trouble with here at Dover has been my neck. You know, uh, this place... When you're, when you're wearing a helmet and you're in the corner of the centrifugal force, your head weighs two or three times what it normally weighs. Yeah. And your neck muscles, if they're not accustomed to that, if you don't condition yourself for it, they'll give out in a hurry. And plus, if you have to chase the car around a lot, then your arms really give out too. Davey Allison talking about how it kind of really wears you out to run 500 miles. The front three get even closer together. Mark Martin about a car length back, about a half a car length back to Dale Jarrett. With 50 miles to go in the Budweiser 500, we'll be back. fans here at Dover Downs that are sitting down are sitting on the edge of their seats. Everybody else standing and watching and waiting 
to see what's going to unfold among the front three. Nose to tail, Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, Dale Jarrett, those three men for the moment trying to settle this Budweiser 500 here at Dover. We'll get the interval for you from third place back to fourth place. Davey Allison, because he's running all by himself right now, a goodly distance back. It's going to be one and nine-tenths seconds, nearly two full seconds, then three seconds further back to Rick Mast. He's running in fifth with those front three, Joe. Everybody just watching and waiting. Seem to be following just about identical lines, although we're watching the last couple of laps. Earnhardt's coming up off the bottom line a little more than before. But Mark Martin's car following a similar line. It's allowing Dale Jarrett, who's still sticking well at the bottom of the racetrack, to close in a bit on Mark Martin. At the time being, the lead is about three car lengths, the lead of uh, Dale Earnhardt's over Mark Martin. But Jarrett is the one who's closing in. Martin's car kicks out a bit coming off turn number two, and Jarrett is there, but still following the tire tracks as they all go single file. In uncharacteristic fashion, 16 drivers are in the garage area already here today. Kyle Petty finally parked his car a short while ago, right in conjunction with that Jimmy Hensley, Jeff Bodine, Rusty Wallace accident. So basically the top 15 are on the racetrack, plus Brett Bodine, who's 30 laps back. Bill Elliott, who's some 50 laps down. Likewise, Terry, to me, Bobby Labonte, he's some 50 laps back. Terry Labonte, about 60 laps in arrears. And Bobby Hillen, he's running nearly 100 laps down. So a rather unusual-looking scorecard right now as we work inside of the final 40 miles here at Dover Downs International. Nothing going for anybody to do anything with Dale Earnhardt thus far. Earnhardt has been strong a couple of times today. One early in the race, if you joined us a little bit late, he got a lap down, had to make an unscheduled pit stop, and went a lap down, was able to come back from that. And he's been at the front of the pack off and on throughout the afternoon. A couple of times he's had to start back fifth or sixth place, but every time he's been able to get back to the front. A lot of guys have took shots at him, but nobody's been able to do anything with him. Mark Martin has probably run him as hard as anyone has here this afternoon. Dale Jarrett still locked in that battle in there. I tell you, Jarrett's team has really gelled this year. I've been very pleasantly surprised and happy for those guys because Jimmy Maycar told us last year, he said it'd probably take two years to really get everything like we want it. But this year, if, if things have fallen into place, if they haven't had any bad luck, they've been a contender to win everywhere they've been. It's also been a good weekend for Dale Jarrett because he had to fly home after qualifying on Friday, but it was for a good reason. His son was graduating from high school, and that's always a very nice Dale's son. Jason graduated on Friday night. Uh, Greg Sachs' son, uh, Brian, graduated on Friday evening. Uh, Carl Simmons, one of the NASCAR officials, had, uh, I believe, his daughter graduating from a high school in Bowie, Maryland last week. It's that time of the year, but it's nice to see that this is so much of a family sport. They made sure that Dale Jarrett, they allowed him to qualify first for the Bush race on Friday afternoon. They didn't even wait for him to draw his number. They said you'll qualify first and as soon as you make your lap, we'll open up the crossover gate. You can go out, head to the airport, fly home and be there in time for the graduation and uh, NASCAR said, hey, we've got to bend the rules sometimes when you come to a, a family deal like that. So it's been a good weekend for the Jarrett family. Well, that's an occasion you certainly don't want to miss, that's for sure. 465 miles on the board, 35 miles to go. Dale Earnhardt leads them all over into turn number three. Right behind him, Mark Martin, much the same as he has been all afternoon. Two car links back, half a car link back, somewhere in that range almost every lap around. Dale Jarrett is the car that has really come up, Joe Moore. Now, on that restart uh, several laps ago, Dale was, what, a couple of seconds back. He has picked his way through some of that lap traffic and got back up there. From watching him over where you are, he's got a strong car. And if he can get up there and get a shot, 
he might be able to pull this thing off. He seems to be running just as good as Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt are at this stage of the race, staying right with Martin, following identical tire tracks. As we mentioned a while ago, Earnhardt's taking a little bit different line going into the turns and coming off turn two. Another car that's running right with the front runners now, now although not on the lead lap, is Morgan Shepard. He's caught the rear end of the Dale Jarrett car, staying right with him. And now as Earnhardt stretches his lead out to about five car lengths, Mark Martin, Dale Jarrett, Morgan Shepard all nose to tail, kind of working their own path around this track. Unfortunate that Morgan is a couple of laps down right now as well as he is running, but uh, that's the way things go in this business. He's running in ninth place on a lap all of his own, a couple of laps down, but the Wood Brothers machine is running well. You realize the Wood Brothers are the uh, active, uh, the winningest active car owners in the history of Dover Downs. They've got seven wins, the Wood Brothers do here at Dover over the years, to six for Petty Enterprises, five for Junior Johnson and Associates, Bud Moore and Harry Melling with four wins each as car owners. I would think that they are also the most winning card owners up at Michigan International Speedway. Right. Pearson won all those races for them. So they've set some records over the years. They're still a good, solid race team, and they're going to win their share. Uh, that team's got a lot of talent. They just haven't had any luck here today with Morgan Shepard. 469 miles, about to put 470 on the board. That'll give us 30 miles to go. And if anybody's got anything left for Dale Earnhardt, they better be pulling it out right now because... Uh, 30 miles isn't very long here at Dover as they wind around this racetrack. And down on pit road, Jim Phillips, we've been watching these teams. Everybody, still a lot of interest down there as to how this one's going to come out. I mean, the teams that aren't even in it in contention to win really watching this racetrack. Well, they really are. And the Dale Earnhardt uh, team are just watching the stopwatches right now to see how consistent uh, Dale Earnhardt's times have been. And they've been real consistent all the way across the board. 25, 24-55, uh, just a lap ago. Andy, a lot of people have had their shots at you today, but you've been able to hold them off. Well, I don't know. You know we last today, we look pretty good, but, you know, college is not happen. You know, we look pretty good now, but you never know. But he seems to be real consistent every lap. Yeah, he's just that kind of driver. He's just laying down lap after lap. He's doing a good job. That's the way it's been on the stopwatch down in this pit, just consistency. And that's the thing that's been keeping Dale Earnhardt out front at 472 laps. Dale going for his third Winston Cup win of the year right now. Nearly a 130-point lead. How do you hold a 130-point lead right now? You're fairly comfortable with that, Dale? Well, it's a good lead, but it's not a good enough lead for the season. It's early in the season, and like y'all were talking, these are some tough races right here, the, the Dover, uh, Pocono, and, and, and Michigan. So, you know, we got to do it twice yet. We're, we just, you know, this is our first race at Dover, so you got a couple of these races that are going to be tough. But I think every race is tough for the championship, and it's early in the season. you gotta, you got to go out and run hard and, you know, like I say, play hardball all the way through the season. Now, it's so competitive. I know Rusty and uh, these guys that are running third, fourth, and fifth are not laying down. They're going to be working hard to try to come back, so you got to keep working hard to stay there. Thoughts of Dale Earnhardt as he now begins to pull away just a bit more, Joe, coming out of turn two. Real battle's going to be back for the second spot. Dale Jarrett has made a couple of runs at Mark Martin, not able yet to get up alongside, but Martin's car a couple of times has come off the bottom line of the track, and Dale Jarrett has looked for an opportunity to move down there for the time being content to stay where he is, but seems like it will, particularly coming up off the turn. Jarrett's able to run him down and sneak right up on the rear deck of Mark Martin's Valvoline Ford up in turn number two. Again, Earnhardt's lead about five, maybe seven. Seven car lengths now, but Jared is right on the rear deck of Mark Martin trying to find a way by. 25 miles to go. We'll be back. 481 miles complete, just 19 revolutions around this racetrack to wrap it up. Barney Hall and I are just sitting up here looking at this racetrack and 
It almost is the way Dale Earnhardt was just said. Time to take it to the house, boys. He's starting to pull away now. Yeah, Dale Earnhardt really has opened up a, a full second the way they've been running right now on the rest of the field. is a big lead with some uh, 18 miles to go in this one. Earnhardt takes him around this racetrack, and every time Mark was able to close in a little bit earlier, he didn't get much closer than a couple of car lengths, and then as the laps began to wind down, and when he got to battling with Dale Jarrett back there for second place, Earnhardt really checked out on both of them. Dale has moved up into the number two spot, and Mark is beginning to fall back a little bit now on Dale Jarrett off turn two. And Davey Allison starting to track down Mark Martin. This would be a battle for the third spot that's beginning to shape up here. Davey's just a couple of car lengths behind the rear deck of Mark Martin. As they come through the corner right now, the lap count at 484. It'll be 485 this time. Dale Jarrett trying to hang close, but it's still one and four-tenth seconds. Earnhardt winning those consistent laps still as they work to turn two. Jarrett would hope that maybe the race leader, Dale Earnhardt, would have to deal with some lap traffic, but he's not having that much. It's pretty well strung out here. He just bypassed the Bill Elliott car. The Brett Bodine car is directly ahead, but he's not running into groups of lapped cars, which would hold him up a little more. It's just one at a time, and Earnhardt's able to make his move by each one of those cars as he approaches them. Of course, one of the big factors is there are 16 cars in the garage area. Makes the traffic situation far easier to handle at this stage of the day with 15 miles to go. Let's check in on Pitt Road. Well, we have the Western Auto Mechanic of the Racing Line. It's Richard Jackson of the Skull Bandit team of uh, Rick Mass. Richard, congratulations. You're the Mechanic of the Race. Thank you. Uh, I'll accept that for the whole crew because they all get, the whole crew is what makes it work. Well, you've had a good car all day long for Rick. Thank you. And, uh, I want to thank Western Auto for, for offering the award. Richard, $1,000 to him, and he can move into that $25,000 bracket at the end of the year. For that big award, Rick uh, running in the sixth position right now. Been one of the top ten cars all day. Been a good run for Rick Mass. That team is another one also that's beginning to turn around and see a lot of daylight. Their consistency has really picked up this year, and they've had some good finishes. Let's check in with Dick Brooks. Well, we're in Kenny Schrader's pits. Uh, the day's about over, and he's still here, so that's some kind of a challenge, I guess. I'm talking here to uh, Ken Howell, the crew chief. Ken, you guys have survived everything all day. It's about over now. Uh, nothing happens. You're going to hang in there all right. You got any kind of trick? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Right, Ken. But you guys are doing pretty good. At least you're still here. Yeah, you survived this place. You've accomplished something. We've got... Kenny a little too loose right here at the end of the race when it counted. We'll just hopefully finish the top five and go on. Yeah, well, I think that's probably everybody's uh, feelings right now if they can finish in the top five. And uh, Kenny's done pretty good. Had a good run in Charlotte last week. Got a good run going here. Looks like they're getting their stuff together. One and two ten seconds. That's the differential from first place back to second. It'll be ten laps to go this next time out of turn number four. Doyle Ford will lean out over the flag stand and give that indication to Dale Earnhardt as he tries to chase it down. Meanwhile, Davey Allison having a chance to make a move inside of Mark Martin. And Davey's going to pick up third place coming out of turn number four as Allison used some lap traffic to sneak to the inside of Mark Martin and grab a spot. So a change there with ten laps to go. Earnhardt leads. Dale Jarrett second, Davey Allison now third, Mark Martin running fourth, Ken Schrader fifth, and Rick Mass sixth. Those six cars on the lead lap. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. Dale Earnhardt sets sail down the back straightaways over in turn number three as he continues to keep a lot of daylight between himself and the rest of the field. The rest of the field as the laps wind down, being Dale Jarrett in second, Mark Martin third, and Davey Allison 
has now moved up a little bit closer to the front of the pack as the laps are winding down. There are nine miles to go. Earnhardt's over in turn two. Dale having to take some different lanes here to get around some of the slower cars, but Dale Jarrett, of course, having to bypass the very same traffic when he approaches them, so it's not really shrinking the distance between the front two cars. Earnhardt now approaches Kenny Wallace as he looks back about a second and a half to the second-place car of Dale Jarrett. Dale Earnhardt now coming around Kenny Wallace's car, putting another lap on the board, 493 going up in a race that has been slowed 14 times by caution, tying the Dover Downs track record, the longest number of caution or largest number of caution periods for this event was nine. We have long since passed that at the 14, now tying the most cautions ever in a race here at Dover Downs as Earnhardt comes out of turn four. Dale Jarrett's uh, chopped down the interval between himself and the leader just a little bit. It's down to about a a second and two-tenths right now as they work back into turn number one. But even if he's picking up about a tenth every time around, time is the factor with just six laps remaining. Joe Moore, it's going to be hard to chase him down. Once they clear the traffic, seems like Earnhardt can just run away at will. The only thing that I think is allowing uh, Jarrett to close in is when they do approach some of those slower cars. And now they've got plenty of clear sailing, only the Brett Bodine car directly ahead for Dale Earnhardt. And of course, Jarrett will have to deal with that car as well. As he head off into turn number one, again, Earnhardt kind of goes in hard on the bottom right line of the racetrack. He'll drift up a little bit in between turns one and two, swing it wide off turn two and hit this back straight away. Jarrett using almost an identical line as he tries as best he can to try to track down the leader in these closing laps. The differential between fifth place Kent Schrader and sixth place Rick Mast is now eight tenths of a second. So barring a bobble on the part of Kent Schrader, that situation not likely to swap around. We've only got less than four miles remaining as we go to pit road. That's Steve Meal of uh, what was wrong with Mark Martin? Was he pushing or loose? He said Mark and said nothing. He just sitting there racing. Not saying a whole heck of a lot. Just watching and waiting as these laps wind to a conclusion. 497 going up on the board this time as Dale Earnhardt comes past the stripe. The lead is one and one-tenth seconds. So, yes, Dale Jarrett's getting closer, Barney, but I believe time is going to run out on him. Yeah, he's really picked up a good deal of distance on him now. He's cut it down to maybe 10 or 12 car lengths as they work over into turn three and four. Dale Jarrett is closing, but they'll have only two laps to go when they come back around this time. Here's Earnhardt out of turn number four, comes down to the line, swings past the start-finish line, takes it back into turn number one. Jarrett might have cut off another car length on him as they head back to turn number two. So Jarrett, who is closing in with just two miles to go, he pulls this one out, but he's done a day's work. They're heading for three. Pair of Chevrolets leading the field down the back straightaway. The Goodrich Chevrolet up front, the Interstate Battery Chevrolet right behind. The gap again continues to shrink between the front two as they exit turn four. Two Chevrolets, two Fords, and another Chevrolet. That's the top five as the white flag flies from the hand of Doyle Ford. One mile to go for Earnhardt's and a victory. Black and silver colors of the Goodrich Chevrolet coming up off turn number two, swinging wide down the back straightaway for the last time. Jarrett tries all he can. Still about a five-car length separation. Dale Earnhardt has been on a roll for the last few weeks, and it looks like it's going to continue as he comes through turns three and four. Dale Jarrett closes within four car lengths, and Earnhardt will win the Budweiser 500. Dale Jarrett will finish second. Davey Allison will cross the line third. Let's go to Pitt Road and Jim Phillips. Well, guys, another great win for you. That uh, You had the car dialed in really good at the end, Andy. Yeah, it did. It all worked off good. Dale did a good job. You know, I can't say enough about the motor. Motor guys doing a great job out there. You know, the whole crew's doing just super. Pit stops are good, you know, and thanks to GM Goodrich, all the people that helped us. Really got this team on a roll. Well, you know, everybody's doing a good job, you know. I, I, you know, I can't take all the credit. can't really take just a portion of it, you know. These guys do a good job, and, you know, what can you say about Dale Earnhardt? Yeah, he's the best. 
Andy Petrie, winning crew chief this afternoon as they head for Victory Lane. They'll be heading down to Victory Lane, and we'll be going down to talk to some of the top finishers here this afternoon. Unofficially, it is Earnhardt the winner. Dale Jarrett finishes second. Davey Allison third. Fourth to Mark Martin, and rounding out the top five would be Kenny Schrader. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. Sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. We're back at the Dover Downs International Speedway. Dale Earnhardt will be heading down to Victory Lane. We'll get his thoughts in a minute. Right now, let's check in with Alan Bestwick. And with the second-place finisher, Dale Jarrett, who's getting a big drink of Gatorade now as he sits on the window side of the Interstate Battery Chevrolet and now crawls himself out of the car. Well, Dale, great run for you today. You started in the back and had to work hard to get to the front. Yeah, we had to work pretty hard, but the guys did a great job in the pits there. Uh, we made a big chassis adjustment there at one time. We came close to getting lapped under one of the, the earlier green flag runs, and uh, we knew we had to do something, and uh, Jimmy made their, a good call there and got our car pretty good. Uh, just didn't quite have enough there then, but uh, i tell you, this Interstate Batteries crew has done a great job, and uh, you know we've got a lot of support from Interstate, Shell, food line and wicks filters and uh you know things are going well right now this year uh like to have gotten that win but congratulate dale earnhardt and the guys they did a terrific job there i want to say hello to uh, my wife kelly and my daughters natalie and carson back home and my son jason at the beach uh, who just graduated from high school this week there you go it's been a busy weekend for dale gained a little bit in the standings probably although not much on earnhardt but with rusty's problems uh not a bad day points-wise either. Yeah, we keep hanging around there and getting the points, you know. Uh, that's what matters is uh, what happens at the end of the year here. And uh, we keep running keep running like this, uh, we'll get a victory. And, uh, you know, just uh, say again, the guys are doing a terrific job on the cars and uh, making them where I can drive them. Uh, if I can get where I can qualify them towards the front, we won't have to work nearly as hard. Dale Jarrett's the runner-up today. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, we got Davey Allison. Davey, you started third today, but you fell back, and then you came back. Well, I'll tell you what, Jim, you know, I just got to tell the guys on the pit crew, they did a great job in the pits all day, working with me, giving me the adjustments that I needed, and uh, Texaco Havilland Thunderbird ran good. It, you know, old Dale, he was just too tough, and he got out there ahead of us. I, I couldn't get through the traffic quick enough. We were having a little trouble working the traffic when we were behind him. The car would push, and when somebody would get behind me, it'd be a little bit loose, but we just worked with it, gave it all we had, and come out of here with a third place finish i think things are finally starting to turn around and go our way again we've learned an awful lot and we're looking forward to going to pocono next week now well that car of yours came on really good at the end yeah it really did you know we were we were a lot better in the long runs the other guys seemed to really take off early and could run real fast and then they'd come back to us but we just ran out of time there at the end and you know that's the way it goes sometimes it's 500 mile race and you got to be in front when you get to the 500th mile Davey Allison, good third-place finish for his team this afternoon. It was not a particularly good day for Ernie Irvin with those early engine problems. The members of the media covering the Budweiser 500 have voted Ernie the $1,000. That goes with the Goodies Headache Award, a $250 donation also going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's from Goodies Manufacturing in the name of Ernie Irvin. The winner today, Dale Earnhardt. He's inducted yet again for the third time this season into the Gatorade Circle of Champions. Let's go down to Victory Lane. Well, we're here in Victory Lane with Dale Dale, I don't know, uh, you know, it's hard to say when a guy has to start in the back two or three times or you get, uh, you have a problem, you have to go back a time or two, and then you have to pick it back up. One thing, though, I think that bothered me more than anything else is when you had that many cautions. You get up for running, and then you have to slow down, and then you have to get up again and run. What kind of, what goes through your mind when you do it? It's really rough. Uh, 
you'd, you'd get to relax just a little bit, not enough. <laughs> and then you'd have to go back at it. And I tell you what, the pace is really fast today. And it was really hard on tires today. We really put them through the paces, and Goodyear's tires came through today. Uh, the, you know, Richard and the guys did a good job with his engine. Uh, they, Andy and all the guys did a good job with the chassis. We tuned on it all week here in practice. The car just, get, you know, stayed consistent all day. Was able to get our laps back by a good running race car. And I'll tell you what, I drove the heck out of this thing today. <laughs> yeah, well, I think everybody did. It was, a, it was a long, long day. But I guess uh, the main thing is that you, you, you guys have really got your team together. The thing seems to be gelling really good. Long time from here. Well, it is. And, uh, you know, you, you can't keep a good team down. You get them a lap down, they fight back. And, they just kept their composure every time we'd get down, and they'd work hard and come back. And they're they pulling hard as a team right now. I'm really proud of them. Well, that's Dale Earnhardt, and he's uh, the winner here again from having to make up some sort of a deficit and a long, hard day. He's uh, standing up, but he's wiggling a little bit. This is a long day. I know it was. Plastic Coat Winning Finish Award goes each and every week to the winning crew chief. He takes home $1,000, and that's another grand for Andy Petrie today, crew chief for the GM Goodren Chevrolet of driver Dale Earnhardt. Let's check back into the garage area. Well, we got Kenny Schrader. Kenny, you fought your way back to a fifth-place finish. <laughs> I worked my way to the back at the start, that's for sure. And uh, we just weren't good when we put on new tires. And the guys were just wild. And, you know, it's a shame we – Goodyear probably had a better tire better tire than they've had any place. But this place with the sealer, you know, it's, you got to be so careful. And after a couple crashes, I went on uh, careful mode to look for something at the end of the day and brought us home fifth. Was the speed, the higher speeds, a little bit more stress on you drivers today? Well, I mean, I can tell I raced all day, but uh, if they wanted to jack them up and do it again, I'd go. That's Getty Schrader, fifth place finish this afternoon. The answer of a true racer, isn't it? He would do it, too. I guarantee you that, and so would probably Harry Gant and a half a dozen others. Let's check in with Alan Bestwick. Sitting with Mark Martin, the fourth place finisher. Mark, great run. It just faded a little bit at the end. Yeah, uh, in a way I'm a little bit disappointed, but in, on the other hand, it's the first top five we've had in, in quite a long time, so... I guess we'll take it. I thought we were going to have a shot at it there at the end, and the car just, uh, uh, the front end went away on it real bad. And, and uh, so we had to take what we could get. You're talking with Buddy Parrott a minute ago when you and Rusty got together. Naturally, the question is, what happened? Well, I got loose. Uh, we were running side by side, and I got loose under him, got sideways, got into Rusty, and, and uh, took him out. And he, you know, he got up into the wall. But a good finish. We'll pick you up some of the points as we head to Pocono next week. Yeah, well, uh, you know, like I say, it's the first top five we've had in quite some time. So we'll keep digging. Uh, the Valvoline team did a great job on pit road today. They got me in and out of the pits fast. And Goodyear had a great tire for this racetrack. We ran some 2390s in the race, and that's unbelievable. Mark Martin finishes fourth today. Let's take a look at the rundown. Again, Dale Earnhardt is the winner. Dale Jarrett will finish second. Davey Allison runs third. Mark Martin is fourth. Kenny Strader is fifth. Great run for Rick Mass today. He hung right up in the top five there all day long, but will post a sixth-place finish. Harry Gant was seventh. Jimmy Spencer finished eighth. Morgan Shepard ninth. Bobby Hamilton uh, had a great run here today. He gets a top-ten finish and finishes tenth. Rick Wilson, eleventh. Wally Dollenback finishes 12th, Kenny Wallace 13th, Ted Musgrave 14th, Hutt Strickland 15th, Brett Bodine finishes 16th, Bill Elliott 17th, 
Jeff Gordon finishes 18th, 19th, goes to Bobby Labonte, and Terry Labonte round out the top 20. Finishing 21st will be Rusty Wallace, 22nd, Jimmy Hensley. 23rd goes to Jeff Bodine. Darrell Walchip finishes 24th. 25th today will be Bobby Hillen. Jimmy Means comes home in 26th. Michael Walchip falls to 27th. 28th will go to Dick Trickle. Kyle Petty finishes 29th. 30th will be Lake Speed. In 31st, Derek Cope. 32nd will be Ernie Irvin. In 33rd, Sterling Marlin. P.J. Jones finished in 34th. Ricky Rudd, who left the race early, comes home in 30th. 35th position ahead of Dave Marcus who finishes 36th. 37th goes to the efforts of Phil Parsons and first out of the race today Greg Sachs. He'll come home in 38th spot. We'll have some final thoughts when we come back to Dover in a minute. Next Sunday, NASCAR Winston Cup Series racing from the Pocono International Raceway. Live coverage of the Champion Sparkplug 500 begins at 12.15 Eastern on MRN Radio. From the Dover Downs International Speedway this is MRN Radio. Well, it's all over here at Dover Downs International Speedway. His third career win for Dale Earnhardt here at the Monster Mile and his third win of the 1993 season to add to his Winston Cup point lead over Rusty Wallace. Wallace, if you're joining us here at the waning moments, came home in 21st position today after an accident on the racetrack, one of some 14 caution flags that we had today. A reminder that next weekend, the Champion Spark Plug 500 airs from Pocono International Raceway at 12.15 Eastern Time right here on MR and radio. Friday, we'll have bush pole updates beginning at 3.20 in the afternoon. Saturday afternoon, or rather Saturday morning of next weekend, we'll have a pit road preview for you from the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. Throughout this week, Ned Jarrett has the world of racing each and every weekday morning. Alan Bestwick has NASCAR Today, MRN's daily NASCAR news show that comes your way each afternoon on many of these MRN stations. And Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, we'll open up the telephones and take your calls for our special guest on NASCAR Live. That's Tuesday evening, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, right here on MRN Radio. Barney Hall, next weekend, Pocono, Pennsylvania, another unique racetrack. Yeah, that's a totally different racetrack than anything we run on. It's always a great show up there. The guys are looking forward to getting up there. We talked to several of them this week. Some of them have brand new cars to take up there. And uh, if it's anything like this one today, the competition level, if it gets any better than this, I don't know if we can handle it. That's next weekend. The ticket office is open at Pocono Raceway, so come on by and join us. We'd love to see you next weekend. We want to thank Mike Bagley, who is our production assistant here today, and special thanks to Walt's Dairy Bar in the Blue Hen Mall for providing the ice cream break at around lap 250 for us all here in the booth like we needed the ice cream, but we thank Walt nevertheless. We do want to thank Joe Moore. He covered the turns today. Jim Phillips and Dick Brooks on pit road. Alan Bestwick was in the garage area. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Have a great week as we salute Dale Earnhardt, winner of today's Budweiser 500 in Dover, Delaware. So long, everybody. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Dover Downs International Speedway and sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. Pontiac, we are driving excitement by Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush life by Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76 by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats, flat out better than the rest by Western Auto. 
the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Buy SCP oil treatment, gas treatment, fuel injector cleaner, and son of a gun protectant. Buy Planners Nuts. Eat Planners. Everybody loves a racing nut. Buy Heilig Myers Furniture. Proud sponsor of the Bobby Hill and Junie Don Levy Thunderbird. Buy Wix Filters. You'll find them at professional auto parts stores and on Dale Jarrett's car. And buy Maxwell House Coffee, the official coffee of NASCAR. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Chief engineer, Harry Howard. Production director, Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations, David Hyatt and Cheryl Knight. Production assistant, Stephanie Ellis. Sandy Good, Clark Moore, and Maria Viviano. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.